you can justify anything you choose to say against somebody and say that's had incorporated in the scholarship but i i always wanted these debates to be reviewed by scholars eventually i wanted it to be reviewed by other people that take on a collegiate scale ultimately i want us to keep our uh hip-hop aesthetic and you know the street charisma and everything i like that because we're making we're promoting literacy in our own way and that's what it's all about it's about encouraging people that wasn't reading to read encouraging people that was just accepting things blindly to pursue the truth so i love everything that we do in our own element but i just feel it should be a composite of uh, a collegiate type of facilitation or scholarly method and that has to come from us educating the people so if we do a bad job in our demonstration the people are not really commissioned to be able to better understand if someone it has a proper vetting process you know for the information so i never expected debates to stay on the same level so in time i was expecting things like hey let's review some of the works you're about to present so we can just omit some of the bs from the gate because we respect the people whenever i would say that like when i was talking to a uh, nazi yashuel and the rest of the hebrew brothers that was part of that debate uh brother uh divine prospect and the rest of them it was suggested by myself hey uh let's present the things on the table that we're going to present we're supposed to be coming on trial let's present our information before we go there now nah, we do that then you're going to know what we're talking about i'm like bro that's what the essence of a debate is mm -hmm. you're supposed to be able to stand on whatever you're coming in there with they think that we're attempting to trick them mm -hmm. so i realized i was very annoyed at that point because i'm like yo with with people who want to debate and people who claim they read and study how come they never come across the concept of turning in your information you know if this was court you have something called discovery and if we don't put our information into discovery when we go to trial if i come out with a new witness no one heard of and i got some new evidence the judge be like yo that shit is overruled we throwing that out of here why did why didn't you present that in discovery so they can prepare you feel what I'm saying? So in the same manner, that's how we're supposed to conduct debates. I get it when we first started, because we're in our grassroots, we're in our inception, and people just getting hip to it. But once we got the people's attention and over a thousand people are starting to come out, we're supposed to constantly not only upgrade the technology, not only upgrade the cameras, not only upgrade the mics, we gotta upgrade the methodology. We gotta up, we gotta tell the people who's about to debate, listen. Y'all got to take it to the next level because our audience is getting smarter. Mm -hmm. And by being by smarter, we mean not just learning information, but learning strategy and elements that ascertain to actually conducting a more powerful diatribe. So what I had liked about the rabbi Harry Rosenberg versus Brother Polite debate on if Judaism was uh, fundamentally a culture that we can make subscriptions to. Uh, the Day of Atonement is what we called it. What I loved about it was we did get to discuss what we wanted to talk, uh, debate about. We did get to present, hey, I'm, I'm going to be coming from this book. You're going to be coming from that book. I thought that was fine. I thought we was going in the right direction. We said ain't take it ultimately to the next level, but we were going in the right direction with that debate. And I was very excited that I was talking to somebody who didn't mind exchanging where the information would be coming from so we could prepare to debunk. Mm -hmm. uh, certain elements and also 
I like the fact he, he didn't disrespect my family or show homosexual images that I felt really had nothing to do with the debate itself. And um, yeah, he happens to be pale. And I, I, I like the fact that he was a white man that conducted himself properly. So it could hopefully encourage the brothers to say, yo, you know what? We don't need to go into debates and, and dog each other families and wives to see if I can get this guy mad in hopes that he'll want to hit me. This is not the rap battle stuff. In the rap battle, everybody's going to say, even if he talks about your dead mother, like they did to Mook, you shouldn't get upset. You got to keep your composure, right? This ain't no damn rap battle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay? So mm -hmm. you shouldn't be attempting to get under someone's skin so they can want to put hands on you and throw away the debate. We're supposed to be intellectual. So I like that. And I also like the fact, speaking of rap battles, that we, uh, we got Brother Smack from the Smack URL Battle League and Beasley to be the moderators. Mm. And so I know uh, it, was, it was great because what we were able to do with that, that was a form of marketing in my, in my construct because I'm like, hey, we, we already appeal to the hip hop audience. A lot of times they use my name when they do their battles. Mm. So that being the case, whether it's Murder Mook, Somebody uh, going, uh, B dot, you know, it doesn't matter. Daylight doesn't matter. A lot of times my name is uh, put out there. So I said, since we already got the attention, let's get the people from the ultimate rap league. Let's get the people from the number one uh, battle rap venue and let's get them to do the moderation so we could kind of cross worlds. So I love the fact, I love that about the debate too. That, and then I brought a battle rapper out to bring me out when my name got called, which was uh, Loaded Lux. So I love those elements because here it is, we have the Jewish community involved, right? We have the they battle rapper. They, they had, they had um, the security, what do they call him again? The, not the mafia, what do they call him? The, um, I, forgot, I forgot what they call their security, but they was, they was gun, they, they was loaded. Yeah. They was when people saw your bulletproof vest, they thought it was like you know, like a gimmick, but they don't understand them type of Jews, you don't mess no. with them. You it don't can go down. Massad. Thank you, um, global media. The massage, <laughs> you don't mess with the massage, that even the American CIA likes the massage, man. All the fact, he came in there ready, and we had enough intel on our end. So like, that's a good point. When people see me coming in there with a bulletproof vest and my armed security and everything. I'm like, I don't think you understand that this guy came with a, a heightened level of security. He had a police car outside, you know what I'm saying? And so they are as close to the CIA as you possibly gonna get in the Jewish community. They wasn't playing. So if something would have uh, went down, I wasn't looking to go down, you know, Malcolm, and I wasn't looking to uh, be timid in my uh, demonstration. I was very aggressive in my conveyance. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I just made sure I was prepared to be aggressive enough without the distraction of what might I have to do to respond. I have people that's in place to deal with the response. All I had to do was go up there and teach. So I love the fact that we had the, the Jewish community involved. We had our community involved. We had the hip hop community in general involved, the, the lecture community involved. And uh, we broke records as far as viewership was concerned. We got stuff on Facebook that's done over 10 million views from that debate. Uh, and I got reached out to by a lot of Jews who were either a bit apologetic or uh, wanted to do debates after, and uh, which is still on the table. And also a lot of celebrities reached out after that debate because they were very proud of the way that I put the work in. And what makes me really more fond of that debate amongst them all 
was I got to finally speak about subject matter that I really, really want to get into. I still didn't even touch a, a large percentage of what I wanted to present because what I present is based on what my opponent says. So what I do when I go to a debate, I have several folders put together. Mm -hmm. And at any given moment, I will create my presentation for the next round based on what they're saying. So every time they say something, I pull up a slide. That's not something I started out doing. That's something during the Ali Muhammad debate I employed. And it worked out so perfectly. My communication was so tight because the problem was this. If people don't want to present their information prior and they want to do what we was calling ambush scholarship, you'll find out when we get there what the hell you're talking about. Then what I figured it suffice to do now is compile as much as data as possible relative to the information, have an understanding of my opponent, put these things in folders that are titled very specifically. And as that person talks, pull out that slide and throw it in my PowerPoint as they're talking. And this time when the debate takes place, it doesn't sound like we got two people talking two different directions because that has happened a lot of times in our community. So with the Ali Muhammad debate, a lot of people love that one because they said, man, it was very tactful. And whatever point he was making, I had something to, to counter it. I had, I had something to rebut it. And it was, it was just very strategic down to me even saying how much time he has deferred our attention away from the facts. I was able to say, you spent two minutes and 30 some seconds over here that had nothing to do with our very tactful. So at that point, I felt like, yo, I'm entering my prime. So I, I took that same stratagem and I employed that with every debate thereafter. And uh, it makes it more engaging for the audience to actually hear somebody literally respond to what someone said, instead of waiting for a round for it to take place. Every round, I'm gonna respond to everything you said, hey, because that's you. how much research I'm doing. Let me ask you a question, right? And I'm a, we're gonna get back to the debates in a second, because I gotta ask you about a specific debate and a topic. I will get to that juicy part in a minute. Um, yeah. For years, right, You didn't. we didn't know each other. But I gotta tell you this a story. There's a video, and I'm gonna bring this video up, and you're gonna laugh when you see this video. This is the video that made me come to the what's called the so-called conscious community. And it's a video with you, polite versus um oh man, what's the name of this guy? Um come on, come on, come on. What's the guy in Brook in, in 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 um in in hold on a second? Let me go to Black News 102. Hold on one second. There's a debate. Tell you what, what brought me to the conscious community at the time called the conscious community. You, I'm going to show you what you did. You made me, because I'm like, I saw you beating this dude up. And I said, I said, yo, I could do that right here. Here, go right here. <laughs> I'll put it on the screen, and you're going to laugh. Hold on, let me see for the family. Was it a Hebrew? Yeah, hold on, hold on a second. Why do they make Lincoln statues sitting Hold on, reason for that? Because there was a king in Egypt that oppressed black people, us. His name is Ramesses II. This video right here. Oh, man, Hebrew Perry.
the, the, the fact of the matter is, if you're a Negro, you're a so-called Latino, you see what I'm saying, Native American Indian, you are a Hebrew Israelite. Right, so go back into what you were saying. Yeah, so basically, when he was asking that, did we eat our kids? Yes, we did eat our kids, you know what I'm saying? That was a of history when we was going on. We was being wicked. The most I withdrew his, his protection from us, and we was copied, and we was laid siege to, and... And in the process of us being laid siege to, we was eating our children. It was other times when there was a famine in the land, dealing with the northern tribes, the ten tribes up north. But yeah, it was a famine that got so bad that we started eating our kids. You know what I'm saying? People were doing that. That's how I really got you know what I'm saying? But when our people go off and they leave the tenets and the laws and the statutes that the most high have set up for us. Okay, when our people go forth and they leave of today, then I just simply say that the Hebrew Israelite community of today, no matter what brand they are thus far, the Hebrew Israelite brands of today need to realize that their doctrine is not so much outdated, but has been compromised and diluted by the white man. <laughs> yeah, man, that's the video. I went with this video, 2013, but this, I was on the internet and I saw this video and this is what brought me to the community. I knew King Simon from the Nation of Islam days because we used to put oh, wow. it together. So I've known yeah. Simon over 20 years. He knew me from I was a teenager, man. So I knew King Simon. So coming in, I could have went to King Simon and hooked up with Sarnetta. But I said, you know what? If it was about that. But this is what, this particular video is what brought me. So what is your memories about you and Warrior Perica? This video here it was nuts back in the days, 2013. Oh, I remember him. He's an he's a early body. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hebrew Perry now. That's a funny guy because Hebrew Perry. I would say I'll be talking about mitochondrial DNA, and he'll be like mitophotical DNA, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm quick, so I'm gonna catch you in anything I can catch you with, antagonize you where it makes sense. I'm not gonna make up a false antagonism. I'm gonna get you for anything where you may be in error. It's just like with Pharaoh, and I was debating him online as a preliminary for a, a, a debate in person, which he dropped out. And he said something about the physiological, the physiological structures of the pyramids. And like physiological, like the pyramids are alive, you know. And I, I stuck to him with it because all he had to do was say he was in error. But rather than do that, these people just be wrong and strong, as they say in the in the islands, right? <laughs> so with oh, Perry, he was wrong and strong, and uh, it was him and another guy the same day. Um, telling me about Africa being a country. And I'm like, it's not a country. And they like a city. I'm like, it's not a city. And you're like, it doesn't matter. You understand what I'm saying? I'm like, I understand that you're not qualified to talk about what you're talking about because those ain't typical errors. Those are just not the typical errors of people that want to debate geography and mm -hmm. retrospect to biblical history. Right, so, right, right. you know, some errors you're just not going to get away with. I mean, you can make them, you can make a mistake. But damn it, if you can't say the word continent for whatever reason, we have an issue. And so um, debating Hebrew Perry was very interesting because that's when I really started to realize that the Hebrew Israelite community is very poorly educated. I really start, like when we asked them for references, it was, it was still kind of new to me because when you can't, you don't attempt to make sense out of nonsense. Mm -hmm. So even when you hear it, you say, 
maybe that's just that person. And you hear it from another person. You say, maybe that's just that person. So by the time I got to Hebrew Perry, I said, this is some alarming stuff. <laughs> really is like shot when it comes to information. They are, they reference the Bible whenever there's a discrepancy. Mm. Which we know makes no damn sense. If there's a discrepancy about history and the the book in question is actually the Bible, you have to reference something else. And I found that no one outside the Bible was cooperating the Bible, but other biblical figures that made subscriptions to the Bible. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I couldn't get it through his mind that this is not the way that you do scholarship. You know what I'm saying? This, you just can't answer every question using the Bible when the Bible itself is in question. Do you have anyone else to cooperate the testimony of the Bible other than biblical figures or people from the narratives? Like you, oh, Abraham said, I'm like, bruh, Abraham is in question. Well, mm -hmm. Moses said, bruh, Moses is in question. Hey, and, you know, you know, you know what's funny? I'm gonna cut your wisdom for a second. But check this out though. I want to ask you a serious question about religion. And, and I want you to be honest with me, bro, like 100%. I'm going to put, put up a chart, right? And I want you to tell me on this chart here that I'm going to put up right here. I want you to tell me, can you show me any black person in America that came over because of slavery that didn't belong to any of these groups right here. Because they said it's not the white man's religion, right? And they tried yeah. to go back to the first century. But you wouldn't have even known this. I'm talking to Brother Bereen. I'm talking to the sister on your panel. I'm talking to the dude that said he was in jail for whatever, shooting people or whatever, and became Jesus saved him. I'm talking to the other brother on there and the brothers that we couldn't see. <laughs> Dr. Eric Mason. I'm talking to Vince Van Tu. I'm talking to Coleman, Laron, Boca Malone, James White, any Christian apologist. Right. Show me any black person in America that did not come and learn about Christianity because of these individual groups. Now, that's look, that, now all right, cool. So I ain't got a dagger, I ain't got a dagger polite and put him on the on the pole today. You want to guard the dagger. You, say, you are hundred percent fact. Now, and, and this is a challenge to every Christian. Now, I come, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with everybody. I come out of, let me tell you, I come out. I, I'm from the Moravian church. They somewhere in it. They somewhere in the mix. But the problem <laughs> is, remember, the, the, let's look at the Hebrew Israelites for a second. You see Pentecostal, it comes from the Anglicanism. For those who don't know, these three branches right here, Lutheranism, who is very close to Roman Catholicism, the only thing they did was just basically take down, and Calvinism, they basically just took down the pictures. Then you have Anglicanism because the English people broke away. They didn't want to be down with y'all, with the Lutherans or whatever. So they said, although y'all broke away, we're going to break away. But they were still practicing the same thing as Roman Catholicism. The same thing. They just did a little changes. Then they branched off into Episcopalian, Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal. Where do most of the black churches come from? Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal. So if these white folks from England didn't branch off, you wouldn't have these today. So how is it that you, did, you don't have a white man's religion? Don't go back to the first century because you don't have a connection. And, and, and polite, the reason why I said is 
I, I refer to the slave trade because That's we are word. genetically not connected to the ancient Near East. We are connected. Exactly. We're not connected to Libya. We're not connected to Morocco. We're not connected to um what what you call um Tunisia, which was Africa, the first place they call Africa. So I, I'm trying to figure out how are we connected to this religion when the person that brought it to us was the white man. Then you're gonna make a lecture and say, oh. We practicing the old time religion. What, what are you practicing? There ain't no old time religion. You have to practice contemporary religion. Oh man. <laughs> oh man, man. Come on, man. You, you it's just, like, it's just like African Americans. We could agree that African Americans, we're a new people because we were basically right. living from Africa and looped together as African Americans in America. And we are from different tribes. We don't, we don't there's no there's no, there's hardly two people that's alike if y'all not even related as brothers and sisters. So we are basically hundreds of different tribes mixed up in one era. So African-American is a unique title. Being Afri Afro-Caribbean is unique because you don't have, you really started here in America, in the Americas, because of what slavery did. So you're a new people. So now let me ask you a question, brother. The brother yes. Scott Turner, they say, was a Baptist minister, right? If Jesus saves, right, why, and I'm using the word cracker, to mention as far as the um, the slave master, because he used to whip the people with the crack of the whip, like Khalid Abdul Muhammad says. So that's how he got the name Cracker. So the Crackers, he decided to pool with some brothers, use the Bible as some sort of inspiration, and he also use the condition that they're in, an environment that they're in, that they need to free themselves, all right? Now, if Jesus was on his side, and this is a Christian, the black Christians like to use this as an argument. And black Hebrews are like, oh, what about Nat Turner? He used the Bible. He was a Christian. So now, if he was a real Christian and was backed by God himself, by yeah. Jesus, why Jesus ain't let him kill all them damn crackers? Why did he allow somebody within his group to go and snitch on him and to stop the great movement of whatever he was trying to do? Why didn't Jesus just kill all the damn crackers? Hey, it's about time, man. Y'all white folks treated these Christians bad. These black people bad. They're Christians. I think that y'all should die. Why did why where is that part of the story, brother? Where's that part of the story? That's easy. That's John 3:16. For he so loved the world that he gave up his only begotten son. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm not, I'm not with none of that. And there's a reason why, and I'm, I'm gonna call him out. There's a reason why Chris Boussard. Mm -hmm. Buck dance induct the original person and people that were to take on the debate, be it individual or team. There's a reason for that because he knows there's certain people that know how to move the people in addition to communicating the message. And if an individual such as myself and or teamed up with someone such as yourself, or maybe even the Amon Ra squad, uh, the way that conveyance takes place, they would be totally obliterated based on their ability to convey the message, based on the facts corresponding with the message, the timing of the message. And, you know, they got away. They got away. And this is no flack to the brother Jabari, but the way that Chris Boussard and them church guys covertly called me out to do the debate, call the conscious community out to do the debate, and then tuck tail and found a, a covert means to take one of us out of there and just, hey, let's deal with him. 
they found the brand of our comedic subscriptions that they felt was more conducive to debate. Let me say it like that, okay? They know it was more conducive to debate Jabari because Jabari has a, uh, a semi-religious disposition. So it's easier for them to kind of communicate with Jabari in that, in that manner, to have that debate. What they do know is the level of aggression towards scholarship and communication on this side, those pastors, <clears throat> they wouldn't even be able to last the first five minutes. Because I'm telling you, I already have an opening round for those guys from the time the conversation started last summer. And my opening round was designed to alleviate anything that gets said thereafter. I'm talking my first five minutes with a shutdown. Any Christian on planet Earth. Facts. Mm. Mm. Because first of all, I've traveled places around the world where I got early Christian artifacts that don't show crosses, but show onks on their tombstones. Mm. Mm. These are facts with factual references, not just pictures. I can tell you where it's located, when it got found, and I can show you on video where they presently have it. And that's not even the five minute aspect. That's not even the five minute doom. That would have been in the rounds. You feel what I'm saying? Uh, so I, I just want to, I just got to let people know that the Christian community is very slick and they like to choose and pick their arguments when they can. And they like to ignore things that you say to them and, and, and come up with straw man arguments, but they wouldn't have been able to sliver away. Mm -hmm. from these hardcore facts. And what I'm telling you is whatever they did with Jabari, <laughs> they did that on purpose because that is not who they originally called out. Mm. They, they say, oh, we want your best. We want, we want, yeah, yeah, we want polite. That's what they said in the beginning. Then they said, yo, we got a whole bunch of pastors. So we don't just want polite, we want your best in the community. So naturally, Naturally, so I was like, well, we got to holler at the Dagger squad. We got to holler at the Amon Ra squad. You know, we're going we to put the team together. Mm -hmm. And somehow that fell through the cracks and they wound up with just Jabari only. But mm -hmm. I know I have a, I have a reason. Right. I'm, 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 I'm actually showing the, the back messages. I told Unc, you're going to have to call me and cut the show off today and pull the plug because I'm going in right now. All right, check this out. I don't know how long you know me. The first time <laughs> I, I met you. I want to talk about that part of the Christian. We're going to get into that in a minute. But, but, but nah, we got to get into that. They don't realize. Don't you know, about that for those who don't know Garfield, I have a blog talk show called It's Real Talk. It's Real Talk Live, right? And if you look, Brother Bereen, when you're watching, you will see that my shows are talking about stuff you are talking about after me. Should I say that you heard me and brought it out? Look at this. There's no <laughs> biblical manuscript of the Hebrew Bible that exists before 250 BC. This is Garfield talking. Now look at this topic now. Roman Catholic Church, the root to all Christian churches. So I'm making the, the argument from 2014 before I even know you, Marine. Look at this now. First, the first and second New Testament, who and what was behind their product. I'm talking about Marcion. Ain't nobody in the community I've never ever heard people talk about Marcion before. Nobody. Yeah. This is, this is, and this is how Unc heard about me. 
and Tima Cyrus and all them brothers. They heard about me through blog talk. They used to come on and, and be dropping knowledge morning, moon, and night because they, they were saying, damn, this guy Garfield, man, ain't nobody talking about Christianity like this dude. That's what was the claim to my fame. It wasn't going against the Old Testament like what people know about me today. It was about the way I went at Christianity and what it did. We used to have diet show. We used to have a show about relationships. We used to talk about investments. All type of damn things we used to talk about in blood. Did Jesus exist? And I used to talk economics, how to boost your credit score in 100 points in five days and all this stuff. Come on, man. We was going in. Who are the black Hebrew Israelites? And, and let me show y'all another topic that was kind of funny. They said we don't talk about the information that the people were talking about. Why are there so many false teachings in the black community? Chart four. You need to watch one, two, three, and four. What about the study group on the Exodus, the Babylonian exile, Cyrus Selinda? Come on, man. Garfield been going in for ages. Ages, man. Ages. But anyway, let me stop showing that and let me get to Jabari and the whole mix-up. This is the back chat. Yeah, let's get back to this. Yeah, this is the debate back chat. It's me, Jabari, um, Unc, and so forth, right? I put the flyer up. Is the Christianity the white man's religion? This is the first time we knew about the debate. Ladies and gentlemen, the debate is that October 5th, I got the flyer September 1st. September 1st, I'm letting the brothers in the chat know, I'm wondering why my face is not on the flyer. Wow. This is wow. the first time I knew about it. And wow. how did I know about it? I could show y'all the text messages from our brother, Chris Broussard, that sent it to us. And I'm not even going to show Chris the conversation we and Chris had. I'm not even going to do that. Because right. this conversation with Chris will prove, without a doubt, what really, 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 really happened. So what I did was... You're being slick, Chris. You're being slick. I got to no, say it. No, 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 no. We're going to leave. Nah, Chris has being slick. I'm saying it on my behalf. He's being All slick. Right. All right. Well, I will Chris. Leave Chris out of it. I love Chris. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. I love Chris, but he's being slick with his debate business. All right. You know what? That's not being disrespectful. Slick is not a bad word. I'll leave that alone. Oh, so no, I, I never I, I put, look what Garfield puts now. Yeah, go ahead. So I said, so, and then I at Jabari, you taking on two passes by yourself? That's what I said. <laughs> right? I was just talking about it. I knew it was the same verses, but I was just being funny. So Brother Asar said, so what happened? And then I said, from what I heard, Jabari and Chris Prasad worked out an agreement for Jabari to debate Vince Bantu in Philly at Eric Mason's church. I said, wow. I, I said, I have not spoken to Jabari. I heard Chris Prasad in a text message. Now Jabari comes out and he responds. I don't, even, I don't even want to read what Jabari said. But he pretty much said that um, I was um, um, Chris Passar reached out to me while I was in Kemet. I was really reluctant to do it without Sarnetta. When I got back, Sarnetta initially agreed to do it as a favor to me. That's when Chris released the promotional stuff and so forth. All right. But I said to Jabari, if originally a group debate was organized, why would you agree to a one-on-one -on -one debate, especially with the person who was planning with Sarnetta? So he gave a few reasons, right? 
I said, he said, but this guy, he made a statement that this guy was not in the debate originally. Vince Van Two, right? This is it. See, you see what he said? Vince Van Two. This is what he said. Vince Van Two, ladies and gentlemen, this is Jabari's word, was not part of their listed team. Now, I'm going to ask you, um, Polite, because you was there before me. Yes. Was Vince Van Two a part of the original team, my brother? To my knowledge, yes. All right. So now. But even if he wasn't, hold on, I'll say this much. Even if he wasn't, he's part of that group of people, and that's it. Facts of the matter is, we do this too often in our community. I'm going to show you what. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't say nothing yet. Let, let's okay. one question. Was Vince Bantu originally a part of the listed teams in that email? Correct. All right. Now, look at what Jabari said, family. This is the actual screenshot. I, I apologize, but I got to show the primary. Vince Bantu was not part of the listed team. The team would include Dr. Eric Mason and Pastor Bernard. That is not true. Pastor Bernard's church is what we're using. Eric Mason was on the team. Dr. Eric Mason. Let me just remember that because I got to respect him because when you got to do a PhD program, it's very difficult. So I said to Jabari, Vince Bantu is from the Jude 3 Project. He's the biggest proponent of African Christianity. He was one of the six pastors listed in the email you sent to me. What are you talking about? <clears throat> All right. So now let's move on. I'm not even going to show no more of this. But the point that I'm trying to make, family, is that we never knew nothing hey, about Jabari, what they were doing. I mean, but the word is, we we wanted money. It was a money issue. This is what Brother Berean is putting on his channel now. Brother Berean is saying it's a money issue. I never went to, to, to sign it about no money. Whatever money issue had, I mean, everybody knows their worth. Polite knows his worth. Polite is involved. We got to be honest. People going to show up. Garfield's channel has never had 500 people watching live. Never. I've had almost 400, but I've never had 500 watching live. And who is it because? It's not because of me and my good looks. <laughs> or because yeah, I'm, because I'm yeah. my green New York hat. We got to be real. Polite will bring you audience. He will bring you a crowd when it comes to debates. This would have broke box office records, but it would have made people understand there's other side of Christianity that you're not looking at. Another perspective. And let me say this so there's no confusion. One, it wouldn't matter if they came up with a new pastor out of nowhere that's part of this whole debate concept, that I would still render them part of Chris Poussard and them team. If, it, if he coming out of that group, then they're still part of that team. And I reconcile within myself that I'm not doing nothing with nobody over there unless it's a team debate, if that's what we agree to. So that's one. So let me say this to the people. Sarnetta and I, and I'm, I'm going to give y'all the scoop. Sarnetta and I initially was building about doing the debate, and we couldn't come to terms. Sarnetta and I had no beef. Y'all never saw a video or nothing go up. And guess what? I never went on the side, undercut him, and said, yo, let me work out this deal with you, Chris and him. In fact, Chris and them would not even know nothing unless, I don't know if Sarnetta told them anything, but I know on my end, I don't tell nobody nothing. If, if that's how you do these agreements, if it don't work out, you don't go dry snitching to the, to the other side to try to work something out. So let me tell you this, Sarnetta and I, because of my scheduling, 
uh, things that I had going on. Like I just literally came back from Dubai and from Colombia. I'd be moving around based on the dates and the times proposed, the time that would be most convenient for me, the monies that would be most conducive, when I could take lesser, when I should take more, it's a lot of that. So I'm like, yo, so I'm not even gonna plague you with none of that because you and I never had these issues before. And secondly, we both had different intervals in our careers or our life path. So because I'm doing different things these days that I never was doing before, I'm not even gonna burden you with certain ideas. And there's no way I'm even gonna ask you for a certain type of dollar amount. So either we are gonna do it this way, that way or the other. We couldn't come to terms based on my scheduling and everything. It was all love and peace. I'm like, yo, y'all brother still got my support. I'll fall back in the event. He called another time. He's like, yo, yo, we might, we might, let's push this. We can, we can make something work. Now, and we, we figured this stuff out. Right. So in our event, I just don't even know how the one-on-one -on -one happened because I knew Jabari been down. I knew Amiran's squad uh, uh, been down, but I know, I mean, not Jabari. Jabari been down. Garfield been down, okay? I've been down. When I said I was fading the black, Garfield is still relevant. And so I don't want this to come off as a, a knock to Jabari. I'm saying this, when I look at the Christian community, right? What they pull, they pulled the facts. <laughs> and and I, gotta, man, I gotta hold Jabari at fault for that. But I don't have nothing like negative and dissenting to say about Jabari, cause that's my man. But what I will say is, he allowed them to demonstrate a form of dissension amongst us. That's what he allowed that to happen because we are not going to take one of those Christian pastors out of their group and do a one-on-one -on -one somewhere. They're going to stay united over there. I guarantee you, hey, if hey, it's hey, way hey. around, that's not going to happen. I'm going to play a video from Berean last night, right? But before I play the video, I want to say to everybody that's watching, even when polite, had stepped back, the debate was still on. A lot of people don't realize that. The, the debate was supposed to be in Brooklyn at CCC, the Christian yes. Community Center, one of the biggest yes. churches in Brooklyn. This guy's yes. a Republican, Pastor Bernard. He works with um, President Trump. He's a big time pastor. I'm not even yes. asking him for being attached to Trump in any way at all. He, he is what it is with him. All right. But what I'm saying to everybody is, I'm not taking any calls yet, family. No calls yet. No calls. No calls yet, family. No calls. We ain't taking no calls yet. But we got to get all of this out. The point that we're trying to drive is, even when Polite stepped away, we it never had any argument. We didn't have any argument with Sonnet about money or nothing. It wasn't even about that. We, Nobody we, had no arguments about no money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I to Polite about was I said, yo, my book is almost done at the time. And, and I said, this is going to be a perfect opportunity, even with the live stream, for people to know that there's a book out called The Misconception and Misinformation by the Black Hebrew Israelites, Volume 1. The yes. purpose of that book is to shed light on a lot of the misinformation that's going on in our communities regarding the biblical text. Now, that book itself actually destroys the Christians too, because what I do is family, and, and to Brother Bereen, let me, let me explain something to you, beloved. I'm going to explain something to you right now. Let me share my screen. I'm going to explain something to every one of them. There is nobody in the Christian community could st stand in my shoes when it comes to this scholarship. Nobody. You could bring your PhD. You could bring your ABCs. They I concur. Smashed. I you concur. Divine, Pro Divine Prospect's been running from Garfield for years. 
He refuses to dialogue with me. And he's not the only one. So don't, so don't bring none of that. What I did Because hold on real quick, Raphael. Officer Tazariak been ducking you too. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. That's the chief, the chief runner. He's a runner. He's a lifetime runner. But what I'm going to show people is this. This is a book that I gave away free to a lot of, oh, I can't do this while polite here, because polite feel like you want to copy this. But we got, we got, I'm going to show one book. And this one book, I gave it to my brother, Jay Mix, and a few people. I'm not giving away this book anymore. But to the Christian family out there, if you guys want to learn and learn what the scholarship says, this is what I do. I am not the person in the field doing the work. If I'm the one doing the work, then I can attach myself to the work. All you need is to get with the people who have done the work. Text, archaeology, culture, and geoscience. Israel's exodus in transdisciplinary perspective. This book, over 40 scholars, family. 40 scholars. 40. Abraham Foss, Emmanuel Anati. Some of them are believers in the text. Nadav Naman. William Dever, who is a conservative Jew, Jew. Come on. Are you guys serious at this point? No. Thomas Roma, Israel Finkelstein, Ronald Handel. These are top of the line archaeologists and scholars. The, 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 the argument about the Exodus has been settled. But you want to run around and keep this lie going. That's what you want to do. You want to keep the lie because without the lie, you're a nobody. You guys can't survive without the lie. You can't. You can't survive without the lie. Some of these guys, oh, I used to do this, and, 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 this, and, and Jesus did it. Why he ain't did it in slavery, though? Denmark V.C., Nat Turner. The, um, what's, what's the guy that wrote the little pamphlet, um, um, truth story in? The, the pastor guy that wrote the pamphlet, and they put out a hit on him and tried to kill him. David Walker. What, what, where was Jesus to do the things that you claim Jesus did for you? Why are he doing it now when we're not in so-called chattel slavery? Bring your best. I'm ready for them. Bring your best right in front of Garfield. Ain't none of them ready. They're running. And your pastors and, and PhDs, you could bring all of them come. I got the information and more than what they got. These are the books. I'm telling y'all, these are the books. Let me share my screen. These are the books that I've used for my, for, my, for, my, for, my, um, for my book. I have a whole file for these books that I've used for my, for my book, that I've sourced. So now I got to make sure, because I am, I'm dealing with it in a scholarly fashion, it's going to be peer-reviewed. The three scholars already are ready to peer-review my work. These are the books that I'm using. These are the books. Have y'all ever read this book here? Let me put this book up on the screen right here. Y'all ever read this book? The Encyclopedia of the Jewish Diaspora? Y'all ever read this book before? Come on. Y'all don't, don't want to get me started on books right now, dealing with the Jews and dealing with the biblical text. Y'all act like y'all the only one that can read. Come on, man. Bring them in front of me and watch how the argument change. Watch how it changes. Now I'm gonna play this video for um for um polite. I told you I was gonna yeah. play a video for you, man. Hold on, I'm gonna play this. Yeah. Video. Do you I'm gonna play this video for you. Listen, listen to this right here. Uh, but you know now, um, you know there was speculation beforehand that he had lost the debate. Uh, the Koch community is kind of 
you know, trying to, you know, get in and tell their own story about how Jabari uh, sort of, you know, did some underhanded things and was able to get, you know, be the only show them uh, that Christianity is not the white man's religion. Uh, they'll just make up new things, such as, you know, um, uh, you know, now now they're focusing on the, the mini Christianity. On our last slide, the slavery is is is, is mythological. It, it was made up in their minds, uh, so much so that that I believe that they're the ones with the Stockholm syndrome. That I believe that they're the ones who who suffer from the mental slavery uh, because. Christ. They cannot deny that. So, so you can, you can. So he, he, he attributes. I mean, he, he attests all the disciples, and and, and they're gonna get an idea of what it is. Thought pass. You got the jack. You got the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Uh, man, glory to God, man. My name is Mark, man. Mark Miles, man. Uh, Pastor Mark Miles out here in uh, Portland, Oregon. But yeah, man. Uh, you know. It's, it's it, it comes to a point like 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 the brother said it comes to the point to where even when you give them the truth even when it's right in their face man it you know they, they don't want it they don't want to accept it because it's a sin issue okay? and when you look at it when you look at it when you look at the the the, the, the historical evidence surrounding surrounding the the resurrection now now okay so they can they can they can go they can go to bar Ehrman. They can go to Bart Ehrman and um, get whatever they want. It's in the room. They can go to Bart Ehrman and get whatever they want, right? They can, they because he's a textual critic, a te textual critic. He's a biblical scholar. He's gonna, he's what he what he will, uh, what he will agree to is that Jesus is a real person, that he existed. You know what I'm saying? That he that he was a uh, that he was a rabbi he was a Jewish rabbi that he was crucified under Pontius Pilate and that all the disciples all the apostles believe that hey peace 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 um, we're gonna get to this debate right now let me get to this debate and play it because we know we we ain't got that much time so let me um right, let me stop sharing for a second. Hey, what's up, um, Unc? How you doing, brother? What's up with you, man? All right, hold on. Let me take the um, the what you call it off the um, the loop back because you guys, I can't hear you guys if I have the loop back on. All right, so I turned the loop back. Hold on, my bad. Turn it off. Here we go. All right. All right, here we go. Peace and love, brother Unc. How are you, sir? What's good? You can hear me. Loud and clear. I love, I love the, I love the, I love, I love the, the real black atheists back in the building, man. This is what I'm talking about right now, man. This is what I'm talking about right, right now. How y'all doing, man? Hey, we doing good. Before I start, man, I like, like to say shout out to all the families, man. Um, I also like to apologize to Jabari. I misspoke. I called Jabari a rat, and that's not the truth. He's a damn snake. I just want to say that loud and clear, but. Keep going on. <laughs> oh man, you know, you know what, you know what, you know what's crazy. A lot of people, um, you know, we we show honor and respect to everybody in the community. That's right. Until, until they cross us, 
Yeah. And and um and 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 you see, people do wrongs all the time, man. And, and sometimes right. you gotta come to the table and say I'm wrong or whatever, yep. whatever. But I'm telling everybody right now, man, the only reason why I allow this on my platform is because there's some truth to it. If it's not a hundred if it's not a hundred percent truth, it's ninety-nine percent truth. And 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 whatever the one percent is or whatever that people are iffy about, you need to listen first and hear all sides. There is nothing. There is nothing in my heart. I I made the claim he's Eddie Eddie Kane Jr. from the Five Heartbeats, and I <laughs> and I typed it to him into him. So it's not like I'm talking behind his back. Correct. Um, this let's talk in private stuff. Nah. Not in this situation. Not in this nah. situation. I, I I'm done. I'm done. I said what I had to say. I never really went as far as what Ong said. But come on, man. The, the truth the truth is in is is right there for us to see it. You know, Sean, you wanted to say something, brother. I don't want to hear about him crying now. He's crying wolf, looking for allies. He singled himself out, and he just has to pay the repercussions for his actions. That wasn't that wasn't keeping my odds, as he would say. Um, that was not illustrating good character, uh, nor was that um, the best for the community even though he considered it the best for him. So he put himself above the community and the people of the community in which he deemed himself uh, the, uh, what a, the spokesman for or the representative of, but he doesn't represent me. Hey, Sean, you, hey, Sean, you right, man. I, a simple, it, it would have been very simple. Look, Chris and him is trying to go in another direction, which is their prerogative. So I'm asking you fellas, right? You do it. Do you think it makes sense for me to have a one-on-one -on -one debate? That that would have been so simple. Like I'm not a hater. I'm a participator. We just would have simply said, not a problem. But to go in there just with your information, that that don't make no sense to Brian. We we'd have got back to the same thing. Don't bring certain information. So we could have been right there. Uh, uh, his brother Sajetti, brother Saul, Dr. Mayotte, Jabbar, I mean, um, um, Garfield, could have been right there. You could have said, I want everybody there, but um, and I wouldn't have been mad at you. You feel me? And that's, that could have been easy work. But no, you want to run out there and wild out. And make, and you're still promoting, I'm a, I got receipts. You don't got no receipts. The truth is the truth, bro. And as long as you keep woofing and not just being an honorable man and say, man, I made a mistake. We all make mistakes, man. It's a clear mistake because you went out there, used information that you was fighting for that didn't work. I'm not saying, I haven't even sat down and watched the damn debate. So I'm gonna save my judgment on that. But what I will say is character at the source of this. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I make mistakes all the time. But God damn, when you make a mistake, all we need is to say, man, you know what? I was wrong, man. I simply could have told y'all, this is what's going on. And I want to do this for my community. And my and, and, and that would have been it. And we couldn't have did nothing about it. But the fact that the, the, we found out about it from the opposing side, that's the part that's ridiculous. And you keep trying to keep your little, your little pearly white uh, uh, persona going. Dude, you human like everybody else. 
not unless you floating through the room somewhere. You make mistakes and you're subject to the forces of nature like everybody else. So we all make mistakes and ain't nobody perfect. But what we not gonna do is, when my character's on the line, we're not gonna act like the unk's the bad guy. Like everybody makes me the bad guy because I just tell it how it is. But go around, come around. You know how long the gun's been pointed at me and what we do? You know how long the guns were pointed at uh, uh, um, Garfield? You know how long the guns were pointed at the Amaral squad, Dr. Mayat? And now all of a sudden, you know, now, I, woe is me, my character, I'm this, I'm not responding in public. Man, it happened in public. That's exactly what it did. It happened in public, so we need to get it straight in public. Like, nobody attacked Jabari. Garfield, you know what you need to play? You really need to play the show when he claimed men Dr. Mayotte attacked him because he comes with a half-baked statement about Jesus Christ is African. That's the moment where he's still claiming we attacked him. What do you mean? Jesus Christ is African or Jesus Christ is black. No, Jabari, we don't agree with that. And I'm not sitting on is. the platform. Was that the, um, I'm sorry, was that the ADOS video? And I think Dr. Mayotte called in to beat yeah. me up. And I, we was you know all what, on that. Let me find it. Let me find it. We was all on that. Nobody attacked him. So if I'm on the Amaral squad and I make a misstep and a saw come out or, or Naya come out or Wuja, you know what I'm saying? Or Garfield or Nahisi or Sean or Tahuti say, but Unk, man, that's not it. That don't mean they attack me. That mean that they love me. That mean that they love their community more than just personal things. So if I so I've made a statement, well, the Egyptians didn't believe in God. Man, I got dealt with for that in the public. It wasn't a, well, we're gonna hide that, um, and we're gonna let you slide that. No. So, man, let me calm down, man, because the Christians get scared when they feel like you're getting hyped. I'm really not. And I'm not getting emotional. Jabbar, you can save that for the week amongst you, right? I'm not letting off until you be honorable and say, man, you know what? I just was wrong, huh? I don't want to hear you just don't say it my way. No, I don't see it like a snake. I don't see it like a snake. No, I don't. I do not see this situation like a snake would. So if I have a debate right now with the Christians, I'm a list Sarnetta. No, look, bro, we're trying to get this together. What you what you doing? That's what I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna go behind Sarnetta back, have a debate with the Christians, and leave him out when it was him who initiated the whole process. Well, it was Chris Broussard that uh, initiate the whole process. And shout out to Chris Prashad, man. You know, support him, you know what I'm saying? On, I think he's on Fox. All right, they have an excellent uh, uh, sports Sport. show. What's it called, the, um, the Odd Couple? Yeah, man, Odd Couple, I, but he's, he's also a special guest in the mornings and the night. He's like he's like the, the Steve A. Smith on that channel. You know? Yeah, I like that though. I like, I like, I put, yeah, I put him up there with Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman, man. I enjoy watching them, man. So shout out to you, uh, uh, shout out to Eric. I had a great conversation with him, right? Uh, uh, you know, shout out to the apologist, Brother Marine, the her team, her team. Shout out to y'all, man. So, in uh, Adam, right? We supposed to be having that conversation on that platform with them. Make sure y'all look for that, and we want y'all in full support. That shout out to that. So, man, this ain't hard, man. Hey, um, this is can not you, hard. Can you address this real quick? There's a uh -huh. brother in the chat by the name of Lex Luther. He asked a question. He said, why would we go into a debate with him if we know that his information was wrong? 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna let you respond to that, and I'm a, I'm a going after you. Well, this is why we're here right now because Unk wasn't buying it. The squad wasn't buying it. Nobody was buying it, and that's the turmoil that impended that that occurred. That riff right there, like, dude, can we source up, please? He was never able to source up, and he felt like that it was a barrage and attack on him. He better be glad Assal had kind of missed that one. So they always put it on um. I wasn't riding with that Christianity on the wall somewhere. Like, where's that at, Jabari? Can we see that? Agonaceous. And they seen the Christianity on the walls. That's what it kind of, I wasn't riding with that. Never was I ever riding with that. And in fine fashion, I just spoke my mind. I said what it was. Jabari couldn't handle the pressure of the Amiral squad. See, people don't know what kind of pressure I've been under. Like, being a, a real black atheist, one, well, Unc, you can't say that the Africans were atheists, meaning they didn't use that word in that context. Like, I got dealt with with that from my own teammates. You know what I'm saying? Niggas is still spooked out around me at times. You know what I mean? Like, I still got to deal with the ghosts at times. Not everybody, though. <laughs> But it's times when that ghost appears and people are like, uh, you know what I'm saying? So I've been under immense pressure from this crazy community based off of the fact that I say I don't believe in God. The whole damn community was based off of not believing in God. You know what I'm saying? All the Christians we supposed to debate, they believe in one more God than me and all the rest of them they don't believe in and they mad at us too. So look, man, hey, bro, like, Man, like we wasn't going to that debate with misinformation. That's why he never showed his information. That's why That's why he wanted his own little comfortable corner to do what he do, to continue the madness that's in the community of misinformation against them damn Christians. And I'm gonna stand up for the Christians because they my brothers, right? And guess what, Garfield? They kind of act like, and watch this, Sean, and everybody watching, they act like, that we ain't been banging on pseudoisms for a very long time. That's what the Christians think. The Christians think that the families, the crews, been actually in support of the pseudo information they was using against the Christians. I never agreed with that nonsense. Never. And, and matter of fact, that's why they painted us the black sheep, right? Me leading the way. So I'm a real black atheist. They make everybody a real black atheist. Or they make everybody an atheist because that's how they do it. I slide everybody in with, um, like, 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 I don't have my own mind. And Garfield and Lasar and Dr. Mayad and Naya and Nahisi and Wuja and Smash Rockwells, like, they don't have their own mind. And Brother Ben and everybody, and everybody don't have their own mind. Like, the Masi is just, don't got their own mind. Come on, man. I'm in the Masi clan, right? Fighting back and forth with Ben over concepts and ideas. Like, we get corrected all the time. Like, this is nothing new. I didn't know that brother man couldn't handle that real, real black atheist pressure. I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, hold on a second. Let me get this caller here. Caller, go ahead. What's up? What's your name and where you calling from? It's Lex Luthor, man. I'm calling from Norfolk, Virginia, man. I just got a question, right? Mm-hmm. If y'all disagree with Brother Jabbar's teaching, why would he take y'all into a debate with Who said he was taking us to a debate right. with him? Nobody said that. They picked a team. You remember the team was originally the squad, yeah. right? And the squad recommended Garfield, based on what I've learned now. They recommended Garfield. Sarnetta recommended Polite. 
and Sarnita recommended Jabari. He said, I want Jabari, that's my man, because he promotes him as the Mayweather of consciousness. So when the people called in, the people said all those people, they said the squad, Garfield, Polite, and Jabari. Um, Sarnita called me up and said, you're on the team. Now I'm here and I'm on the team with Jabari and Polite. So I'm like, all right, cool. Um, but Amara squad was still on the team, by the way, too, all, without, without that being said to us. So what happened is we're formulating a team, then we're going as a united front. This is why we were having Google Hangouts to hear like different ideas and how we would come up with it. So we had a Hangout, and when we had a Hangout, brother, Jabari made, said something that he's going to say on the part two that we disagreed with him on, that we knew there was no source for it. And when we asked him for it, he promised to give us a source. We're still waiting for it. Ain't no source. So if, we, if he didn't have a source for it, he couldn't go out in public and talk about it. You understand what I'm saying, brother? Because it, 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 it's, it's stupid to say Christianity is a white man's religion and then come back and say, yeah, he, um, Christianity is a direct copy of Egypt. That means it's not a white man's religion. You're contradicting yourself. So that question alone made no sense to me. And me, well, me, I jumped out and said, no, nah, that don't make no sense. And then we discussed it. We, we, then we said, we want to change the question. This is why they, they got a pushback because they had a motive. They really wanted to go at Jabari. They said they had plans. You remember that phone call, Unc? When, yeah. when Steve, um, brother, brother Chris Prasad said that we have a video of Garfield we're going to use against Jabari. So they, they already had the, whatever they wanted to do planned out. So that's why it played out the way it played out, brother. So even, even with what you said, if y'all disagree with him or he didn't have a source and y'all want him to provide one, still, why would he take y'all with him? If y'all gonna disagree with his work anyway. Brother, 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 Lex, Lex, he never, he never took us with him. You didn't see what Wait, happened. Why do they keep saying that? What is he never took us with him. No, we're not mad. We, nah, we, no, 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 let me we're say not, something. We're not, we're let me say mad. this. Well, hang up, bro. Let me say this. Let me right, say this. Can, can, can he hear me? Can I call him? Yeah, I, I cut him off. He's going to listen to you on the YouTube. Go ahead. Oh, man. Come on, man. Why is Unc mad? Because it's some bullshit, right? I'm tired of everybody making it seem like that the families don't got their real homework. Just because Sarnetta promoted Jabari as the Mayweather of the conscious community don't mean the nigga was the Mayweather of the conscious community. That's promotion. Sarnetta promoted that in that way, okay? Just because Sarnetta promoted Young Pharaoh, just because Sarnetta promoted um, Seti and promote everybody, that don't mean that they are who you think you seeing. It's, two it's damn near 2020. Everybody know who got their real damn homework. And it's like, we always get slighted. Let me ease the Jabari shit right there for one minute, one moment, right? And why, and, 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 and I'm mad, right? One moment, one moment. And let me ease back into it. So Jabari, so Sarnetta picked Jabari first. When I got the phone call, it was Jabari supposed to have been, you know, we gotta have Jabari. I was like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I would never pick Jabari over Garfield. One. I would never pick Jabari over Assault. Two. I would never pick Jabari over Smash Rockwells. 
Never pick Jabari over Naya. Never pick Jabari over Dr. Oyama. And never pick Jabari over Nahisi. And I would never pick Jabari over Ben, Sean, Tahuti. You know what I'm saying? All the brothers on them. All the brothers on them. I would never pick Jabari over never the families. NBK, I would never do that. Don't hate me. Hate the damn game. I know what the level is, and I just wouldn't pick him. Just because I wouldn't pick him, it was Sarnetti's show to do that. Now, Jabari, I'm not saying Jabari is a horrible guy. You know what I'm saying? Separate the – now I think he's a little horrible for what he's doing. And now, now he's a little horrible for that. But as far as his work, man, he got – he okay. He's a, he, he average. He, and then he don't got no team. So that makes you below average in the world with their serious study group teams here. Shout out the uh, Comedic Press. There's serious study teams out here that really support our community. They're part of the community and we're dead serious. So I wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, Jabbar, okay, but I would never put them over those teams. Dagger Squad, like, come on, bro. So it was Jabari. So Nede reached out to Jabari. He reached out to me and he was telling me who he wanted. I was like, ah. Jabari was like, he want Dr. Mayotte. He was big up in the black woman. I want, I want Dr. Mayotte. Thank you, Jabari, for that. So it was Jabari, Dr. Miyat, and it was supposed to be me. And I'm like, I ain't going without, I'm not going without uh, Asar. Because everybody knows Asar, you know what I'm saying, is the one, he's my role dog. Like when I put out, like, so if I got like a, a, a real black atheist concept that's running through my mind and I'm reading and studying, man, he'll either beat that shit all the way up or support it with documentation from Africa. You know what I mean? Like, and he's always there. You feel me? As far as being able to, on the drop of the dime, fly out to New York somewhere, but he right down the street, whatever it is, you know, we, we've always been there. Whereas though it's harder to get smashed in, it's harder to get docked in, you know what I'm saying, at times. It's hard to get Wuja in, you feel me? But it's always simple for a song, right? So- hey, Hold on, hold on, Unc. I'm gonna run to the store, man. It's gonna take me 10 minutes. So let's keep talking. Good, I got 10 minutes, good. <laughs> I got 10 minutes. So. So you got Jabari and you got Doc Mayotte, and it was supposed to be me. And I was like, I ain't doing it without the team. Uh, I mean, well, you can't bring a whole team. Look, this is what Sarnetta do. Sarnetta tries to be fair and impartial, bro. That's what a lot of you now. You're like, nah, um, you always talking about bring your team. No. Okay, so let me ease people in. So I try to ease people. I said, and I need Garfield. Like everybody know on this side of the Mississippi who got their homework when it come to Christians. Like we got, we all got our specialty areas. And so why would I go into a debate without golf? He's been talking about this shit for the last 10 years. You go write the blog talk, right? You go write the blog talk. Like he been, this is what he, he live it. He eat it, he breathe it. Like I've been stopped banging on the Hebrews. I gave him a reprieve for a moment. Now I'm on the Christians though. But that's how that went. It was never the Jabari show. It was never that. So I don't know why the caller keeps saying, why would he take us? Why would we take him? It's the real pertinent question. You feel me? So, I mean, that's my personal opinion on, 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 on. He would be the last person I would bring. I'm not saying he's the worst. I'm going to sit up here and lie and act like Jabari is straight trash. He's semi-trash with it. That's right, I said semi-trash with it because he still thinks that the All Max was African. So to me, that's trash scholarship. 
based off of where we at right now, based off of our mode of study, based off of paleontology, archaeology, you know what I'm saying? Based off of biological and human evolution, based off the study of migrations, based off of just understanding where we are, based off of all the work that the elders laid down, and now we can give a strong critique on what they have laid down, based off of all of that, man. Like, we already know that's out the door. Ivan Van Serdman, man, he did good for what he had for available information, but we retired his book, Stolen Legacy. We retired his book. Yeah, you know I'm saying, like, come on, man. Shout out to the class of Shabazz. You feel me? Like, man, 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 we, we retired that work, which is okay. It's okay to retire work. So, all this about why would Jabari take us with one person, man, can win your game, but a team can win you the damn championship. Like, why would Jabari take it? Like, that's a damn insult to me. You feel me? And, and so, I'm mad because I'm tired of playing second goddamn fiddle to a group of damn buffoons, to a group of people who don't, one, understand scientific literacy, two, don't understand uh, uh, real scholarship, and three, scared as hell of their damn elders. So I'm going to tell you right now, I just represent the group who ain't scared of their elders. Like, man, come on, y'all put your pants on the same way as me. I'm not in continental Africa. I'm in America. And in America, there's different rules of engagement. Like I respect, like you don't have to tell me how to respect my mother, my grandmother, my auntie, you know what I'm saying? My older cousins. You know how you call your, uh, when your mother got a cousin, you call her, you, you, and it's a woman, you call your aunt. Or, or, or if your mother got a cousin, it's a, a man, we call him your, your, your uncle. When you don't have to call him nothing, you just call him by his name. You feel me? So we understand that respect factor of people that are older than us. But now we're in a moment in time where we respect your scholarship, your work. And just because you're older, right, don't mean you got that homework and it don't mean you got mistakes. So that's why y'all noticed, right? I got, you know, uh, quote unquote, uh, uh, pseudo killers. They're younger. A lot of times y'all get mad at X and all that. And then you get mad at a lot of people on that time. Man, but they're young and they don't have that same fear factor of the elders when the elders say something, they write. Like when I was growing up, you know, when the older person said something, you couldn't question it. Could be wrong as hell. And you never got a chance to question and you couldn't talk what they was talking. When, when, when I first met uh, 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 the elder Professor James Small, which is my favorite elder. Yeah, you know I'm saying him and the car. Yeah, you know I'm saying, yeah, I'm just saying it. I'm, uh, you know, what I mean, I'm, I'm saying it. I couldn't even talk when he was talking. I had to shut the hell up and listen to him rock. Plain and simple. So we in a circle in a cipher building. I couldn't give no input. I could say, man, that dude wrong as hell right there. What could I say? That's that's the climate. Right. So now I'm not saying we create a climate of disrespect. We haven't done that. We create a climate of challenging you, not based off of your age, not based off of how long you've been in the university, but based off of how correct your information is. And that's the climate the family's created. That's that's the environment that Amaral Squad came in. So the Christians need to know that one um, bang, the Amaral Squad was banging on SETI from day one. It was my friendship with SETI. That's why y'all hear me say, I don't got no more friends no more. And I mean friends that would stop me from critiquing their work. Because no matter 
how nice you say it, no matter how slow, no matter how you say it with a smile, your friends get mad at you when you correct their information. It's just part of being human. The squad never agreed with the majority of SETI's information. And SETI would routinely, even if I brought them in and paid them for lectures, right? Y'all can see it, the science conference, science conference. This nigga get on stage, he wanna go last. All right, he go last and then bang on the squad. Here, come on, I'm a raw squad show. Y'all can go back to blog talk and bang on us. That little friction always been there. And the team was saying, look, bro, you need to get your man before we beat him up. So we've always had that friction with him. Always had that friction with him. So all that, y'all lit from day one when Farrell jumped on the scene, man, you can ask Brother Ben. You know what I'm saying? We was on that dude head from day our second one. We never gave him a pass. Matter of fact, they call me, oh, you just an old guy hater. I know, I'm a hater. I, I'm not mad, but I'm really a participator. I'm participating and filtering out the nonsense that is permeated in the community, starting with our damn great elders, because they promoted the nonsense. I'm not saying they did it on purpose, right? Maybe some of them did it with the, you know, with the level of knowledge that they had, you know what I'm saying? Maybe that's it. Right. But I'm just saying, so we're in an environment now where uh, 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 a quote unquote Jabari can't just wear a hat. I call it a new covered hat. Jabari wear the new covered hat. Right. And he wear the preacher sash with two unks on it. And, and he and he claiming he's an Egyptian priest. You know what I'm saying? I say he's not an Egyptian priest. Right. He's an African American comedic Christian because he believed like they believe. You know what I'm saying? He's not practicing traditional African spirituality. No matter what y'all say. No, he did something that's admirable. Like he created his own thing and I'm all good. I'm all up for that. Hey, wait, hey, Sean, real quick. Cause I know you in the Shawshank Monty Metanetra, right? Can you hear me? Your line yeah. is muted. So is Jabari practicing traditional African spirituality? <laughs> Truth. Since, since Jabari want to keep acting like he ain't did nothing, I'm going to keep digging in. Is he? No. Why not? You don't know what it is. If you can't read the text, you don't know what you're doing. You're making mm -hmm. up stuff as you go. So y'all spend y'all Saturdays, man, in class with Wuja, man, getting it in. And I can take y'all to any museum and y'all can get it in and read the text that people claim is spiritual. Another thing. The word spiritual, African-American spiritual, no, no, spirituality, African spirituality is crazy. First of all, that's a Christian word, man. Okay, the Christians came up with spirituality. Look it up. So we need to find out something else. We're dealing with traditional African systems. So Jabari is not practicing that. He says he has the shrine of Mayat. Man, there is no shrines in Egypt dedicated to Mayat. Now you got a shrine dedicated to Mut, a temple dedicated to Mut, and that's at Karnak, right? Part of that uh, extra large complex, one of the largest religious complexes in the world is in, matter of fact, the largest uh, 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 system uh, of connecting to nature is in Karnak. One of the largest systems, right? In Karnak. And there is a temple dedicated to Mut. M-U-T, look it up. 
right there in that precinct. Look it up. But there is no shrine to my yacht. If it is, then make me aware and I'll come back and say, well, I was wrong. Do y'all know what a shrine is? Do you know what an altar is? Me and brothers and daddy had a deep conversation for about three hours, right? Back and forth, right? You know, Sanjay, you know, he really heavy with that, you know, giving me certain words. I can't, I think the word is shira, I believe, for a shrine, right? And a shrine is a container it holds. So what is it that the shrine holds? The shrine holds the, uh, what you would call the spirits. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's passed on. You know what I'm saying? And, and where you where you make your sacrifices. So if Jabari and them is not making sacrifices, if Jabari don't have to contain of the spirits, you know what I'm saying? And it's passed on by a priest to give them to open up their shrine, then they don't have a shrine. They have an African-American church. If you're not doing blood sacrifices, that's what the Egyptians did. They sacrificed, you know, oxen, you know what I'm saying? Uh, birds, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Chicken, all kind of stuff. I ain't gonna say chickens. There were no chickens there, <laughs> right? But they sacrifice these things. You know, an altar is where you have your pictures and stuff like that, and you feed the ancestors. Sometimes it's blood sacrifices where you feed the ancestors. That's why I had the shrine. Got my shrine right there, right? And I don't do it anymore. But it was part of my mental uh, uh, development, and, and it was part of my. Uh, uh, I, I, you gotta fix what they put in your mind and made you afraid of voodoo, Ifa, and all the other Africans doesn't make you scared to do it because you think it's got something to do with the devil or you think it's evil. So so to actually participate in that, you know what I'm saying, uh, kind of frees you up to say, come on, man. So no, that's not what they got over there. They don't have that. Jabari talks to the ancestors. That sounds like a Christian to me. I'm talking to the ancestors. Well, maybe they did talk to the ancestors and came I don't know. What I'm saying is, I know what I'm talking about. So Jabari can act like this, act like that, and miss the fact that I said, hey, bro, like, I respect that you actually got a place for African-Americans to go. I'm just saying, don't act like it's something that's not. You know what I'm saying? Like, real black atheism, like, I put that together. I made that up. I can say that. In retro, I went back and grabbed the original meaning of it where they was talking about the state-sponsored religion. That's not what it mean today. But I can say that freely to the crowd. I can say that and be honest with it. So, no, all that, that's an African, uh, uh, no, that's not, no, you got to go to brother, you got to go to the Masi. You got to go to brother Ben and Sean and them. There's a part of the system. Travels back to Africa, he gets the spirits. You know what I'm saying? He gets the herbs endowed with, with, with certain forces that, you know what I'm saying, whether I believe that or not, that's what they do. That's traditional. You can't, you can't get around not doing blood sacrifices and consider yourself traditional African spiritual system. You, you, you just can't do it. You can't do it. So they're not doing it over there. They're doing an African-American, Christianized, comedic uh, uh, literature, read some prayers, and that's what they're doing. So I don't care if the whole community is mad at me. Hell, y'all been mad at me. You know what I'm saying? Y'all been mad at me. Y'all been mad. What you talking? You teach the white man science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that same science that kicked your ass up out of West Africa. That same science that, that got you locked mentally and socially in North America. Yeah, I teach that. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know. 
Yeah, very, 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 very interesting. Yeah, I get all that. So my point is, back to the caller, I am mad because we had an opportunity to show who we really was. We had an opportunity to make a breakaway from the pseudo teachings that those Christians are mad at. Them Christians ain't necessarily mad at I'm a raw squatter, huh? Mossy clan warriors. You know what I'm saying? NBK, they ain't necessarily mad at them. Shashu Monument, they mad at the Setis of the world, the Pharaohs of the world, the Jabars of the world that bring misinformation to trick people out of Christianity. That's what they really mad at. Right? And they focus their attention on that. What they didn't know was that there's a group that really love their people so much so that we're tearing down our own shit to get you the truth. That it's times where the Amaral squad and the families be at war with each other based off of information, because that's what it is. See, that's what it is. Man, I never signed up. Like I say this over and over again. I never signed up for uh quote unquote um friendship scholarship. I never signed up for I'm gonna hang with this gang. No, no, I signed up for the truth. I signed up to get to the truth based off of being in the damn cult for four to five years of my damn life. Sitting back saying, this is some interesting right here. I'm in that damn cult and I'm looking at niggas saying, what do you mean that guy knows everything? Like shit like that never made no sense. What do you mean that? What are you saying? But I didn't, I didn't have nowhere else to go as far as getting the information. So I just took the piece that I felt like was relevant. But I know the mindset of those people, those people still running around Big up in Malachi Yoke like he like, like, like he was all all knowing. You feel me? And so look, look, caller, uh, brother Lex, look, man, it was, it was, it was a chance for uh the sister's voice to be heard, right? That got blocked out. Man, she's reading uh the Portuguese documents, you know, stuff they can't get around. Uh, you know. It was a chance and opportunity to show that we're not clowns, that we're very, very serious and dedicated to this. So you damn right I'm mad that we always get the families, you know what I'm saying, always get second goddamn place. Yeah, I'm mad about that. Damn right I'm mad about that. That the real information, you know what I mean, didn't get a chance to show their true moxie. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that the real scholars, and I ain't never call myself a scholar, but we do got scholars. You feel me? What I do, everybody can do. Just take your ass to the library, go to a college university, go to a museum, get a library card, go in the museum. Shout out to Brother Reggie that made me aware that there's, there's extensive libraries inside of uh, museums. Thank you, Brother Reggie. You know what I'm saying? And your museum tours. Go read. That's how I got minds. Going to the universities online. That's how I got minds going to Coursera, studying real shit. That's how I got minds. That's how I got minds. Okay? So what I do, everybody can do. Man, I taught myself scientific literacy. I had to work it out. So I ain't never said I was a scholar. But I'm ready for the scholar because I read the same thing they read. I read this, I read about the scholarly conferences. I read the scientific consensus. I read, I read archaeology, archaeological surveys. I can interpret them. I can read the journal of nature, the journal of science. I can read all those journals. You know what I'm saying? I understand scientific terms in their proper context. Man, I understand biological and human evolution. 
You feel me? I have a, a, a foundation of understanding that. And if I don't, I have a wonderful team around me. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Brother Nahisi, waiting on that book to be finished, who corrects me when I'm wrong. So this thing is really about niggas around us. Let me take that word back. Brothers and sisters around us not wanting to be corrected. That is the true essence of what's happening right now. That we're in an environment where people feel like they should not be challenged publicly. Wait a minute, you teaching publicly, ain't you? I don't, I don't, I'm saying, I don't hate Jabari and his family. He has a beautiful family. But I'm saying that move right there to kill an opportunity to beat up some Christians is also misinformed. That's a missed opportunity, man. It's a missed opportunity. That's why I'm mad. And not to mention, it's financial gain. So I heard the Christians say, well, why don't they just do it for free? Free? Wait a minute, man. I got, I got five children. Three in college. I can't take time away from the resources just to debate. You know what I'm saying? We we supposed to get monies for that. Within reason. You know what I'm saying? I got to be able to explain why this month is dedicated or the next three months is dedicated to studying this, taken away from other resources. I have a business to run. Shut out the Black Dot Bookstore. You know what I'm saying? Oh. I got bills to pay. I don't got time to play Charlie the Debater. I'm back, bro. I'm oh, back. Oh, they don't they don't ask the church to not tie at that Sunday. No. Hey, I mean, I love it. Hey. We've been doing this for three forever. Go ahead, Garfield. Hey, tomorrow, right? I'm gonna talk about an article that's circulating that the Christian church spent millions to save um thousands of families from medical debt. And I and I went on the guy's post and I said that was a complete waste of money. You don't pay debt collectors. So if the church had the knowledge, the true knowledge of economics, they wouldn't have paid millions of dollars. They could have put that million dollars in somebody's pocket who have the sense. You do not, and I repeat, you do not pay debt collectors, especially medical debt collectors because of the HIPAA law. Your information should have never gone to them in the first place. You have a lawsuit against the hospital. So don't follow this foolishness. They circulated, oh, the church paid millions of dollars. Come on, family. Every morning we are on at from 8.30 in the morning or even earlier, dropping knowledge about the Bible, dropping knowledge about everything. Stop paying debt collectors. Do not pay them. Don't pay them. All right. Um, hey, Unc, I wanted to play this video. Let me just play this video right now. I'm going to put you on mute. I'm going to play this video, family, so that we can... Um, Get the in, get um get the information out as far as the um the um what you call it. All right, so I'm going to um put this video on right now. Here we go. We got Garfield. Uh, we're going to start with, is Christianity, this section, is Christianity a copy of ancient Egyptian or Kemetic religion? And we will start this time with a 20-minute clock with um, Dr. Bantu. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Um, 
So, uh, so yeah, uh, as to uh, the second question, um, is Bisrat a copy of ancient Egyptian or Kemetic religion? Uh, there's, there's really two points that I want to make about this, uh, and I'll just show some, uh, some examples to kind of, um, to, to kind of explain this, right? Uh, I noticed we had the same picture. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so, uh, we also have the, the picture of the, uh, the, uh, conversion of the temple, uh, of, of Philae, uh, to a Christian imagery. And, um. And, and the point that I want to make with that is and why I show that is that there's two simple points I want to make in response to this question. Um, number one is that ancient Egyptian practitioners of traditional religion and Nasrawi alike did not see their faith as the same or an imitation of one another. But they both had a very clear sense that these religions were different, that were fundamentally distinct. There was, there, was, there was nobody saying that this is an imitation or a copy. That's number one. And that's what the picture is meant to describe. Like, otherwise, why would Coptic Christians want to carve out crosses and not see traditional symbols? As, unless they saw it as a different faith that they want to disassociate themselves from, not copy. The second point I want to make is that the question itself actually betrays a certain modern myopia. And what I mean by that is that to ask the question, is, is, is Bisrat a copy of Kemet, is an inherently modern question that, especially when talking about in an ancient context, is actually an inappropriate question to ask. It's not the right way to think about it. People in the ancient world did not think in these terms. People in the ancient world did not think in terms of, hey, you guys are copying us. That seems similar to what we're doing, and therefore it's inferior, or therefore it's a copy. People didn't talk like that. They didn't think like that. That's an invent a modern invented idea that finds no resonance in the ancient world. That's my two points. And I'm going to just show you some evidence of that. First of all, um, and we were talking about violence, right? This is where I'm going to uh, flesh that out a little bit more. But I want to make a point that, I, that, that I'm not sure was clear. Uh, I said it already, but I'm going to say it again uh, because I, I'm, I'm concerned it might not have been clear. The question that we were asked first is, is Bisrat a white man's religion? We were not asked, is Bisrat immune to violence? Is Kemetic religion immune to violence? Is any religion immune to violence? Is there zero evidence of violence being done by those who claim to be Nasrawi? That was not the question. The question is, is this religion from the white man? That was the question. So let's stay on point and actually focus on that question. And the answer again, as I've shown you is no, because there were examples of Nasrawi completely outside of the Roman empire and even inside of it that were resisting the Roman empire. But there was definitely violence, but that's not what we're asking. That's not what we're talking about. And that's not even what we're talking about now. Now we're talking about, is it a cop? And so, what I want to show you to show that, no, it's not a copy. No one in the, in the ancient context thought that way. This is an example from a Coptic Egyptian Nasrawi theologian named Shenouda of a tree. And this is his monastery. Uh, and it was a place where Shenouda would give public sermons where Egyptians, predominantly Nasrawi, but also practitioners of, of traditional religion as well, would be present. And in this public mixed setting, Shenouda addresses a particular 
practitioner of traditional Egyptian religion named Gesius. Gesius was a wealthy landowner, an Egyptian, who lived in the city of Pantopolis, which was, which was close to a tree and close to Sohag, where Shenouda's monastery was. And he is publicly addressing Gesius and talking about the differences between their religions. He says, the one whom I found in the temple of a tree, and this would be a traditional uh, Egyptian temple, so Christians did not stamp it out because it was still going on. Are, are y'all hearing that? Like Christians did not eradicate traditional Egyptian religion. I don't think y'all, I don't think y'all understand it. Like Christians did not eradicate Egyptian religion. It was still going on. And we see that from fifth century sources right here that Shenouda is addressing a, a, a traditional practitioner of traditional religion. And there's still a temple. Egyptians are still going to it and they're still praying to, and they're still praying and sacrificing and practicing the traditional religion. It's still going on. He says, the one whom I found in the temple of a tree, worshiping Satan and pouring out libations to him. And Shenouda is polemically, and that means like, you know, kind of argumentatively equating traditional Egyptian gods with Satan. He's saying he poured out uh, Satan and poured out libations to him. He scattered roses, peach branches, bunches of grape leaves and other fragrant plants in that place. That defiled one, he's talking about Gesius now, immediately spat at him, being Jesus, when I advised him to believe in Jesus. And he blasphemously said that the great deeds that the Lord of all, Jesus did, did Apollonius of Tyana and Plato did as well. So what Gesius is saying right now, as Shenouda is trying to uh, convince him to become a Christian, is Gesius is basically saying, I don't really, I'm, I'm good on Jesus because I prefer Apollonius of Tyana and Plato to Jesus. So I'm, I'm good. I, I kind of like my, my own religion. And this kind of demonstrates what I'm talking about, how people in the ancient world thought. Deities were often localized to particular nations, particular cities, and, and, they, were often and they were often associated with particular uh, elements uh, of nature or di uh, different things that they might want, like, you know, uh, kind of incantations or prayers for healing or for, uh, for, or, or for fertility or for crops or all these different things, right? And also they were often mixed and often associated with other gods from other places. And this happened in Egypt as well as everywhere else in the ancient world. And so Christianity is not only not a copy of Egyptian religion, it is actually quite distinct, not only from Egyptian religion, but also from all ancient religion. And here's the other thing. Notice that Gesius, who's an Egyptian, he associates himself with, not with, not with uh, traditional Egyptian gods, but with Plato. So at a time where Egyptians who had been colonized by the Ptolemies already for several centuries, even before the time of Bisrat, had already begun to associate and blend together Roman gods with Egyptian gods and began to patron different Roman and, and Egyptian religion. But notice here that it's Shenouda who writes in the Egyptian language and actually embraces a, a, a traditional unique form of Christianity local to Egypt that was oppressed by the Roman Empire. So there is a distinction when we talk about Bisrat, if we're talking about the perverted, oppressing Roman version of it or the version of it that grew in Egypt, which I've already said, which itself has issues with violence. But one thing it cannot be accused of is being an extension of the white man or the Roman Empire because it was oppressed by the Roman Empire, not only before Constantine, but after Constantine as well, from Aryan leaders like Constantius 
and from Cal uh, Chalcedonian. This was the, the, doc the Council of Chalcedon, 451, where the Roman church decided that Jesus is one person with two natures, one who possesses two physics. This, the Egyptian church did not believe in, it did not make sense to their Egyptian context. They were saying Jesus is one person and one nature. They rejected this doctrine and they were vehemently oppressed by the Roman empire. So this idea that the Roman empire and the Egyptian church were together is of Chalcedon 451, where the Roman church decided that Jesus is one person with two natures, one who possesses two physics. This, the Egyptian church did not believe in, it did not make sense to their Egyptian context. They were saying Jesus is one person and one nature. They rejected this doctrine and they were vehemently oppressed by the Roman empire. So this idea that the Roman empire and the Egyptian church were together is completely unsubstantiated in sources. They were actually at odds with each other. The Roman empire sent in soldiers and priests together to go in and enforce Roman Christianity in Egyptian monasteries and killed Egyptian Christian monks and priests. So they were at odds with each other. And at a time when Egyptians who were Nasrawi were actually resisting the Roman empire, Egyptians who practiced traditional religion were actually imbibing the white man's platonic philosophy. There's another example um, again, of demonstrating this point I'm trying to make about why it's not the right way to think about it, to think this is copying that. That was actually what ancient folk loved to do. Not copy, but compliment. The idea of copy, again, is a modern idea. And it's not respected by any scholarship today, whatever their faith is. This is a rejected idea. It was understood in the ancient world to combine different religions. If different deities work for you, if they can bring the result you want, then yeah, pray to them, pray to them. This is an example of a 7th century healing charm that was inscribed on a particular seal where the name of Jesus and Horus are invoked together, side by side. This particular person who's a practitioner of Egyptian religion, not a Nasrawi, invokes the name of Horus and Jesus together. And he says, Jesus Horus, speaking to Jesus Horus. And he invents the, he has, he has this traditional story about Horus and Isis creating a, a falcon to, you know, to heal someone from sickness. And it's just a healing, a general healing seal. Jesus Horus, the son of Isis, went upon a mountain in order to rest. He performed his music, set his nets, and captured a falcon, a wild pelican. He cut it without a knife, cooked it without fire, and ate it without salt on it. He had pain and the area around his navel hurt him. And he wept with loud weeping, saying, today I am bringing my mother Isis to me. I want a demon... This is Horace Jesus asking for a demon. Nasrawi folks ain't cool with that. <laughs> they, they would never have prayed this. Um, I want a demon so that I may send him to my mother Isis. The spirit went out, went upon the mountain to Heliopolis and found his mother Isis wearing an iron crown and stoking a copper oven. Isis said to him, even if you did not find me and did not find my name, the true name that the sun bears to the west and the moon bears to the east, and that is born by the six propitiatory stars under the sun, you would summon the 300 vessels that are around the navel. Let every sickness and every difficulty and every pain that is in the belly of In, and then I think the translator was unsure about the name of this particular person, uh, the child of In, stop at this moment. Let every sickness stop at this moment. I am the Lord Jesus is the one who grants healing. So again, notice the, the complete association here from an Egyptian traditional religious practitioner or what people sometimes call pagan. I don't want to use that word. I don't want to be offensive. But what other people would call pagans. Notice the complete understanding that actually Jesus and Horus can go together. 
it sounds kind of similar to, to the traditional Egyptian folks. So we can pray to Jesus and Horus at the same time. There wasn't this sense in which we don't want Jesus because he's a copy of Horus. Actually, they said, that sounds similar to Horus. So we're going to pray to both of them. You know, so that's, this, is what I'm, this is an example of what I'm showing, that this idea of it copying is a modern idea that has been inserted into the ancient world. Egyptian deities had interaction with other cultures, and they merged and mingled and, 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 had, and were influenced by and influenced other religions. This was a part of the ancient world. This is why during the Ptolemaic dynasty going forward, notice that Egyptian Christians, Nasrawi, were persecuted by the Roman emperor, but Egyptian traditional religious practitioners were not. Think about that. Practitioners of a traditional Egyptian religion during the Roman colonial period were not persecuted by the Roman Empire, but the Christians were. Why is that? Because traditional Egyptian religion is actually a lot more similar to Roman religion than Christianity is. Christianity is actually the more unique one. When, Roman and, when Rome colonized e Egypt, it's like, oh yeah, you guys have been praying to ISIS. Well, we pray to Serapis. Let's just kind of put those together. They're kind of similar. So we can pray to Serapis and ISIS at the same time. But who was really getting on people's nerves were the Nasrawi in the Roman Empire and the Egyptian Empire and the Persian Empire and in China and in India, all of which were saying, we worship no God but Jesus. That is the more unique posture to take in the ancient world. To say that our religion is the only right one and we refuse to render worship to no other God but Jesus is very rare in the ancient world. Very rare, with the, with the only exception uh, pr predominantly of Judaism. And that's why Jewish people were hated as well, because they, they said there is only one God, and Romans did not like that. And to Egyptians, that didn't make sense, because this is actually, if, if, if Nasrawi would have presented Christianity, the Bisrat, like this, they probably would have been okay with it. Because it's like, yeah, you could believe in Horus and Jesus. But the Nasrawi predominantly, were, this is a very rare exception. Most traditional, most uh, contemporaneous evidence from this time period shows that the majority of Nasrawi were against this kind of thing. And, and again, like I said in the first point, vehemently distinguished themselves from traditional religion in ways like this. Again, the practices like we read in Shenouda and also in this homily attributed to Athanasius where it says some of them talking about, uh, again, his word, not mine, pagans, uh, some of them ablute their children in polluted water and water from the arena from the theater, and moreover, they pour all over themselves water and incantations spoken over it, and they break their clay pots, claiming it repels the evil eye. Some tie amulets on their children, hand shows that the majority of Nasrawi were against this kind of thing, and, and again, like I said in the first point, vehemently distinguished themselves from traditional religion in ways like this. Again, the practices, like we read in Shenouda, and also in this homily attributed to Athanasius, where it says, some of them, talking about, uh, again, his word, not mine, pagans, uh, some of them ablute their children in polluted water and water from the arena, from the theater, and moreover, they pour all over themselves water and incantations spoken over it, and they break their clay pots, claiming it repels the evil eye. Some tie amulets on their children, handcrafted by men, those men who provide a place for the dwelling of demons, while others anoint themselves with oil that is evil and incantations and such things that they tie on their heads and necks. Again, notice the differentiation. Also, again, remember when I said I'm going to show you evidence that violence was happening in both directions. Here is evidence for that. This is from a Syriac text, not a Roman text, but by a Syriac Nasrawi historian who also in the 5th century was being persecuted by the Roman emperor. 
and had very negative opinions about the Roman Christianity. So again, there's a distinction and a difference. You got to be clear what you're talking about when you talk about Christianity. Because as I said it before, but I just think I need to say it again. I am not here today defending Roman Christianity. I am not here defending crusading Christianity. I am not here defending slave castle building, colonizing Christianity that takes Native Americans from their home in mission schools and that tries to build borders and separates people from their families. That is not the Christianity that I am a part of. That's not what I'm defending here today. I am talking about the bisrat that has been among black and brown and yellow people from the beginning. That wasn't perfect. That had issues itself, but it wasn't from the white man. Again, that's what we're talking about. And it wasn't a copy. Nobody thought like that. Um, and also, uh, there was violence going both ways. So this story tells about a particular name, man, uh, a, a person, an Egyptian young man who was a student in a traditional religious school that again was a, a mixture of Roman and Egyptian religion. Notice again that in the fifth century, really during all late antiquity, Egyptians who still prayed to the traditional gods were actually a lot more whitewashed than the Christians were. Again, Perellius is a student in a grammatical school in Alexandria in Egypt that's mixing together traditional Egyptian religion with Roman religion, learning platonic grammarian rhetorical skill, and he becomes a Christian. And this enrages the other Egyptians and they beat him up. Egyptians who still practice traditional religion beat this young man who wanted, who chose to leave the Egyptian religion and become a Nasrawi. He got beat up. So Nasrawi, yes, do we have things that we need to admit that we've done? Black, black and brown and ancient and modern, yes. But folks who practice traditional Egyptian religion back then also have things that they need to speak about. So this talks about his conversion. It says, I walked up, actually, I'm gonna, I, I don't wanna, I don't wanna go over again. So I'm gonna skip this one. Now, that's the main point I wanna bring out of this. Again, is that you added a traditional Egyptian person who practiced, an Egyptian young man who practiced traditional religion, but that was very mixed up with Roman religion. And then he left that, became a, it became a Nasrawi and he was savagely beat by other Egyptians because they didn't like it. Another example of this, Pacomius. This is one, this is one of the first uh, people who invented monasticism something that Europeans later stole by Benedict and in Irish and Scottish and English monasteries, they got that from Egypt. And one of the first uh, monastic communities was started by Pacomius, who was an Egyptian. He was born and raised in Thebes, which was at the time the capital of ancient Pharaonic Egypt. He was born and raised in traditional Egyptian religion. And also get this point, Pacomius was born in the late 200s. And this text shows us that he became a Christian, a Nasrawi, at a very young age, as a child. So that means that around the year 300, when Pacomius was a young man and he was a Nasrawi, and he had chosen freely to reject his traditional religion that his parents raised him in, at that time period, what was happening in the Roman Empire, of which Egypt was a colony? Christians were being killed by Diocletian. This is before Constantine. Emperor Diocletian enacted the worst persecution almost of any in the whole Roman Empire and was massacring Christians. So at a time, again, this is the opposite of the claim that this came from the white man, this came from the Roman Empire. To the contrary, Pacomius, an Egyptian born and raised in the traditional Egyptian capital, born and raised in traditional Egyptian religion, he would have been safer, as I already have showed you. It was cool to be a traditional Egyptian religion, traditional Roman, whatever, played all different gods. What was not cool at this time was being a Nasrawi. That could cost your life. 
That was what was more unique. And yet, Pacomius heard the word of God, and he believed in the Bisrat, and he began to follow Yeshua of Nazareth. And this shows, again, the distinction between Bisrat and Egyptian Christianity. He says, as a child, Pacomius' uh, uh, parents took him with them somewhere along on the river, the Nile, to sacrifice to those creatures that are in the water. So apparently this, this author, the Christians, uh, the Nazrawi in this time period are perceiving of this as something that Egyptian traditional folks do. When those creatures raised their eyes in the water, they saw the boy, took fright and fled away. Then the one who was presiding over the sacrifice shouted, chase the enemy of the gods out of here so that they will cease to be angry with us. For because of him, they do not come up. At once his parents reproached him. Why are the gods angry with you? The boy signed after God and went away home. Another day, they brought him with them to the temple where they were going to offer a sacrifice. After the sacrifice, they gave him a drink of wine they had poured out for the demons. But at once he vomited out vigorously and his parents were distressed about him because their gods were hostile to him. This is the picture we get of contemporary sources, that Bisrat was not a copy. It was very distinct and that that was actually unique and that Egyptian traditional religion Time. was actually more Romanized. I don't know if um, Unk wanna respond to any of that, or you want me just to play it some more. Well, let me turn this off. Yeah, let me say something real fast. Let me All say right. something real fast, Garfield. Um, I, the brother actually has some good Christian sources. He has some good historical sources. One thing I noticed quickly, though. God damn, Garfield. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Come on, you chomp at the bits, God damn it. <laughs> no, you won't go ahead. Then I'll go. Go ahead, bro. I don't want you to lose your thought. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Fast. I'm simply saying that, you know, like we teach, you need timelines. We just need a timeline there. So if you put you put it in proper context in the proper timeline, uh, you got the Assyrian invasion, you got the Persian invasion, you got the, the, the Greek invasion, uh, you got the Roman invasion. You know what I'm saying? You got all these different invasions. And so by the time you talking about the Ptolemies, by the time you talk about Alexandria, Alexandria wasn't an indigenous city. The library of Alexandria wasn't created by indigenous people at all. It's a Greek library for a lot of texts and stuff in that. So really uh, Christianity was formed in an environment where the indigenous people had, had got pushed. You know, a lot of them, the, I know the governmental system was gone. The, the, the cultural container, you know what I'm saying, was flimsy at best. You know what I mean? They're not practicing what indigenous people was practicing. That's not, they not, they have a, a, a fragment from the peripheral. I'm gonna say it again. That Christianity is in an environment dealing with a fragment from the peripheral. They're not dealing with the, in, the, the stool. Uh, James Small talks about how the stool ended up in Kenya. That's why Dr. Benjamin will go to Kenya. So they chasing the indigenous people based off of destruction black civilization is pushed down further south. You, you, you feel me? So you got rudiment fragments. It, I got a good one for you. Like the Native Americans, right? The Native Americans that actually had governmental systems in America, by the time the Europeans came over and usurped them, you feel me? You can't, you can't say, well, you know. The, the, the indigenous people was in charge. No, they wasn't in charge after a certain point. So he's like Sean said, man, he's they got the names of the deities wrong. It, the whole thing is it, so that's the points that should have been attacked. Not the fact that you brought up a, a source, 
but you didn't put it in a, a cultural context. And he talked about anachronisms, right? He talked about how back in those times, they wouldn't have looked at it as cow. He's right about that. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's an anachronism for us today to put on those people what they wouldn't even have thought about. I say that all the time. And he's right. It was unique in the monotheism. But what he's not saying is, is that one, spirituality comes with the Christians with that word. And two, religion is a cultural container. So what's happening is, is that they're starting to break down the fabric, right, which was already decimated by the time the Christians come in, right? So they dealing, he's naming you, he's giving you Greek names that was practicing a Greekanized, Persianized, Assyrianized, you know what I'm saying? Quote, unquote, traditional African system. And he don't go into that. And that's what should have been attacked. Go ahead, though, Garfield, real quick. Yeah, he said something was from Athanasius, but it was from pseudo-Athanasius. And that was on his screen. That's very, I don't know if he was being slick or he was being um, honest, or he, he he had it on the screen. It's from Pseudo-Athanasius. Why would Pseudo-Athanasius be from Athanasius? <laughs> That's why it's called Pseudo-Athanasius. Another thing, too, that whole persecution thing with Diocletian in the late 200s, he got to be clear on those dates, because we're talking 299 with Diocletian, and we're talking 303 when he made a... Um, he tried to persecute the people. They had an edict against the Christians. You can't practice nothing in the Roman Empire. Destroying the scriptures, destroying the temples, 303. So I need a time slot for what he's trying to say. Um, otherwise, I don't, I, this is me. If you're talking about Christianity and you're talking to Garfield, you got to go into what the scriptures and what the, um, what's the word am I using? The, the, the stuff that makes Christianity what it is, the rituals attached to it. Lack of a better word, I'll say rituals. Um, Eucharist. Yeah. Were the Egyptians practicing Eucharist? Were they practicing um, Easter or Passover? Right. Were they practicing services on Sabbath or they were practicing on Sunday? Those little, little intricacies let me know which wing of the Christian Christianity they were at the time because there was no set Christianity throughout right. the Roman Empire. Everybody had their own thing. You had the civilians, you had the adoptionists, you had the Gnostics, you had the Paulinians, you had the, the Jewish Christians, you had the Ebionites, the Nazarenes. So you had different, different groups, family. And the beauty, you see, if, you see, if you get into the depth of the book, I wish people would get into it, you will see the quarrels that they're having within the scriptures. Y'all got to follow. Y'all got to listen to N.T. Wright and F.F. Bruce and how they break it down. Shout out to um, Paul, um, to Hurtonado Her and, 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 and Daniel Wallace. Those people go into the scriptures, Daniel Brock. These are people who I, I'm studying because these people, although they're believers, I listen to them, Unc, because the way how they break it down, it makes it better for me and you to understand why I believe Jesus don't exist. I still don't believe that man existed. I still, I'm not going to change on that. I'm still not going to change on that. Even if the scriptures come down to us like it was written, it doesn't mean he existed. Because you can't, again, you can't separate Jesus of faith from the Jesus of history. The Jesus of history is nothing like the Jesus of faith. All right? But let me play. Um, go ahead, brother. Yeah, now, now that's a great point right there. And, 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 I, and that's when scientific literacy has to come into play. And that's what the understanding of the natural world has to come into play. So if you say Jesus walked on water, if you say Jesus changed wine to water, if you say Jesus fed a multitude, 
off of, of three loaves of bread. If you say Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead, you say Paul rose uh, somebody from the dead, you say Jesus Christ rose from the dead and walked around and all that, then, then, then that's not a real person. That is a mythological person. So we have a mythology mixed with a person. So it's different. So I, I'm saying like, as soon as you say those things, I know that you're talking about the mythology. No matter, and I'm not going to argue with you Christians on that. That is mythology. It's going against the natural order of things to say that a person could actually displace enough water to, you know, even though a human being weighs far less than a, a, a five ton, 10 ton battleship or aircraft carrier, but yet a 10 ton uh, 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 aircraft carrier can actually float. Why is it that an aircraft carrier that weighs tons can float, you know what I'm saying, and not sink, but a person only weighs 200 pounds or 150, you know what I'm saying, the buoyancy, the buoyancy isn't there, and it, you can float all the way down to the bottom. You know what I'm saying, of a pool or something like that. What, 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 like, like, what's going on here? Science actually answers that. So a human being standing upright, you know what I'm saying. You might can get on your back and displace water, and and you know what I mean, spread your arms out and float on your back, but you couldn't walk on the water. Why? Why not? Science is fit to answer that question. So you're right, brother. Like, no. The person that actually walked on water and did all these miracles and did all that and talked to the devil and all that. No, that's not a real person. That is the mythology and is used is didactic writings and is used to teach somebody something. So you're right, Garfield, 100 percent They're not gonna get me with that. But you know, back to what Bantu said, we gotta he has to put things in proper uh, uh context and really tell black people what religions are. They they actually divide and separate people culture. You know what I'm saying? So they're bringing in that cultural containers at this particular juncture. Just want to make that point clear. All right, cool. All right, let me play um, Jabari's part. All right. Hey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead, Sean. Uh, I I did want to, um, just to piggyback on what I said, the, the, when he started giving us a timeline, then Christianity becomes uh, uh, new. So it's an, it's new age. Um, it's and then he starts talking about the syncretisms that's the influence of other cultures on another culture and so I think those points that he were trying he was trying to make to his audience and they clap to um, they're only trying to defend something that, that they still did not understand so I don't think that the brother Bantu uh, Dr. Bantu um, really did a good job uh, presenting the argument that he presented from a scholastic perspective because we can't see his screen, but he can read off the sources. And, and we didn't, you know, he was mentioning, he was name dropping, but you're name dropping folk who were practicing in these pockets. But you have to remember the traditional practices in Kemet at the time with, with the influence of the Greco-Romans, they were not practicing their traditional uh, uh, systems, African systems, when the Greco-Romans were there, they were leaving came in and going into other areas in smaller pockets to do their worship. So just like you just like you saw when the Portuguese came uh, with the missionaries in West Africa, you started seeing people flee to the bush. It was the same instance. So he can't say that. Um, let me say this. I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. Um, how Jabari <laughs> lost this debate at this time. Now I gotta say to myself, wow, Jabari, you really lost. You really lost, bro. Cause I'm saying it's a tie from the first round. 
the way how they're talking is like, yo, he beat the hell out of Jabari. But the way how I'm thinking about what Brother Bereen says now, mm-hmm. when he came with a certain information, that's what made him lose. lose. Now, I appreciate Dr. Van Tu going in that direction to bring a logical mindset. I respect and honor the brother for that. But I'm not impressed. What's I just wrong, want to make Huh? But for the sources that he presented, mm-hmm. he showed people practicing Egyptian religion, but he didn't make, there's a clear distinction between what those Greek Egyptians were actually practicing and say, well, what they practice in the new kingdom, the middle kingdom and the old kingdom, you know, the writing system changes up and all that. There's a distinct difference. That's a fragment from the peripheral. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? He doesn't make that distinction, but to his credit, that those points, I understand those points, but they need to be put into a proper uh, perspective, right? I'm going to say, I'm going to say this. Um, I appreciate the brother bringing out Christianity where it's practice, but the Christianity that we're talking about is the one that the slave master gave us mostly. But if you want to go back to the first century, again, it goes back to Jewish Christianity. It goes back to the Paulinian sects. It goes back to the Gnostic sects. It goes to the people who practice traditional Judaism, who didn't have a book. So it goes back to those people. Mm-hmm. Are you practicing the way they are practicing? You see, this is the problem now that we have. Because I'm going to say to you guys, you are practicing the white man's religion. I, yeah. could, I could say three things right now and prove it. Just simple three things. I would love to debate this topic. I don't think, I don't think, um, I'm not impressed. I'm just going to say that I'm not impressed. I'm not a hater. But I'm not impressed. But I do appreciate what he's trying to bring to the table. All right, let me play Jabari's. That's part the, uh, right. Hey, Garfield, that was the um, the question was: Is it the white man religion? Right? No, this this was um, it's Christianity, a copy of ancient Egyptian Kemetic religion. Oh, okay. Thanks for the clarity, brother. That, thanks for the clarity. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that the copying argument is is I love his intro, his first five to ten five minutes. He was on point. I'm hundred percent behind him. That's just how people wrote back then. That's why I brought up Glycon. Yeah, and so yeah. Glycon doing the same thing Jesus is doing. Romulus, died and come back to life. And all yeah. these different things. That's just how they wrote. How they wrote. That's people, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So are we privy? This is where I had a real problem at. And the Christians can't get around. I can say this now. I can say this tomorrow. And I can say this at any conversation we have. Am I privy to actually listen to a group of followers that follow Malachi York. Do you know they say Malachi York had the ability to hover? People mm-hmm. seen him hover. Mm-hmm. Did you know people say that Malachi York wrote over 500 books, a thousand books? Do you know they also say Malachi York uh, was an incarnation of different beings? All mm-hmm. these things. Am I to believe that the Malachi York knew everything? Like, you know, was part was Machelzadek incarnated Jesus Christ? Do we really believe the followers of something like that? How about the followers of that cult that actually went uh, and, and, and killed, make them drink the Kool-Aid? What's the name of that cult, brother? Jim Jones, brother. Jim, so do we believe the followers of Jim Jones? Do we believe the followers of Scientology? Do we believe them? No. So then oh, why in the hell would I believe the followers of Jesus Christ? Beautiful. Like, beautiful. Why would I, like, who does that? So remember the difference between a cult that you see them small pockets of cults? The difference between a cult and a religion is the amount of people in it. So, like, uh, uh, we talked about this, Garfield, the, um, and, uh, man, Salt Lake City, the Mormons, 
They got millions of followers. But that started off as a damn cult. Do we believe that Jesus Christ came to North America? Ben Tune and them, I laughed them off the stage. But the truth is, the dude that started, I think he was about uh, 15 years old when he first had these quote-unquote dreams and stuff like that and these tablets and stuff, and he formed a Mormon religion. Salt Lake, and they were serious. Oh, Joseph Smith, right? Day. You talk about Joseph Smith and the more more money, right? Man, the Mormons were serious. Serious, you, real time. You, I, listen, listen, man. They conquered the West before they came out West. They was in the West. They got their territory, gunned up, and was dead serious with that. Could have more than one wife and all that. So you, you trying to say we supposed to listen to them? Right, we're not listening to them, nor are we listening to the Christians, man. But go ahead, Garfield. I don't, I want you. To you know, you know, you know, yo, you. I, I keep telling people you're one of the wisest dudes in the community, man. I, and and I've I've said this over and over. Even if what the Bible says is the exact thing that the followers said, it still don't make it real. Right. That's oh, the bottom man. line, family. It still don't make it real. Let me play Jabari's part, man, because I want to um catch some football today. All right, let's um let me get Jabari in here. Yeah, you're right. The person said the difference between a cult is, is time and people. You're right. The amount of time it takes and all that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. All right, put yourself on mute, brother. All right. All right. Um I, I need to say something here. I have followed this brother very clearly and, and very intentionally. And I think that some of what he may be doing here is intentionally deceptive. He is merging periods of time that should not be merged. He started to talk to you about Diocletian massacring Christians and said, well, how could that be an example of how Rome is controlling Christianity? He's not telling you that that happens before Rome decides to control Christianity. He knows this. You don't. Don't let him flimflam you, family. Regardless of the tradition you belong to, you should be ignored against that is not that that is what is not true. He knows this. He's talked to you very eloquently about Constantine. Diocletian is when before or after what say that well you, you go ahead no go ahead say it now you go ahead this i'm gonna let you say it i'm gonna let you go ahead and talk okay i wonder why because he's before he is giving you donald trump with a native american headdress because he knows you haven't done the scholarship he's done dear brother dr bantu i have I'm sitting here listening to you, knowing that what you're saying is deceptive. By the way, you have given us lots of great slides with citations on them. The thing that I'm confused about is it sounds sometimes like your citations actually support my argument, not yours. He shows you that someone is using Heru and Jesus and saying, oh, these are similar. One is thousands of years earlier. So to that practitioner, something sounded similar. And then he says, he says that people in the ancient world do not actually say, I'm going somewhere, family. 
I'm going right into my presentation, but I have to inoculate you against some of what you've heard. One of the things that is happening here is that he's making claims, no citations, by the way. He just says in the ancient world, people actually didn't say you're copying us. I'm sure I, I heard the brother talk about St. Augustine. He knows this quote. Don't be disingenuous. That which is known as the Christian religion existed among the ancient, amongst the ancients and never did not exist from the beginning of the human race, the time when Christ came in the flesh, at which time the true religion, which already existed, began to be called Christianity. He is actually saying, yeah, the thing that we're saying about Jesus, y'all already been doing. He knows this. This is someone he would call an African church father. That's what he's doing. That's being disingenuous. At least acknowledge the contradictions in what you, what you are, are actually studying. And then what about this one? Justin Martyr, another important church father. When we say that Jesus Christ was, Christ was produced without sexual union, was crucified and died and rose again and ascended to heaven, we propound nothing new or different from what you believe regarding those who you call the sons of Jupiter. For when we say that Dionysus arose again and ascended to heaven, is it not evidence the devil has imitated the prophecy? Yes, they do recognize they're copying something. This dude is actually saying, guess what? The devil has a time machine. He knew Jesus was coming, so he went thousands of years before to seed you so you wouldn't believe in Jesus. They certainly understand they're copying something. He knows these. Let's be really clear about something here. The Christian tradition is not a carbon copy of the comedic tradition. On that point, we will agree. In fact, what we see is a tradition that is filtered, stolen, then filtered through the social mores of another group of people. It's not exactly the same. If it was exactly the same, we wouldn't have been having this debate. That's a foolish argument to make. And if you thought I was going to stand here and follow that red herring, then I guess you're disappointed. I'm going to talk to you about misogyny in the Bible. That's one of the things that makes it anti-African. And so clearly this is not a carbon copy of the comedic tradition. Clearly. And so I want you to understand that what we have to do here is we have to actually put things in historical context and we have to actually explain that half of his site he's saying i didn't show a lot of citations by the way you have to look at the screen you can't just sit there because often i speak in the citations on the screen but let me say to you i don't need to put any up because you're just giving them to me so i don't need to thank you really i mean how could you say that someone is following Heru and Jesus and that he even talks about someone who is worshiping a tree and says that's the comedic tradition in the temple of Atrio? What temple is that? He said that. I, I guess some of you who don't know would just assume he was correct. Maybe he doesn't realize that that doesn't make sense. I hope he does. As a practitioner and a historian who has practiced and studied 
practiced for 30 years and studied for longer, I'm gonna tell you, I don't even know what he's referring to there. And then he gives you someone who got beat up. One dude got beat up, that's proof of violence? Really? What kind of violence are you looking for? I hope you understand that that does not equate. I had a lot to talk about here, y'all, to this. Now, this woman, by the way, he says they just, a what did he say? He, they um, converted the space. Once again, if, so, if you came here on Sunday and we converted your church and Dr. Mason was missing, you wouldn't say, well, I guess we'll just be comedic today. How does he describe this as a bloodless transition? Take a look at this woman here. Her name is Hypatia. Say Hypatia with me. Now, Hypatia is likely a biracial woman. I don't have time to go into that. And she was practicing a tradition that was closely linked to the Roman and Roman Greek and Kemetic tradition. There are many similarities there. You're correct about that. And one of the reasons why there are similarities is because the Greeks and the Romans took from Kemet. And so then Christianity is influenced directly by Kemet and then indirectly by the mystery traditions. That's how Christianity is cobbled together from other people's traditions. And that's why the folks that you were hearing had to try to explain it away. So he's saying that Christianity is very different from those traditions. True. Because they say that their savior is a literal person. That's the difference. I don't believe a dude with a bird head is gonna visit me tomorrow. I don't. But you may believe that a guy with holes in his hands would. I don't mean that to be disrespectful. I'm trying to help you understand one of the differences. So let's look at Hypatia. Hypatia was a, was a mathematician, an astronomer, and a practitioner of traditions that were much closely to, uh, linked to the ancient traditions. When the Christians told her to stop and she refused, they took her from the temple teaching space, stoned her, and then carved the, the skin and her flesh off her bones with seashells and paraded her remains in the street. That's how Egypt converts. Why is he continuing to make this sound like it's bloodless? He knows the story of Hypatia, look at his face. Yeah, so why is he doing that? Stop it. Why are you doing that? You don't have to do that to, do, to, to win this section because I'm gonna call you on it every day, all day. Is the tradition of Kemet the original form? Yes, but just as if you have a copy of a copy of a copy, it loses its clarity and focus. Just as it becomes filtered through the traditions of other nations and other peoples, it loses its clarity and focus. So carbon copy, no, but copy, yes. The Pope knows that. That's why he's actually paying homage to a black Madonna. That's why you see these all over. And I know that you're going to say, I know he's going to say, that's Rome, that has nothing to do with me. I want you to hear this again because he's ignoring it. The way that this tradition gets into Africa, particularly in the countries he's talking about, is that Rome conquers Egypt, 
and then they weren't able to conquer Nubia, but then an Ethiopian man is transitioned by his tutor. I didn't say that he, I didn't imply an inappropriate relationship. I wouldn't, I did not do that. Someone in the audience said that, I didn't say that. I'm just saying if you sent your child to school, if any of you sent your child to school and someone came back and said, I'm a member of Nation of Islam now. Some of y'all would be like, oh hell, you, oh, hell no. You know what I'm saying. I'm saying it's inappropriate for an adult to do that to a child. I, I'm not saying anything else occurred. I have no proof of that. And then that man actually transitions his country and conquers Nubia to create another Christian uh, nation. Rome to Egypt, Egypt to Ethiopia, Ethiopia to Nubia. That's what happened. All day long, you can't pretend that didn't happen. And he even suggested I didn't do a citation. I'll do that later. This is the original, Austin Heru. How can you see that and not recognize that you are seeing a copy? And in fact, I do not have the time to go through all of the similarities and myths. But very quickly, I'm going to run through this so quickly, y'all. Some of y'all will catch it. Some of you watch the video. Now look, you're gonna see archetypes for Jesus within the stories of Heru and the stories of Asar. It's not in one place, because remember, it's not a carbon copy, but a copy nonetheless. That's what occurs. So we see um, Heru as the, the son of God. You know very well that he's the son of Asar, right? Do you know this? Okay, I, if I have to give you a citation for that, you're not equipped to hear this conversation. Does that make sense? That is just evident and known. He also was born of a virgin and displayed in a crib outside of temples. Citation. The Egyptians have concentrated up to this day the childbirth of a virgin and the nativity of her son who was exposed in crib to the adoration of the people. This is from the, pa the Chronicle Pascal from actually the sixth century CE. Citation so that you should understand that people understood that that was happening in Kemetic temples. In fact, Heru is usually born on December 25th. Here's another citation. Every year the temples of horrors presented to worshipers in midwinter, on or about December 25th, a scenic model of the birth of Horus. The Roman writer Macrobius adds to the, that the young God was a symbol for the rebirth of the sun at that date, the whole year the whole world by the year 1 AD was familiar with the Egyptian statues of pictures of Isis and her divine main Horus in her arms. That's Joseph McCade from the story of religious uh, controversy. He's heralded, his birth is heralded by three kings. You should know that one of the things that happens before this date is that the three stars align and point to another star. The three kings follow a star in the east. That is when you know when this will actually occur. That is, you've heard that story. You just didn't know that they took it from you, African. You can't just take it back the same way they gave it to you. You don't think that they messed with it in 2000 years? You can't just take it back the same way. Don't just wrap your Bible in kente cloth. It doesn't work that way. By the way, Heru is the one who spits on wounds which will heal. That's in the coffin text. Spell 1113. He's raised by a surrogate father. He's known as the king of kings. Take a look at this stele here. Do you see this? 
you should, this is in the Metropolitan Museum, not far from where we are right now, but you're actually going to see that every king had their name incised in this. This is usually called a Sarek, say Sarek with me. And on top is Heru, because Heru is the king of kings. That is what you are seeing. By the way, if you need a citation for that, you have to get a bus ticket. Um, he died and was resurrected. We see Heru dying and resurrecting. This is not far from here. Go look at what is generally called the Metternich Stele. I don't have time to go through it extensively, but understand that Ost was traveling with her babe, looking for um, spaces to live. And she was told, that she, she was routinely told there's no room here. I know you thought you heard that story. I'm telling you the original. And then what happens? She actually is, uh, finds that Heru was killed by his uncle. And so she calls to the heavens, speaks words into his ear, and he is resurrected. That's just one of the sacred resurrections we see, victory over death. I'm not going to even go into Asar right now. But that is called the Metternich Stele. Okay, I don't, I don't have time to go through all of this. But I want you to understand that if we clearly look at Mary really quickly, understand that she is known as the mother of God, Mutinter, Mutinter. And for that, all you have to do is look at the first chapter of the Reupert and Heruengir, known as the Book of the Dead. It's all throughout the book. Giving you a citation would be like reading John in the telephone book. It's all throughout there. She is Mutinter. She gives birth to a savior by a virgin birth. By the way, did you know that Ast and her sister were the beloved ones? The word for beloved, doubly beloved in the comedic language is Mary. They were, there were two Marys at the resurrection of Asar. This is a copy family, a poor copy. The things that you hear and that you love are actually the echo of something that your African foreparents gave you. In many ways, we're the same. But it's time to round off the edges, go back to the source, return to the original. That's it. And if you did that, you could still say you're Christian. I would, by the way, there would be almost no difference between us. I'm not saying you can't be a Christian. I'm saying you can't be the Christian you've been. That's what I'm saying. Because as long as you do that, you continue to pay homage and give power to other people. By the way, you should know, you know that Easter actually moves, right? You know that, right? It's not on the same day every year. Why does it move? It's the first Sunday after the equinox. That's what happens. So you have to understand we're talking about a solar deity. And if you want to say that this actually happened, at the very least, you need to tell your church that not to change the date. But there are people who know this story, family and they are trying to keep it from you. Well, I am here to tell you the truth. I am here to make sure that you hear this story, whether you're able to uh, in, uh, entirely um, uh, uh, receive it at this point. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, when, if we talk briefly about Asar, briefly about Asar, because you're gonna see most of the connections in the story of Astasar and Heru. You, obviously, you know that Asar was resurrected. I hope you know that. 
I hope you know that he was also a deity of bread and wine. I hope you know, no, you probably don't know that. Take a look at this. This device is actually in most comedic tombs. What they would do is have a plate of, of soil that looked like the, the asar, and they'd put wheat in it and let it grow in the tomb. They would close it. That's why it looks like it has grass on it. You ever been to the health food store and saw wheatgrass? Something very similar. I could show you images of asar having actually um, the, uh, the, the grain grow to his nose. I don't have the time to do that. By the way, he actually described, he actually says that the comedic tradition was very close to the Greek and Roman traditions. Yeah, that's just because they stole it earlier. This is the one thing I'll leave you with. This is actually Herodotus describing um, their tradition. He says, Melampos was the one that taught the Greeks the name of Dionysus. It was from him that the Greeks learned to bear the phallus in honor of Dionysus. I will not say that what is done in Egypt in connection with the God and what is done among the Greeks originated independently, for they would then be of a Hellenic character and not recently introduced. I want you to understand that Kemet, your African nation, why are you running from it? Your African nation, actually influence the world. That's what happened. And so if we want to be able to be powerful, we have to return to these stories once more. Peace. All right. All right, thank you very much. Man. Garfield. Yeah, go ahead, brother. You could talk. Go ahead. I mean, uh, when Jabari started out in that next round, man, I thought he did an excellent job. Excellent job. At yes, the, sir. Did an excellent job. At the beginning. <laughs> got him. He actually got him. See, got I told you yeah. I was going to reserve judgment, right? He actually got him. He put him in his place on stuff. Like, that was, like, that That first five minutes was masterful on Jabari's part. So, y'all see, I'm not a hater. I'm just a participator. And I'm not going to sit in front of the crowd just because I'm on YouTube and, you know, say, well, the brother, you met. no, he was good in that first. Then he killed this, watch this, y'all. This is the interesting part right here. He did an excellent job talking about culture, talking about, you know, how, uh, why are you trying to, you, when you tear somebody's temples down, you're actually defiling their culture. When you transform that, that's like me taking the church and transforming into a real black atheist arena or something like that. That's going to be very hurtful to the Christians. So Jabari was absolutely right about that, trying to use one person as vibe. Like, that was spot on, bro. But then, here you go, y'all. Then Jabari used the information that we say, dog, don't use that. So he took so he, he took a massive first five minutes and killed it with, I, I mean, I don't know, Sean, I'm not sure. I didn't know Haru resurrected. I thought it was a song. I, I thought it was a saw got chopped up by his brother trying to take over, right? Put him in a sarcophagus and spread him all around, right? They were serious. They were seer. We're seer or Osiris. Usir? What did I say? What did I say? I, I said, what did I say? You said a saw. You said a saw, but just say it's the same as saw, man. Come on, man. Up, don't man. don't turn don't turn Baba Heru on us, man. Come on, man. Stop that, man. Uh, no, no, I don't, I want okay. Uh Usir, you're right. Usir. So it was U Usir. It got chopped up and it was his son, right? 
and his wife that actually aided in putting his pieces back together again. That was the, the, the resurrection. It wasn't even a resurrection, though. But, you know, he came back and went into the underworld. That was that was Usair. That wasn't Haru. Haru actually fought the fight against Set. Remember that? So maybe it's, it's several different stories, but I don't know where he's getting that from. And that's where he just died. That's where he would actually lose that round. You know what I'm saying? Because it's so glaring. It's so glaring to actually try to use that. Now, I could be wrong, right? But I didn't know that, you know, like, like the mother sitting on the lap, that had nothing to do with a virgin birth. That was simply representation of motherhood. You know, the family, the mother, the child, and the father, the family. I, it wasn't It wasn't talking about a virgin birth. Haru wasn't a, no, it wasn't a virgin birth. So, you know, these are the pseudoisms that, that caused him to lose that. Right there, that round right there, start out good and he died right there. You can't promote that right there. And that's what the Christians are talking about. You want to add something that Sean? Like I wasn't, I didn't know that Haru was a I didn't know that. You want to help me out here, Sean? Well, Dr. Reggie is saying that his mother, after a bite with a scorpion, Haru was resurrected. I don't know about all of that. Well, you got to give Reggie the link. What are you talking about, Reggie? That, that's different. It's a it's a it's a uh, it's a mingling of many different mythological stories that were told, and I think that's the 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 problem here is that we have an intermingling and a misrepresentation and understanding, or it could be comprehension. So when he's up there and he's he's saying the things that he's actually saying, um, it's it's not in its totality one of the stories, but the way he's conveying this particular message as if this is a car, this is a copy from somewhere else. When culturally speaking, we see all these uh, different aspects of so-called resurrections, virgin births, uh, crucified saviors, all that nonsense, right? So I, I don't, I wouldn't, I understand why y'all were saying stop at that point in the back chat and don't present that particular uh, piece of your argument because you're gonna lose on that because you don't have actual evidence of that. Because in cultural context, you can go and pull and say, now you're being a hyper diffusionist because you're gonna say that all these particular coaches got this from one place and that was not the case. So I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm with you when you said that he started off good. He was, uh, he hit back earlier in that first few minutes and then he derailed himself based on what he built when he started trying to do the compare and contrast yeah but because those are those are things scholastically that he should not have done on that platform this is when he bends back because you had uh dr bantu talking about uh, uh giving us a timeline so he could have actually addressed dr bantu's timeline more and dealt with what actually was taking place in kemet during this time because he could pull from sources that will corroborate what was going on at that time, and he did not. Uh, so he he tried to stick to his uh, his game plan, which he wanted to do. And what he said earlier is that he stated that they were practicing um, a Christianity that is not theirs, and that they needed to basically go back, like I said earlier. Comedic Christian, I'll say it. None of y'all said, but that's that comedic Christian stuff. And that's the problem. 
this syncretism and this belief. And um, but he yeah, he mixed up a bunch of uh mythological stories because I don't I don't think that the comprehension was there to actually present the correct one. So you so Reggie said a scorp what in the hell does a scorpion have to do with biting Haru? have to do with Jesus Christ dying for the sins of the world and being resurrected because he was God. Like that's too, that's not even, like like I think you said it, Sean, like, man, you can go all around that area and find people dying to come, coming back to life. You can go to the voodoo tradition where you die and come back to life. So that's not, that's not an abnormality right there. I think you really, a Godfield, I think you really have those texts where you show that everybody, that's like a Middle Eastern tradition where the God dies and comes back. And then the Christians try to get, well, well, this was for the sins of the world. They went, but it's still talking about dying and coming back. And, and it, you deal with a saw, right? And the color who said is green. And that's based off the vegetation, based off of the fact that summer, winter, spring, and fall, the different seasons where uh, nature seems to die. And then, you know, uh, uh, in the wintertime, it dies. Everything is dormant and slow. And then it basically, it comes back to full bloom in spring and summer. So that's a, I mean, that's like part of the, the natural, how it, you know, works, especially those in those particular areas. As you get closer to the northern, the more northern areas, you really see that. So, you know, summertime, everything is flourishing and farming and stuff like that. Spring, you know, it's starting to sprout and summer, but then the wintertime, things are very dormant. And it's, it, you know, the more northern you go, the more things really did. But even in Africa, these seasons, you know what I'm saying, still, we have the farming season. Well, you've got to plant crops and it grow. It's still a seasonal thing of, of birth and rebirth. You know what I'm saying? So that's not abnormal in that area. Let me cut your wisdom and let me just hurry up with this debate, man. I got 20 more minutes, just 10 minute rebuttals. Let's just get it over with. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> yeah, let's just get it over with, bro. Um, let me, <laughs> yeah, I'll get back to that in a second. All right. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Unk. Let me get back to that in a second. Family. Oh, yeah. By the way, yeah, yeah. Uh, Saul corrected me in the chat. He's saying uh, I, I should use, instead of syncretisms, uh, consolidation. Oh, you ain't ready to fight us all because he corrected yo, that So y'all ain't on the same team no more, huh, yo? Um, so just, uh, just, uh, just a lot of, lot of, lot of really great, uh, great, great statements you're making, uh, a lot of which I agree with. And um, just wanted to, in the rebuttal, address a few things and clarify a few things. Um, so again, one of the one of the things that uh, that that has been said is again that I am ignoring uh, that there was African uh, Nasrawi violence. I think I've said numerous times today that there was Nasrawi African violence, and uh, but I'll say it again. I'll say it again right now. Uh, there were people like Azana and like King Silko of Kush who also accepted the beer sat and also inscribed a, an inscription that talks about his new belief in God. And, uh, and, you know, also this is the first witness of beer sat coming into Kush and who also is conquering people. So Izana conquered people in around Axum and also in Kush. And so did Kushite Kings. Kushite Kings were centered in Meroe and they also conquered nomadic African people who lived apart from the Nile, and they were often called blimmies by Nubian sources, and also Bega. So again, 
this was already happening and there's evidence of that. You can look up the Silco inscription. It talks about Kushite violence happening even before the time of Bersat when Kushites were still practicing traditional Kushite religion, right? But continuing on also into the time of Bersat entering into Kush and Ethiopia, there was, there was violence. So I've never said that this was a, a bloodless entry of Bersat into these African civilizations. Um, what I'm saying today is that that's not the totality of the story. Well, number one, what I'm saying, because it's being brought up quickly, is that there was examples of that where, where uh, Christians enacted violence. And there were examples like in Egypt and other places where Christians were enacted upon with violence by people, practitioners of traditional religion. So there was violence going on in different directions, right? Not only a young student being beat by Egyptian practitioners, but also Egyptians being killed by the Roman Empire because of their faith in Christ, perpetual and felicity, who were North African Christian women who were put to death by the Roman Empire for their faith. So this was happening in different directions. But again, I'm addressing that, but also I want to point out again that violence in early religion is not the topic of today. So we, ne we need to make sure not to continue to get off topic because the question being presented is, is Bersat a white man's religion? And up to this point, is it a copy of Kemetic religion? And again, what we've already taught. So an again, another problem that's been pointed out or that's been uh, not addressed or taken account of is again, what I mentioned, the homily of Frumentius, which is an ancient Ge'ez manuscript in Analecta Bolandiana that specifically indicates that King Izana was not a child being raised. So again, the story of Izana being a child, being taught Birsat by a person from Lebanon is actually from Roman sources. So when we repeat the story of Izana being taught uh, Christianity by an outsider as a child, we are actually repeating the Roman story. But this is not the African story. If we look at African sources, like this homily attributed to Fermentius, which was written in Giz, an African language that's inherently Christian, predominantly Christian text, they themselves in their own story talk about how Izana was an adult. So again, this is not being taken account of. And also, uh, in some of the in some of the um, evidence that was presented, uh, where we talk about Justin Martyr and Augustine, who are referencing the parallels or the connections that they are drawing in their theology with traditional Roman religion, uh, and also with Birsat. Again, what I'd like to propose is that uh, there there may not be a full understanding that I was attempting to lay out from a Nasrawi perspective of how we view the relationship between our faith and our culture, ancestral culture and our traditions. And so when Justin Martyr or Augustine and most, and these, again, these are early Roman theologians, but when most of these Nasrawi theologians talked about the correlations, they, and again, as, as I've demonstrated, they and also practitioners of traditional Egyptian religion or traditional Roman religion would not have seen that as a copy. In fact, what they were doing was they were attempting to demonstrate the connections 
between the Birsat and also traditional religion. But not to say that it's a copy, but again, from a Nasrawi perspective, Jesus is the fulfillment of various things. So from a Nasrawi perspective, if you see it from our perspective, we, when, when there are connections in Egyptian religion to, uh, to Nasrawi theology or the Nasrawi scriptures, from our perspective, that is, a, that is the commonality. That is the, we believe that God's presence is everywhere and is imprinted upon all people. So when and if there are commonalities, just like Justin Martyr and Clement of Alexandria and early, early theologians all over the early Christian world saw this as God revealing himself to people, pointing them towards Yeshua. And so this was not seen as, uh, this would have not been seen as a copy. But Eusebius talks about this as the preparation for the gospel. And this is something that, that many of us believe in, that, that God is drawing himself to all people through these different, uh, through these different commonalities. Uh, and also, I uh, just wanted to point out uh, a couple of things that were mentioned that were put out as commonalities between uh, Kemetic and uh, Bursat religion. Uh, just wanted to point out that there's nothing in the Bible that says that there were three Magi or people from the Persian Empire that came to visit Jesus. Uh, that's a tradition that was actually invented by white people, by European Christians. Uh, but that's not something that was ever. That doesn't say that there was three. Point that out. Um, also, there was a mention of the, uh, another commonality that was put forth. I uh, just want to respond to. There was a mention that the title of the King of Kings, again, as an alleged uh, copy or or uh, commonality. This is a title that was used all over the ancient world, not only in not only in Birsat, not only in Kemetic religion. And so therefore, it can't be seen to be an imitation or a copy because this was the title of the Shah Un Shah, the Lord of Lords in the Persian Empire as well. And again, many of these commonalities can also be seen uh, in other religions. And the point the point that I've already made, again, is that early people in the ancient world would often borrow from one another. And this didn't only happen. Yes, uh, Kemet, Egypt, did very much influence other, other places, but it was also influenced itself. Um, and that there were other gods and goddesses that were patronized, that were worshiped in Kemet, even not only before the time of Yeshua, but also even before the time of Roman influence in Egypt. Now, again, the point that's, first, first of all, I just wanna back up before I finish that point and remind you again that when the Seleucids, when the, when the uh, Ptolemies show up in Egypt and begin to colonize Egypt, practitioners of traditional religion begin to deeply syncretize and blend their faith with Roman gods. And, and, and they begin to give way. Egypt, practitioners of Egyptian religion, the people that are being put forth as, as, as your ancestors are actually people who sold out to Egyptian traditional religion. And instead of, and one of the quotes I didn't have time to show you was from Shenouda of a treep. Also, there was a, there was a, a, a comment about you not knowing what a treep is. I would just suggest look it up. It's a town in Egypt that today is called Sohog. Um, but Shenouda of a treep, which is in upper Egypt, cl close to the Nile, near Pantopolis. Uh, he also, it, when he's, when he's uh, arguing against Gesius, he talks about Gesius worshiping Kronos and also quotes Gesius himself, who says he worships Kronos, which is a Greek god that Shenouda then attributes or associates with Petbe. So Gesius and other Egyptian folk were worshiping Petbe, an Egyptian god, and Kronos interchangeably. And the same thing was happening, for example, 
um, with the Canaanite goddess Anat. Anat was a goddess that was not from Egypt, but she was actually from the Syrian or Canaanite area. But there were many uh, Syrians and Canaanites who lived in Egypt and established a community called Hiskos, and they created a temple there that's, that's still around. And there are inscriptions and there are hieroglyphic worship to Anat. And she's even mentioned in the very text that talks about Horus and Isis, which is the contest between Horus and Seth. A foreign god Anat is mentioned. So just a few rebuttals, thank you. Um, let me say that he is, by the way, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> you might not hear the other debates, I'm gonna just call him and we're gonna, but anyway, um, let me say that he did say that violence is not the topic for today. It's whether the Christian tradition actually is a white man's religion. And the reason why I brought up violence is because what I'm trying to say is, yes, there were Christians in Africa in very early stages. But what I'm saying is, is that those traditions were forced on them. That is what I'm saying. That's why the violence is key. He's making it sound like they just said, Pastor Mason's not here. I guess we comedic today. Pastor Mason's not here. I guess we're gonna, we, we're Muslim now. It doesn't work that way. People were killed. Violence was, was actually visited upon several communities. And if you understand what was happening in that manner, then you understand that, yes, you're going to see a Roman hand. Remember this, this direction, Rome to Egypt. By the way, when I say Egypt, you have to understand Egypt had 3,000 years of mastery before this happened. Sometimes people even say to me, well, why would we fall so easily if we were so great? Every civilization falls. That is just the rule of history. No civilization lasts forever. Kemet was in its majesty for three millennia. So then understand that what we are actually talking about is something a little different. We're talking about the end of the period, Rome, Greece, Rome to Egypt, right? Egypt to Ethiopia, Ethiopia to Nubia. That's how Christianity takes hold on the continent. By the way, with all of this wonderful description of these followers on the continent, it's interesting that most of the followers on the continent today are still looking at a white Jesus. So I, you know, I, listen, I, let me say something. I'm, I'm impassioned by the description of Christianity that he is giving. I would even donate to his church, but that is not Christianity. He is creating, rendering, carving something new. He even gave it his own name. Nobody calls it that. So I want you to understand that if he's going to do that, I'm going to support him. I may not agree with everything he's saying. I'm going to support him. If you are all in agreement with him, I will support you. Let's just, just not make it seem like it's the same thing that happened 2,000 years ago. And we'll rock together all day long. I mean, it's, it's that simple. By the way, I know that we, uh, earlier on, our good brother said that the Bible was the word of God. He said a few things, you cheered. I expected that, that's, that's really, really good. But I want you to understand that as we talk about the Bible as the word of God, and I hate to show you something from Wikipedia. I really do. I was not actually able to get access to the internet in the first round. So what I'm gonna read is what the scholar says. Does that make sense? 
Well, if you don't get it, then you don't get it. But I want you to understand something. You will see, listen, listen carefully. You will see that there are sections of the Bible that come from comedic text. And one of the best examples is in the book of Amenemope going into Proverbs. That's what you're seeing. And I want you to understand that um, when you look at the majority position, it says a major factor in determining a direction of influence is the date in which Amenemope was comprised at one time in the first millennia BCE was put forward as a likely date for the comment, um, the composition of Amenemope. You're gonna actually see so many similarities between Amenemope and the book of Proverbs that it makes many people uncomfortable. Just read it. These are some of the sections. For example, the Proverbs begins, incline thine ear and hear the words of the, of the wise. It's hard to read it there. And apply thine heart to the doctrine. Amenable begins, give thine ear and hear what I say and apply thy heart to comprehend. On and on and on and on and on. You must understand that Amenemope is the origin of a large segment of the book of Proverbs. So are we saying that Kemet is the original and Christianity is a copy? Not a carbon copy, but a copy. Not a carbon copy, but a copy. And this is a really important thing for us to understand. Our brother says that preparation for the, that Eusebius calls those other people that said similar traditions, preparation for the gospel. That's another euphemism for actually murdering, destroying, and taking over civilizations. I will not allow you to use euphemisms. They were prepared for the gospel. It sounds similar. It sounds similar because you stole it and then said yours was a literal story, which people had problems with. That's why it sounds similar, preparation. You stole it. Let's acknowledge that and move forward. I also want us to understand that as I say, our brother is describing, he's actually describing, here we go, you can see that. He's talking about a wonderful version of Christianity that inspires us. I'm inspired by it. But if he's going to actually do that, he's going to have to do some heavy editing first. Let's just talk about misogyny in the Bible. You should know that women in the Bible actually should adorn themselves in modest apparel and shamefacedness with sobriety, not braided here, broided they say, braided here. By the way, the sisters that have braids in here, you have to leave. You have to leave or gold, or pearls, or costly array. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection, but I suffer not a woman to teach, nor usurp authority over the man. You have to understand that this is what's happening here. Um, and for Adam was first formed, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression, notwithstanding she shall be saved in childbearing. What does that mean? It means, listen, women, sisters, your pains, your menstrual pains, your childbirth pains are payment because you followed the snake. This has to be some heavy editing. One of the reasons why the Christian tradition is not a direct copy of the comedic tradition is its problem with women. You have to acknowledge it. 
you have to acknowledge it. And what about if a woman is actually on her marital bed and, and her husband sees that she is not a virgin? First of all, the Bible says that he can hate her. And then if the parents cannot prove that she was a virgin, that means have the cloth with her blood on it, then she could have been taken to her father's door and stoned to death because she sought to play the whore in her father's house. That is exact, I'm not saying whore, your text says whore. And so I want you to understand that many of these things have, are in the Bible. By the way, I'm sometimes told, well, Jesus came forward and said, let ye who is without sin cast the first stone. That is corrective, I must admit. However, do you not give your members the whole text? How about you just give them the New Testament? We don't follow the old anymore. That had some messed up stuff in it. You give the whole thing. I even ask people, if that is incorrect, are you saying that Moses, who actually spoke that by his tongue in Deuteronomy, is Moses wrong? People start scratching. Tell me Moses is wrong and maybe we can actually agree on something. So that is something that does not happen. By the way, did you know that women's vows to God can be nullified by their husbands or their fathers? Did you know that? So there are so many, oh, and, and let's even talk about a damsel who is actually raped by a man. If they are found out, by the way, it's very interesting that it says if they're found out. Because if they're not found out, then I guess it's no harm, no foul. I don't know. But if they are found out, then the man has to do what? Pay her father 50 shekels and make him his wife. Sisters in here, are you comfortable with being married to your sexual, to your rapist? Is that okay? That's in the text. Let's stop pretending that there's this new, wonderful, ancient African tradition. Because I bet you're still reading this. If you are still reading it, you cannot make that claim. And this is also why I will agree with you that the, the tradition that comes to you is not a carbon copy. Because we don't see that in the comedic tradition. We see great homage for women. Every god has a goddess. And instead, I see three, two dudes and a bird, mostly, giving, making creation. I have to speak plainly here. Africans, wake up. It is time for you to return the to the source and return to the forefront of civilization. You will not be able to do that as long as you are ensconced in someone else's tradition, the person that is seeking to subjugate you. By the way, let's say something very clear about this misogyny issue. If any of you have had a black mother or a black sister or a black wife, do you think that you could do this to them? When you run the world for thousands of years, you don't, you're not easily subjugated. So what I'm saying to you is, is that we have to return to that and allow our sisters to be either our equals or even above us. Dua, thank you. Time. Um, hold on one second, family. All right. All right, go ahead, um, Unc. What's in your mind? Yeah, shoot. I mean, I think he did a good job right there. Um, Asar, Asar, let me hear your voice, Asar. Go ahead, brother. 
Peace and blessings. Can you hear me? Loud and clear, brother. Mm-hmm. All right. Peace, everyone. I'll let brother uh, uh, Unc finish his statement. Yeah, how you doing, brother? So I'm a raw squad up, brother. What up? Uh, so, yeah, uh, like I said, I, you know, I mean, Jabari makes excellent points. Um, and as far as the Wikipedia thing, I mean, he explained why he had to use that. And he said he's actually going to the the scholarly part of the Wikipedia article. So you, you can't act like Wikipedia is not an online encyclopedia on par with Botanica because it is, right? So, I mean, he told you why he used it because he couldn't access the internet there, right? So he gave a reason why. So now I see why he used it. And through honesty, I mean, I mean, what, what would the hell was he gonna do? So I don't think, I mean, I wouldn't have used Wikipedia, but I guess he was putting his rebuttal together on the fly and kind of needed it. So that don't mean that the information he was talking about was wrong on that. But, you know, who am I to say? But, but, um, if he got a copy argument, wouldn't that be one of the things that the people who love Egypt always pulls out, though? For the copy <laughs> argument, they always pull out many open Psalms 104 and, yeah, that's not, you know, yeah. and Proverbs. You know what I'm saying? So no, why wouldn't he have that on deck? He should have that. He should have had that, but I, I mean, copying something and 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 relevancy. But that's what he's trying to say. I'm just saying for his argument, he yeah, should have take had a couple that. lines, man. That ain't. I mean, I wouldn't play that game. Take a couple lines and mean they copy something. You got another thousand words. Like I wouldn't do that, but that that's how Jabari did it. Go ahead, brother. So I want to hear from you. Yes, yes. Um, as uh, I was saying in the chat earlier, that and it wasn't a correction. Brother Sean, I was just uh, bringing my suggestion that I think a more appropriate word to use when trying to explain what was going on in the Christian tradition is to use the word consolidation. So you know how like you can consolidate your debt, you bring it all into one, you know, you, you have like four or five separate debts and then you just bring it into one account and just pay that one account instead of four or five separate, you know, accounts or whatnot. This is, this is what the, um, the, the Christians did uh, when they were formulating the, the particular Christ myth. So it's not going to be necessarily an exact copy of everything in sequence regarding particular deities. You know, and so they could take something from a Horus, they can take something from an Osiris, they can take something from some other deities in that area, and then consolidate it and make it a new thing. So, for example, um, y'all familiar with the movie uh, Hotel Rwanda, right? When you watch the movie, you notice that the main character is always confronted with this one general. Like everywhere he goes, he has to deal with this one general um, when he's trying to make his negotiations and things. Well, we know that this story is based on a a real-life incident that happened in the early 90s, I think, 93, 94. And the, the original guy who the, the story Hotel Rwanda was based off of, said when he was asked a question about the general, he, he informed the interviewer that the general was kind of a representation of all the generals that he had to deal with. 
So he had he was actually dealing with different generals at different times in the story. But for the sake of the movie, they consolidated those generals into one general for the for the film. And so if, you know, I can use that as an analogy, that's what you find in the biblical text. And so what they did was just consolidate certain deities and gave all the powers and history that you would find with a numerous Egyptian deities, for example, into one that you have in terms of uh, Jesus the Christ. So that's, that's what I was saying in regards to, you know, my usage, where I think, you know, at least in my mind, the, uh, the idea of consolidation is a bit better in, in explaining instead of what we're talking about, a direct copy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did it. They did that with a lot of stuff around, you know, just that early period, like, like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you, you can equate that to kind of like knowing the flood. So they give Noah a lot of different attributes, building boat. Yeah, so that, that's about right. I mean, that's how we would attack the issue. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let me let me say one thing real quick before Brother Reggie come in, uh, Sean. Um, I don't know what was in Jabari's head in his rebuttal. Mm-hmm. He was way off topic. And to be honest, the debate so far, it was, was, to me, I'm not impressed. Nobody's really addressing the issues mm-hmm. head on. Nobody's addressing the issues head on. Is it a white man's religion? Why you don't think it's a white man's religion? Oh, because, oh, we got the Bishrat. But before you got to the Bishrat, you had some people who was in the first century who was Jewish Christians. What about those people? Are you following the same thing that they did? One of the easiest things to tell is somebody's following what the original Christians followed who supposedly followed Jesus is today, Sunday. What is Sunday? The day when they worship. Mm-hmm. That alone kills the whole argument, family. Why are you worshiping on Sunday if it's not the white man's religion? Did your Bisrat mm-hmm. worship in Egypt on Sunday? Did they worship in Ethiopia on Sunday? Although some of the, the sects, there was a big argument about Saturday worship in Ethiopia later on. I'll acknowledge that. But, but, but family, this is why when the Jews came there in the 15th century, they had it easy to tell them, yeah, y'all are really the Jews. Because the 16th century, because they was already worshiping on Saturdays. Some of the Ethiopians. But anyway, I, that's the I, I don't I don't know I, I I didn't like the debate so far. I don't like it. I don't like. No, it. that's a great. Hey, that's a great point. So I think we know what we mean when we say the white man's religion. Like you would like we we clump them all together: the Persians, the Assyrians, the Romans, the Greeks. We throw them all together and be real specific. Of the only Christianity. That my mother got, my grandmother got, my great great grandmother, my great great grandmother got was that King James Bible. That's the Christianity we talked about that the majority of people, specifically coming from West Africa, which makes up a large portion of the slave trade, we got that Christianity. So when we say it's a white man Christianity, I mean, God, I mean, come on, man. Like, well, ain't nobody, I don't know why Jabari didn't just say that. Like, it's simple. Well, it's interesting because we had these discussions and one of the first things that I said in our early, when we were originally supposed to have this debate way back in July, was that you have to define clearly what is a white man and what what makes Christianity a white man religion. You don't start off the debate without 
defining that first thing. And I said that you don't even have to go. See, the problem with Dr. Bantu's argument is that he he's trying to start, quote unquote, um, European or the white man's Christianity with the Roman Empire. And we don't have to go there. We don't have to leave the Bible itself. It's, it's a white man's religion because the white people created it. <laughs> you know, and, and that's just simple. Just show some picture of Jews in that area at that time and then show them today. They're the same people. We classify them as white. End of story. And then we can get into what, what are the, the independent nuances in terms of culture and psychology that, that, that reinforce what we're talking about and what we mean outside of the, 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 the false taxonomic idea of race and things of this nature. And so you hit them on different levels. And so both of them skated that first question, which why, you know, I say that Jabali lost the first one um, because he didn't address the question. Uh, Dr. Bantu addressed the question, but he skated around it and, and tried to jump some, you know, some, some centuries or, or, uh, or some time after the, the, the Jews or whatnot into the Roman Empire say that's the beginning of white Christianity. But before then, no, 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 that's that's not how this worked. And so, you know, you notice that he avoided showing any pictures, uh, ancient pictures of these people in his, his slideshow. And then we could have just went to the text itself to reinforce this notion that these were not black people. Uh, can I add a few points? No. Peace, peace, saw. Peace, Garfield. Peace, Ankh. Peace to the family. Um, I actually agree with uh, Asaw. Um, first of all, the uh, the issue is there is a debate on the topic. Is is uh, Christian, uh, Christianity a white man's religion or is Christianity uh, a copycat of ancient Egypt? Um, anything outside of that, unless it goes to the point, is off topic. Um, I think that I agree with Saul. Uh, Dr. Bantu answered the questions, he just skated. Um, Jabari, uh, Jabari, unfortunately is more uh, in a, a box, and I'm gonna do a video on this, as that he believes that ancient Egyptian religions or did not change. He believes that it's all one thing and it's all true and it doesn't change. Uh, the, Dr. Bantu skated because he knew he had to say that they all the religions were syncretized all of them. So ancient Egypt had relationships with the uh, Hittites and the other uh, cuneiform speakers. You know that there is the uh, uh, the Battle of Kadesh. You know that there is the Armana Papers. You know that after that, there was a region of peace like the world had not known at that time where there was enormous syncretisms. So you, you uh, Dr. Bantu was correct that um, uh, that a number of uh, uh, deities or principles come from uh, that world into uh, ancient Egypt. You have uh, 
you know, the, the contendings of Horace and Seth, where you have um, other uh, foreign deities inside, inside ancient Egypt and Egypt syncretized with that. The issue is, is it a white man's uh, religion? Well, we need terms. Um, a term that everybody should look up, and I'm going to do a paper, I mean, a presentation. It's called statism. Uh, statism is a very important term. Statism is when the, the state is God. The state, the state itself is God, or the state has the authority, and it uses, it, it uses syncretism, it uses extractionism, it uses all of those terms that Dr. Bantu uses for its own purposes. Almost all of the religions at that uh, uh, in the history were statisms. Basically, they were using deities and gods, but behind it were people and governments. And, and, and so to narrow this thing down to say that Christianity is a white man's religion is, uh, is childish because it's actually a state-run, uh, it's their state-run run religions. And you can't put all the time ethnicities, especially when the world wasn't so much a racial world at the beginning. The last part that I, and if, if you allow me to come back on, I, I will deal with um, the ancient, I mean, you know, to Dr. Bantu's failure, let's speak the language of the early Christians. Uh, if you're speaking Aramaic, if you are speaking Aramaic, Dr. Bantu, you know that uh, God is Allahi, Allaha. God is Allaha and Allahi in Aramaic, right? So, you know, Arabism uh, is synchronized. But if you speak the language of uh, the early Christian, Christians, when you get to Bisrat, it, the, the, Ethiop, the ancient Ethiopian Bisrat, got you. It comes from the Aramaic Bisra, right? And that deals with flesh and body, and it's used in the Eucharist, right? So it's not ancient African. It's it's conversion. So I will I will um, come back. But the key point is the reason why Jabari did not win is because um, even though he made good points, he made great points, but many of them were off topic. The issue is that you should have argued that Christianity is a non-African invading concept philosophy and becomes a religion and it's non-African, you shouldn't have um, you shouldn't have argued it from the comedic point of view because simply at that time, the comedics were under the foot of the Ptolemies and the Romans and um, they were in disarray. So at the time of this, uh, of, of this uh, collision of, of cultures, right? Kemet itself is not a, uh, it's, it's uh, the religion. And who cares about religion anyway? Why, why are we arguing about religion? This is a comedic priest versus a pastor or a reverend. This is not, we, we need to argue history. I'll stop right there. Thank you for your time. And maybe I'll come back on. Hey, hey Reggie, very good point on the Bistrat, man. Somebody had, had sent me a, a source on it because I'm not familiar with it at all. But um, I, I want to say thank you for that, my brother. And um, you could e always email me your sources. I trust that you didn't make that up. All right. Um, <laughs> so um, that puts, if Brother Reggie is right, that puts an end to the whole Bisrat claim. 
<laughs> but <laughs> I'll tell you, that's why you need a team, bro. With a team, you, you know, you could conquer stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? But hey, what can I say? Um, brother, sorry, go ahead, brother. The floor is yours. Teams win championships, not individuals. That's why, that's why this moment had already been foreseen. And I already seen this moment happening. You know what I'm saying? I just thought it was going to be a group of white boys trying to get slick. I didn't know it was going to be a group of black Christians trying to get slick with it. Go ahead, Asal. No, I, I agree wholeheartedly um, with our, our good brother, Reggie. Oh, hold, hold on. And Asal, Asal, hold up. You, you, you're sick, brother? You're sick? You all right? You're under the weather? Look, man, I'm, we don't I'm like, like, I'm like each other. We just, we just disagree I'm, I'm, on information. I'm, I'm messing with Reggie, man. Reggie, stop. Yeah. I'm just messing with Reggie. So yeah. I know what it is. Go ahead. And, and and I think that, you know, and I know that um, Brother Unk has spoken on this earlier, is that, you know, we, we it seems like fighting to outsiders. But, you know, we we are just concerned with the quality of information and we will challenge each other on that information and to not only provide primary sources for things but to um defend the logic you know for your usage of the information and so while i may disagree with someone on one particular point that doesn't mean that i i disagree with everything that they say that comes out of their mouth now there's few people that that is actually the case because they're just crazy all around and you know it's just foolishness every time they open their mouth but i'm, I'm talking about at least within my circle you know and, and i think brother reggie's within my circle and so but outside of that you know one of the things uh one of the strategies that uh in in the beginning when we were having a conversation we were kind of organizing how we were going to approach this thing as i stated before you know, having had debates for a number of years, especially with, with Christian pastors and Hebrew Israelites and things of this nature, is that you have to properly define concepts, you know, from the beginning. And when you properly define them, then you operate, you argue your points based on those definitions. That's how we do in science. You know, you notice like if you read any kind of scientific journal, they explain everything, you know, up front. But this, this, this means da 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 da, da. and then from there, or just like in in logic mm -hmm. or philosophy, you explain and define everything, and then you make your argument from those definitions. And so he he spent too much time in the first one trying to be apologetic and and show the audience that you know he wasn't hostile against them, and and he could have he could have used that opportunity to build his case and um but he didn't and so the our conflict with with brother jabari at this point is that not only did he do what he did in terms of um the the skating around sonnetter and the group to have this debate but he didn't even take our advice in terms of you know how to approach the debate and what information he should use and discard regarding the debate specifically, you know, because that's one of the things that I stressed in the beginning. 
that, you know, we need to be clear on what the questions are. Because I think the questions were kind of changing at the beginning. And we wanted to make sure that, you know, we understood what the questions were and that we only addressed the questions. Because I said this was specifically, the moment that you, you know, you have these side conversations, you lost the debate. And, you know, and so it's, it's, it's Jabari just said to hell with anything, what we're saying, I'm just going to do my own thing. And now we're at this point where we have to correct both Bantu and Jabari. When Jabari could have, Jabari could have knocked this out of the box easily. You know, this, this was, this was an easy debate. And, um, and while he did have his moment, so that, like I said, in the, in the second round, he started off very strong. But as soon as he started getting into his information that he wanted to present, you know, prior to his adjustment to address Dr. Bantu, we, he went backwards and it discredited his, his, essentially his whole argument for that. And, um, and so I'll just end there, have y'all. Hey, hey, Asal, that's that's the point, and 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 I think it's so funny, and at this, point, you know, what I'm saying I'm tired of saying I hate doing it, but I don't mind doing it. I told y'all so. Why am I always in the position to say I told you so? You know why? Because I sit back, I look at, I monitor the group, I hear what everybody's saying. And, and I apply what I learned in the streets of Baltimore that kept me alive. And when I see that happening again, I identify it and I speak up. And I don't mind speaking up in public about it. I speak up. I said, young Pharaoh, he's a fool that will never learn anything based off of his refusal to pay attention to people that's been there longer than him and being very accurate based off of the fact that he always is bringing up stuff that we already hashed out already i told y'all that oh now two three four years later uh uh he was right when i seen that attitude of you can't tell me anything right i had to go to me and not necessarily listen to everybody around me and having to lose some things being in baltimore maryland to realize that wait a minute man you gotta don't have strong people around you and don't pay attention to what they saying you know what I'm saying don't at least give them that. So when I seen that behavior of not paying attention to people who really love the family, you know what I'm saying, and really care about what direction we're going into, and I seen Jabari go against that, it reminded me of the days of being in New Wapping, where you never could challenge your. It reminded me of the days of not being able to challenge Phil Valentine. It reminded me of the days of being in the conscious community. Just can't say something about information without everybody getting mad to throw you off the scent. When I seen that cult-like behavior, that's where we split at. And that's when Jabari made this big deal about, well, you know, y'all don't y'all don't think we friends. It has nothing to do with friendships it, and all to do with making sure we got correct information. So, like Asal said, we should have been knocked out the box. It should have been a 3-0 route based off of the way we know how to do things. You got Reggie. You know what I'm saying, man? You, oh my, he lives in the museum. You got a saw. He got about six, seven books to his credit. Uh, dealing with languages. You got the, the Massey, Sean. You got beating up Christianity forever, Garfield. <laughs> you got a whole team. You got Dr. Mayotte. Like, we have a flourishing, scholarly, committed 
to having the real information. That moment right there is why people play this game and act like we're not valorant. They play that game, right? And they always want to be on this side where your friends can protect you, where you can't say nothing about that guy because we friends. Or you can't say nothing in public. Well, the debate was public. It certainly was. I, you know, when I seen a Jabari strong points, y'all seen me a minute, yeah, y'all was right. But then when he deboggled and derailed himself, I got to say that too. We got to bear the creek. So we had already critiqued the points that he lost on before he went to debate, no matter what those Christians say. We had already had that straight. That was already figured out that it was just dumb to do it. Maybe the way I said it, Jabari, you know that's dumb to do that. Maybe he couldn't take that. Saul is very straightforward when dealing with me. I'm straightforward with dealing with Sajetti. Doc Mayada is straightforward with dealing with me. Smash Rockwell is straightforward with dealing with me. I'm straightforward with dealing with Polite. He's straightforward with dealing with me. Garfield, um, don't you dare go in that debate talking about the books, was, some books was canonized at the Nicene Council. What you talking about, Garfield? You know what you talking about? And we battled it out, and I got beat up on it. So what? Those moments of getting beat up are moments of growth that this community has to recognize. You have to recognize those moments of debate are the moments of regeneration and growth. When you're found to be wrong, you have grown, you have learned something. And those who cannot take critique are literally starting that process of a cult where there's one leader who has the final decisions on everything and they cannot be critiqued. Not on my watch. And I'm not saying Jabari is the call. I don't want to put that out there. I'm just saying, the root of Mary, little bit, kind of, sort of, twinkling's remnant of, smell a little bit. Where there's smoke, that's fine. Uh, can I add something? No. Uh, no. Thank you. I appreciate it because we're all friends. And I, I agree again with a, a, a saw. Uh, it's the quality of the information. And that's why we go hard. Uh, because, I mean, when you go to academia or even when you're dealing with some of our beloved professors, if you don't have, uh, if you don't have, first you have to have a, a methodology and you have to have an analysis. Uh, the problem was, was Dr. Vince Bantu actually gave his methodology. He said he was dealing with uh, Bishra. He's dealing with extractionalism. He's telling you why he's uh, uh, also not moving around, uh, dealing with syncretism. He says that he is doing contextualization. Uh, he gave you his framework. His framework allowed him to actually survive and actually win the debate. Uh, Jabari's uh, problem was that his framework was largely that all of this stuff came from Kemet. And uh, and then, uh, but so behind that, we have to ask is uh, how important is Kemet religion? Uh, and, 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 and then so he, he, he doesn't understand the roster he doesn't understand the uh, the the how the how the Hebrews uh, what happened to the Hebrews when they went into Babylon and then Persia liberated them and then then they came out with new ideas from Zoroaster 
Uh, he doesn't understand the canvases invasion of ancient Egypt. He doesn't understand the uh, hippos, uh, uh temples of Amen, where uh, all of a sudden, all of the ancient Egyptian creator gods are synchronized by the Persians. I am Amun, I am Aten, I, I mean, um, uh, uh, I am Kepra. I'm the sole one that's created uh, millions. They understand that these large states was using religion to control people or to keep order. Some of it was beneficent and some of it was not. But Jabari did not come to the debate with a framework to prove that uh, Christianity was completely non-African. Otherwise, he would have he would have stood right in he would have stood right in uh, Palestine. He would have talked about the early language of the Christians. He would have unpacked a Bizra, Bizrad, that Nazarite, I'm a Nazarari. Uh, he would have unpacked it that uh, he was not prepared to unpack that because that was the root of uh, the other argument, right? And yes, um, that's the problem with our debates. Most of the time, our debates are surprise debates where people bring in new information and something that you don't know and then you got to look it up but that doesn't mean that you win that's surprise normally people put abstracts to say what they're going to say and then you have an idea of what to debate so i'm going to close again the fact of the matter is it's a framework of analysis and a methodology and and we're not we should not be arguing whose damn religion is better we should be dealing with the history of the people so that we can find, if any, solutions to problems today. And the biggest problem today is that people are scared to die, right? Uh, they, they, uh, um, they, uh, death happens, sickness happens, but the fact of the matter is these are neurological misadventures that we'll all be tested on um and that we need to concern ourselves with problem solving a set of problems that that we need to solve today right now we don't need the big bang is good that's just for to keep keep our muscle our mental muscles moving but the fact of the matter is we don't have to think about the big bang every day we don't have to think about death every day unless we're sick so and we um we don't really even have to think about kemet every day we can't exercise our brain, but the fact of the matter is, is that we need to narrow our problem solving, right? And so, you know, the Amarat Squad is good with methodology. Uh, Garfield's good with methodology. Uh, methodology is something that we need to concern ourselves with. And so in this debate, uh, this debate unfortunately uh, has not done a, uh, it, it was it wasn't our side first of all arguing comedic religion and christianity onk is not our side that that is not our the side of black people that's not our side the issue is uh what type our side is good methodology and good analysis and good sourcing that's our side right for the best interest of our people i'll stop again thank you for your time so, so reggie i'm i'm gonna do this as a man if, if, if Jabari wouldn't went in there and thoroughly uh, beat them down, I would have said, one, he snaked behind our back to do that. That wasn't right. 
Yeah, as a man, we speak to each other and say, yo, I might not like you, Unc, but I'm, as a man, I realized we was working together as a unit. We might not agree on things, but you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm going to take this debate. And I would have nothing else but respect him and say, yo, we don't go in there by yourself. If you went there and did all that, right? And admitted he was wrong in doing that, but one and route him out and say, man, we won. I would have said we won now. I would have said the conscious community grew up today. I would have admitted that. So I'm going to admit the defeat. I'm going to say it's been part of this community, although it didn't represent the scholarly side of the community, although it did not represent the, 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 the non-pseudo approach in, in the community, although it did not represent some of the best minds in the daggone community, and it sure as hell didn't represent the Amaral Squad scholarship, Dagger Squad, Mossy Clan Warriors, MBK, Shashumani Metanetcha, you know what I'm saying? Pseudo killers, the six families that didn't represent that, you know what I'm saying? Man, I'm still gonna take that loss though. And I'm gonna take it like a man. But here's a warning for you. You know what I'm saying? Anybody can get it. Mexicans, Africans, Christians can, Bish Rottingans can. Anybody can get this work. So y'all can keep running. I see you. So, okay, y'all got that. Y'all got that battle. See, we're in a cultural war. So y'all won the battle. But y'all ain't won the war. Absolutely, they did not Pearl win. Hold on, they didn't win the battle. Hold on, Reggie. Hold on, Reggie. They bombed Pearl Harbor. It was a decisive victory. Now you woke up a sleeping giant. I want to let y'all know. Now, now... I see you. Now it's time to get into the books. Now it's time to get into the books. History of Christianity in Africa. Now it's time to get into the literature. Now I see you. Thank you for waking me up that there's a group of Christians dedicated to using scholarship. Like we say around here, you always guide your source. Go ahead, Brother Reggie. You're absolutely correct, and you ended it uh, greatly. Uh, don't wake up a sleeping giant. Um, see, I, you know, I was being very, very nice to Christianity earlier. Uh, I, I was always being nice to them, right? Um, but because I felt that they did not know. But once Christianity destroyed all of this tenets by murdering uh, and defacing and destroying the African, the legacy of Africans in in, in ancient Egypt, where I. Uh, I, I, you know, I slapped uh, Dr. I mean, I mean, Reverend Pastor Bennett with that, and, and it showed you Jesus did not know the crimes, the great crimes of the early church, and the, um, Christianity was a composite of different ideas, philosophies. They had conferences, councils. They murdered each other. Uh, it's the, it, in the very, very beginning, they betrayed each other. They murdered each other from the very beginning of the story. You have Judas. Judas is a story of, of Hebrews and Christians betraying each other. They did that. That was their character. And then you have uh, then you have the great church fathers being being one minute in favor and the other being heretical. It's a growth. Now, if now what they did was they woke up a sleeping giant because um, we can easily show Christianity was a murderous. Uh, religious, uh, fanatical, fanatical uh, construct 
that invaded the world and gave Rome a tool to use it. And none of the stuff that they talk about prior. And, you know, I wanted to say something else. Let me just give you all some other information, because some of you like to do some research. I do want to let you know that uh, Christianity, they were never called Christians. They were never called Christians in, uh, in Antioch. They were never called Christians in Antioch. Um, they were uh, basically Essenes, so we basically have uh, the information. Um, uh, um, let me just see. Okay, the um, believers in Christ teachings. The phrase is borrowed from Fogarty and refers to the earliest Christians. In this article, the believers are also referred to as followers of Jesus. The earliest Christians never referred to themselves in this way as they also did not refer to themselves as Christians. That Christianity for at least the first century, and possibly into the second century, is a misnomer for the early followers of Jesus, did not call themselves Christians. Acts 11.26 records that it was in Antioch that disciples were first called Christians. But in the, in the text, okay, so basically um, the source is the formation of Christian theology in Alexandria, right? Uh, basically, at best, they were called Essenes. So these, these, you know, Christianity is built on the state's ability to propagate myths to control people. It's called statism. And that it's always the state and the state's resources to, to take somebody and to propagate their ideas because it helps them. Now, in the case with Brother Jabari, who, you know, I've had a long relationship with Jabari and we've always um, went back and forth largely on spirituality. And personally, I like Brother Jabari. But the Christians, thought they were slick because they picked the person who they knew was in the biggest box. He would argue from a comedic religion. That's easy for them. Or uh, argue against any of the people that Unc named and we will argue history and we will show um, people um, the, and the ancients calling the, um, Jesus Christ a sorcerer in his face, not in his face, but basically in his, his followers face. We will show specifically those sources, right? We will show the, the transformation and evolution of Christianity. We will show the ancient languages. Uh, people like Asar will even show you the cognates, right? The, 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 um, where the language actually derived from. We have those tools. Those are tools that we can use in 2019 this reading scripture and comparing Jesus said this and uh, Paul said this and Mark said this, we, that's irrelevant. What's relevant is what do we have as real history, real artifacts? I'll stop again. Hey, Reggie. Can I? Okay. Right, go ahead, go ahead Asa. Now, I, I wanted to, before we get too far, I want to kind of go back a little bit to something that Brother Reggie said. Um, in, in terms of, you know, what's important in terms of argument. One of the things that I want to stress is that it's about what, what we're putting forth here is an issue of critical thinking and how critical thinking, how critical, if y'all hear my phone beeping that someone calling me, I'm sorry, um, 
how critical thinking informs every aspect of our reality. And when you forego critical thinking for this kind of faith-based initiative, you put yourself, you position yourself to be defeated on all levels of life. And we see this, for example, with the, the uh, what's his name? Uh, Jean, uh, the brother who who got killed in Dallas. Uh, Jean Bowman or something like that. Um, somebody can correct me. Gene, Gene Bolthan. Gene Bolthan. Yeah. Yeah. So when when that brother was killed, um, and the way that these Christian people handled the court case afterwards and even during. From the time, from the people of the the jury, if you analyze what they said in the jury, if you analyze the testimony of the judge, you know, who came to defend herself and her actions afterwards, to the, the brother and the father, we notice that there's some critical thinking elements there that were absent. And knowing, you know, there's this, uh, there's a saying in the, in, the, in the biblical text that the Greek seeks wisdom, but Israel looketh for a sign, right? That the, the, the implication is that, that the Greeks are um, trying to look at things rationally, whereas the Israelites are looking for an omen, a sign from the heavens that they can move forward in this way and that way. And this has been problematic for us over the years. So these discussions that we're having, you know, for example, with the Christians or the Hebrew Israelites or the Moors and things of this nature, it's not for nothing. It's to demonstrate that, you know, we, we have to think critically. We have to think scientifically to get to the truth. Because if we're going to build a nation, ultimately this has to deal with nation building, we're going to need scientists, critical thinkers to to create structures and systems to be able to fight those systems like Christianity and um, Judaism, Islam, and all of that, that has been a formidable enemy to African people in the past and present. And so you have to, you have to show these shortcomings. There's aspects of Jabari's conversation in rounds one and two that were inappropriate for round one and two, but were very appropriate for round three. Because the round three question is, you know, which uh, system is better for African people or black people in America today? Then he can get into the discussion of the misogyny in the biblical text. Because then you have to frame it in a way like, you know, how can we move forward as a people if we consider our women second-class citizens? Can we take literally the Bible when they talk about stoning a non-virgin or when they talk about raiding and raping, you know, and saying women, will we allow that in, in today's day? We can't use that text to build our new nation. And so it's a way that you frame it. And, and so this is where the critical thinking of things come in. So I, I, I don't want to let that pass, you know, for, for people who are listening to understand why we do what we do and why we are so vehement 
in, in terms of the way we do it and the arguments that we're trying to make, because this is larger than the Amawa squad, Dagger squad, anything to nature. This is about African people, you know, uh, gaining their sovereignty back. And it's also about nation building. How do you move forward? You have to argue these ideas. And so we can't take with us archaic ideas and then just, just bring it forward with us because it's quote unquote tradition. We can't do that. We can't afford that anymore. Too many of our people are dying. And so, you know, I just wanted to make that point, if that makes sense. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's a, that's a good fact. Let, let me read something from you for this book right here. Hold on, before you do that, um, can you hit Sean? Sean been raise his hand. So. Oh, go ahead, Sean. You been want to say something. Go ahead, Sean. <laughs> no, 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 I just... <laughs> I, I'm agreeing with every, what everybody says and, and, and what I'm hearing repeatedly from everyone on the panel is that this, this whole conversation goes back to methodology and that's the way that we're going to solve problems, which I concur and I agree, which shocks me when we have the brother go and debate uh, the believers and he, and he, he uses flawed methodology in instances. I'm not going to say overall, I'll say in instances um, where he shoots himself in the foot, especially when you expound on or uh, pound your test on having certain degrees. And this is this has become a problem that I think that we should we should hone in on and try to control is that just because you you can tout a PhD and so forth that we have to be very careful and and not being this this uh this type of a person to get away from methods because that's the real way that we're going to be able to solve the problem so i was just disturbed at the his his uh his instance of ignoring one's methodology and then not showing proper methodology on the other on the flip side but that that's really all i wanted to say earlier so so sean What's that verse in John and John one one? You got that, um, Garfield? I hate the Bible. Hold, huh? on. Hold on, let me find it for you right now. So God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, or something like that? No, no, no. That's um, that's John three sixteen. Oh, that's right. Can you read that real quick? Anybody got that? One John three sixteen. Yeah. John three sixteen. For God, I know it by heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Um, okay, so we see this symbol right here. What's that the sign of? Life. So we got a concept of life already. Watch this. Mm -hmm. That's not new to, 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 to African people. Just, you know, understand... Uh, uh, we could get into the breakdown of how life is a continuum. That's why we study evolution, because evolution actually shows that life is a continuum. You know what I'm saying? That it's a constantly, even when you think something died, there's nowhere for you to go based off being in a closed system. We can get into that. But so if you read right here in chapter one, right, it says in 331 BCE, Alexander the Great, I call him Alexander the Freak. <laughs> founded the city that bears his name, right? And when after his death, his three generals divided his empire, Egypt fell to Ptolemy, who turned Alexandria into one of the great cities of the ancient world. 
Its lighthouse was regarded as one of the seven wonders of the world, but the title was perhaps more appropriate for the scholars of the museums, one of whom accurately calculated the circumference, right, of the world. So before that point, right, where was the world? I'm not going to run around back and forth arguing and debating over Christians thinking that they doctrine was created for the world. Was it created for the world or was it created for the Hebrew world? Was, was Yahweh the God of the universe? Was Yahweh the God of the whole planet? Or was Yahweh the cultural container of ideas and concepts of Hebrews to which Christianity came out to? Me and Garfield will beat you down if you act like the first Christians weren't Hebrews and practiced the Sabbath and did all that because Jesus Jesus himself was a Hebrew. He simply he simply expounded on certain ideas, but he he never changed the law. He followed the law. He simply debated certain things that he felt like yeah you know I'm saying needed to be relaxed. But but the only way he could even have that conversation was to be able to have some type of literature. What literature did Jesus Christ have? He would have had the five books. We talked about this, uh, Garfield. There wasn't no Hebrew canon in Jesus Christ's day. They simply would have agreed on the five books. Plain and simple. So these, this information wasn't for the whole world. It's an anachronism, right, to take today's ideas, knowing the whole world, knowing the circumference of the earth has already been measured out, knowing Palestine, knowing uh, 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 East Africa, knowing Australia, uh, Mexico, Mesoamerica, South America. See, we know all these things. We read the text as people, right, believers, and we apply it to the whole world. Look, man, I'm not going to get up there and argue with Bantu and them whether the Bible was talking about the whole world. They couldn't have been talking about the whole world. They didn't know the whole world. The only Africa they knew of was Roman Africa. You know what I'm saying? They they didn't go uh, to below uh, uh, the first cataract. Then end up you got end up in Nubia somewhere, right below the first. Then you get to Nubia. That's the they, the Bible don't even talk about that. They in the Delta. The Bible's talked about. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not talk. Like we gotta like slow down. Let's stop playing with our beliefs. It's, it's, it's dope to have a belief. But now we're going to use accuracy and science and methodology to know that it would have been impossible for the Bible to be talking about the whole world. It's a cultural, the Egyptians weren't talking about the whole world, no matter what they say to y'all. So, so black people not need to start reading that Bible in its cultural proper context. It's a Hebrew story with all Hebrew, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are Hebrews, even Paul, is a Roman Hebrew. So we need to start looking at it from their cultural context. And Bantu, you right, bro. Yeah, we're gonna start looking at it and see how, you know, the Christians of that time would have seen it. They wouldn't have known about Australia, bro. They wouldn't have known about the Native Americans, man. Native Americans had flourishing cities. The Almacs, they got cities that go back to 1200 BCE. 1200 BCE. They have writing and all that. It has not been deciphered, but they got it at 1200 BCE. So, 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 as black people fighting against the oppression, right, of the mental enslavement, because that's really affected affected us the most. 
right? We can't sit around here and act like that Jesus died for the sins of the world. He died for the sins of the Palestinian world, for the world that he knew of. He was an evangelistic preacher. You know what I'm saying? He was talking about then. You know how you say it, Garfield? Jesus said, I'll be back in a little while. Little while? Hey, Garfield, if I say, bro, give me $100, man. I'm going to give it back to you in a minute, yo, in a little while, yo, later on, in a minute. You're like, all right, I'll give you $100. And then it'd be 2,000 years later, I ain't gave you your money back. You're going to say, what in the hell is wrong with us? So I say this to say, we need to learn geography when we're in that Bible, right? We need to understand context, like Bantu brought it out. He said it. He said they didn't believe like that. He didn't use word anachronism, which I felt like he could have. It's an anachronism to think that those people understood the world. They had not circumnavigated the globe during Hebrew time. They didn't even have no ships. Let me stop. The point I'm making here is that as people who has been taken through the transcontinental kidnapping trade, right, my job, and this is my personal thing. I thought it should question everything that was given to us during those periods. To question everything. And then maybe we could formulate an opinion on whether or not we want to believe in that particular God, or even if we want to believe in God based off of understanding what Africans was doing when they first hit planet Earth at about 300,000, and what they was doing during the times of Christianity, what they was doing during the you need Roman, Assyrian empires, what they was doing in Egypt, and specifically, what was we doing in West Africa? That point got lost. We, we, most of us come from West Africa. You want to say something, Sal? Uh, all I just wanted to say is that I, I disagree that they didn't know about the world. Because in the Noah story, they also included all the dinosaurs in the ark, including the woolly mammoth. <laughs> that was in North America, you know, and in parts of Northern Europe. So I know for a fact that they had a world consciousness because the dinosaurs were in the ark. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> and two of this kind, two woolly mammoth and Trontosaurus. <laughs> Every count. <laughs> listen, listen, Reggie. I'm not gonna right and and allow people to get away with nonsense. I will never forget the day he was like, Unc. See, everybody like kind of likes to ignore goddamn Reggie, but see, the truth is, Reggie is the only guy him and his partner, that, that, that actually stepped up and tried to use scholarship. Reggie specifically used, he wanted to use primary text. Now, I feel like he just messed it up, but he stepped up, right, in the arena when everybody was talking crazy about the squad and actually challenged us head on with that conversation about Kimmy being Black people, whatever the world. I don't want to rehash that, though, but to his credit, he's always been the, I call Reggie the, the, um, uh, uh, the, 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 the recon rangers. 
right? He's always the first person to go in. So he's the first person to go in on SETI. I'm like, come on, man, hold on, man. You know, we need to keep this together a little bit. Don't worry. Nah, nah, nah. He's flagrant, is what Reggie said. He doesn't know the master teacher. He's lying. Come on, man. Come on, come on, man, 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 man. He was actually in, in agreement with the squad. It was just based off my friendship with SETI, why we didn't immediately smash him out. Remember that now. Keep it in context. So it's Reggie. It was Reggie that got attacked by the African-American Egyptian Christian community in New York. Those shrines that we talk about. They attacked Reggie for telling the man, y'all just practice a religion, right? He That they have a belief. You know, Dr. Ben says this about the Egyptians. They had beliefs like everybody else did. It was Reggie that was attacked for saying things like that. It was ready to attack the same way. What does that have to do with West Africa? And those groups was making statements like elders, like Shamas. I'm going to say his name because I like him. If I didn't like him, I wouldn't say his name. If I kind of like you a little bit, I'm going to say your name. You know what I mean? Shamas, like, I don't care about West Africa. They enslaved us. All misinformation. That's why they like the Egypt thing. But they attacked Reggie for bringing a head on that. Reggie might not say it because they got to have some kind of. You know, the politics, not that. You know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to have many friends. But that's okay. At least when they write history, you're going to say, that nigga right there, Uncle's a trip. At least he tried to tell it like he thought he saw it. Anyway, so it was Reggie who buried Dr. Ben, right? Y'all missed the point in that debate. They claimed that Dr. Ben, I don't know if it was in the debate or one of those shows, no, it was on... Uh, the heretic show, Irene and the heretics. I call them Irene and the heretic show. Where they said Dr. Ben didn't have this degree, didn't have that degree, and they kind of and they and they claim that at the funeral they kind of talk about the degrees. The truth is, Reggie has given me a document. Right, he gave me the original copy of the obituary, and in the obituary, it clearly stated what Dr. Ben had and what he didn't have. Nobody who really understands Dr. Ben, like I know Reggie do, would say he had a doctorate in this and a doctorate in that. No, that's not what we promote over here. So y'all got to get all that straight. I say all this to say, Reggie is always the first person to get thrown to the goddamn wolves and being right. That I come right behind and say, man, that, man, man. So I don't want that to slip out, Reggie. You took a hell of a beating for Jabari and them. A hell of a beating. He was made to look like he was crazy. Now you look like, man, you you sharp as you sharp as hell. They was really religious down for real. They really was. So I just want to say that. I just want to bring it out because you know y'all not gonna say it because they're your friends. I love them more. I think the truth will help the community to be more will be to be the truth will make us stronger as individuals. And being strong as individuals, we can now build strong African families. We can rebuild a legacy that's been just, just, just destroyed with lies and deceit. We can get the white boy scholarship that's wrong out of our community. Remember the Christians, they was on point. They said that we use white boys information to build a conscious community. Well, I would like to have a conversation around that whole, what the conscious community is. And we'll get into that, uh, Asar, when we go on that show, we'll get into all how it was formed. But primarily this, this latest version of the internet conscious community was built off of the white boy information. And that's why the families was formed 
to refute that. This we are on the same accord with the Christians. But I, I see y'all just didn't, y'all just glossed all over my woolly mammoth. <laughs> and I think that should have been put into the debate. Jabari would have won with that one. <laughs> and look, Black Christianity, Black Christianity is over. It's done. It's Black Christianity now has set himself up in its in its arrogance to bring out their top scholar, Dr. Vincent Bantu, to uh, give us what he said. I'm going to do a video, but I tell you now, he defined uh, this word contextualization, and you can go back and read, listen to what he said. Contextualization means to take what other people have done for God's glory. So anything that the Egyptians, the ancient Egyptians did, anything that the uh, ancient Africans did prior, anything that anybody ever did, Christians are to contextualize it, take it, lie about it, and make it theirs so that they could be better people in their community. If you didn't hear that, go back. I'll do a video on that. But that is what Christianity has begun, be, become, and all religions, to take the great things that other people have done, right, and for their glory. So now they're taking the atom bomb, right? They, they like, like saw said, they took the woolly mammoth. Now they're taking all science, and now they're acting as if they were the scientists. Right for the glory of their of their God. Right, the fact of the matter is, it is what it is. It is contextualization, uh, which is basically a fancy word for plagiarism. And Christianity, by Dr. Vance Bantu, has killed itself because um, we're talking about self determination, and we're talking about the truth, belief, knowledge, and facts. As Morpheus. Uh, uh, beat up uh, Dr. whatever his name is um, on, right? Is this true facts, uh, knowledge, and belief? That's what we're dealing with. So the issue, the issue is, is that he defined the movement, the Black Christian movement and the other movements as contextualization. Um, he says we have to move away from syncretism because that's an extreme, and extractionalism. But the fact of the matter is, his contextualization is an advanced form of both of those things. Thank you very much, Dr. Vince Bantu. We were listening and we appreciate your debate. You're a very intelligent person, but you just shot yourself. Hey, by the way, um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of um, Vani Bakum. Um, Vani Bakum is a black scholar. Christian scholar who's probably the top guy. I've been on CNN a, a couple of times, mm -hmm. but he's not Vincent. But Vince Bantu is not the top black Christian scholar. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't ever repeat that. That's not true. Let's just get that right. Back checking. Let's just get that right. No, it's not against Reggie, but just to put it out, just to let everybody know, go research um, Vadi Vadi Bakum. All right. Is he uh, a PhD? Yes, he is. Very well. Put his name in the chat so I can look him up. All right. All right. Hey, um, so Garfield, man, um, 
I just feel like you know, everybody's saying, why am I doing all the talking, which I'm really not, because, I mean, y'all got relationships and all that, and luckily, I don't have those relationships, but I don't appreciate the fact that you in particular, this was definitely your turn to really show uh, other people that we do understand the origins of Christianity without all the pseudoisms, like from a historically accurate position, like we do understand the Roman records, like we do understand that you don't even find Christianity in the Roman, Roman records to about maybe a hundred something, somewhere in that area, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I can get specific if I find that, specific if I find the source. We, we know that uh, the, the, in, in Egypt and Alexandria, right? It's not in the record, like it's dead. Um, like you don't hear about it, it's not mentioned yet. So a person asks in that chat room, you know, you know, what was original Christianity? But they, they would have learned that if you would have got your chance to speak, like I've learned a lot just having these conversations with you. I don't know how you do it. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how you sit there and do that. With that, know how you know you know me. I'm like, man, come on, man, it's nonsense. I'm not gonna do it. But I think the community, it was a miss. You know what I'm saying? Like both groups, I generally know that this particular group, we care more about accurate information than your religious affiliation. Then whether you're atheist, real black atheist, whether you're a Christian, black Christian, whether you're a Muslim, black Muslim, whether you're we care more about the essence of who we are as black people. Like we care more about who you was, period, than what you gravitated towards. We care more about the information. I felt like that during this moment, you know what I'm saying? This was your moment to shine. So, I mean, if you're not gonna say it, I'm gonna say it for you. It was a bunch of debauchery and bull crap that this man wasn't allowed uh, to, to get out there on this subject. You know what I'm saying? Not to mention, we always made to be second class. Oh, I'm Roscoe. We like second class. You know, we're not the Mayweathers. But Jabari ended up being, uh, what's his name? Roy Jones. And then his career get knocked out. Ended up being that. But hey, man, you know, I just want to shout Bobby out. Bobby Brown, <laughs> David Ruffin, <laughs> Bruner. <laughs> My prerogative. It's the way that my shrine feels. <laughs> We're looking for the DNA that's on those wood planks that they found that they claim to be the no art. We're looking for DNA samples that would show that the woolly mammoth was there. <laughs> God feels seriously like this was the opportunity for us to really shine, man, in an environment that we was built for. It's just, that's why I'm so upset because we was built for these moments. Not to say Jabari, you know, shouldn't have been included. Of course, of course, we need people. We need believers a part of this conversation. No, we need to thank him, Ankh, um, because that this period doesn't have to be done anymore. We don't have to argue an African religion versus or the origins of things coming from an African religion. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to do that anymore. It's over. It's a new period. So I appreciate that. It, it, it vindicates us, right? Now we have to move on to just the facts, the history and the analysis and the methodology and get rid of the neurological misadventures. 
talking to the end. You're one of the greats, Ankh. You really are. You, you. <laughs> I just like Dr. Ben, man. I, I, I really, and I really, you know what I really dislike? I dislike the fact that everybody, like, don't respect this man. John Jackson, they all, they all shy away from him, right? They, 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 they all shy away from, dang, Dr. Ben. They all act like he's not relevant. You know, they even got a video kind of dissecting some of his work, right? Which is cool. But they all act like these brothers meant nothing. Hubert Harris. You know what I'm saying? Like they all act like Hubert Harris wasn't a hell of a foundational piece. That John Jackson, you know what I'm saying? That that, that Dr. Ben and them, that, that Schomburg and them, you know what I'm saying? The Harlem doing Harlem in Harlem. You know what I'm saying wasn't an integral part of, of, of putting together solid information. Now these brothers weren't believers. See, before you can have a serious conversation, right? You got to have the non-believers in that conversation, else you're gonna get a religious spiritual war back and forth floating. Everybody floating on both sides. You can't have everybody floating on both sides. Them, you know, one moment Ben and them are very scholarly, and the next minute they up up in the way. How are you gonna have a scholarly discussion over whether a human being can die and come back to life? Well, Dr. Van, Vince Bantu said in his opening that he would die for his faith. He's a fanatic. <laughs> he needed not to say that as an intellectual. Die for your belief in faith, and we can prove that it's that it's not accurate. It's wrong. Right. So you're a fanatic. <laughs> That is, that does have a, a fanatic twinge to it. A little. I will die. I will martyr myself. So that doesn't. The flip side is that means you will kill for your faith, and that's what Christians did. Yeah. And do. And that's where this is where the critical thinking comes in, because in the final analysis, you know, we we can we can challenge the whole uh, notion of sacrifice. Mm. What has sacrifice just on from the um, when we're talking about animal? whether we're talking about human or even divine, what has that changed in the world? What's the evidence that the, the world has been a, a better place because some animal has been sacrificed and or some human has been sacrificed and or some alleged deity has been sacrificed? That's correct. By, by, by critically thinking about that, you know, we can challenge, because this goes into the third question, which is in the third round. And so the, the, the thing that, um, the way that I was going to approach this, uh, that third question has to deal primarily with this. The Bible and the Quran both have stipulations that you cannot change the text. Mm -hmm. So if, if there's something wrong in the text that we can point out that it's ahistorical or just morally or logically incorrect, they already put a, a a clause in there that you can't change it. So it's forever in the system. So, you know, men can rape women, you know, uh, according to the Bible, and then marry them. That is forever a biblical tenet. But in the African tradition, not to say that everything was perfect, but there's always this uh, this notion that you can change and and better what the ancestors have created. 
So when you read Egyptian texts, they're always talking about that they have enhanced what the ancestors have done. That, you know, they, they change certain things around. So stuff that is outdated, outmoded, we can get rid of them in our traditions. In other words, our traditions are flexible enough to, uh, to know, like, like, a, like a United States Constitution, where, you know, certain ideas and methods are not um, conducive for our time and that it will need to be updated. And so because of that, let's just say, for example, that we find something wrong with an ancient comedic tradition, let's say like with sacrifices or something. And so let's imagine that Brother Sean, Brother um, Unk, Brother Garfield, and Brother Reggie and Asari Motep, we are the council on, on you know, African-American traditions and things of this nature. And we come together and say, you know what? That is something our ancestors did, but, you know, under great scrutiny, we're showing that this is, you know, not moved us forward in any significant way. Um, we need to change and alter this or whatnot. We can vote on it and say, you know, uh, we no longer deal with this, but this is a mind frame that we no longer uh, hold and we can move forward as a group and a people. Biblical, um, biblical adherents and uh, Quranic adherents don't have that ability. So they are forever in a loop of non-thinking, non-critical thinking, um, of immoral behavior that, that uh, inspires them to do these things that which we know for a fact are, are amoral um, or goes against one's own self-interest. And so that's how you answer the question on which one is better. You don't argue from the standpoint that, well, you did wrong or we did wrong. The question is, who has the ability to correct the error of their ancestors? Christianity does not have that. That's the point. That's a, I, I think that's a, I mean, moving forward, that's a great point, Asal. Like we always need to have room based off of how humans can forget things and mess up things. If we don't, and that's what makes science so great. And that's what actually puts the Christians at, at a disadvantage that their texts actually hog ties them. So like, for instance, let's just say, you know, by some great miracle, we actually find Jesus Christ's body. And in finding Jesus Christ's body, we identify it as actually been the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We found his body and we realized that he had his chest cavity was actually crushed. Right. And, 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 and what actually crushed it through the study of forensics, it was a, a wheel. It was a Roman chariot wheel that actually crushed the chest cavity of Jesus Christ. So Jesus got ran over by a Roman chariot. And that's what actually killed him because it punched. It punctured his lungs and he died, right? Suppose they was actually find that out. You couldn't change that. You couldn't go from Jesus died on the cross and resurrected to now they found his body and he died by a Roman church. The whole religion will be over with. All the Christians will have to leave and go back home and kick rocks like, man, you couldn't change that because that is the very tenet which makes Christianity special, that, that a guy actually died he not only died, he died for the sins of the world. And not only did he die for the sins of the world, based off of him dying for the sins of the world and resurrecting, 
and conquering death that the whole world is saved. I always say Jesus couldn't even save his daggone self, let alone the world he didn't know about. This is common sense. But you would destroy their whole religion. So the whole religion is based off of the word of God. So Van Chun, I want you to know that you specifically said you do not agree to First Timothy's and how the woman brought sin into the world and how they cannot teach in the church. You said that. You said you don't agree to that. How can you go against the word of God? See, this is where the confusion comes in. This is where we need to really have the serious dialogue. How can the mistreatment of women, period, whether they black, white, or Chinese, how can the wait, let me guess, how can the mistreatment of women, how can a woman not teach in the church? How? how why is it that women brought sin into the world and it wasn't Adam who did that? It was the woman who transgressed. How could you say that? about your mother and your sister and your grandmother and feel good about it. Bantoon doesn't feel good about that. That's why I said I didn't believe that. Well, now you're going against the word of God. Now, it's, 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 it's a little bit too much for me to bear. So I, I don't know. I don't know. It's too much for me to well, bear. Well, I saw Imhotep and Aunt just unraveled Christianity in two major ways. I saw uh said that there are tenets in these faiths that the teachings can't be changed if and when you can detect where the teachings have been changed then you destroy you um, you destroy their their complete notions and we have the evidence where the text from the earliest christians or the earliest uh hebrews who uh, use the Rostrian faith and synchronize that into Christianity began to change. We know that there's something called the Aramaic Targums. The Aramaic Targums is what, when Morpheus challenged Dr. I mean, Pastor or Reverend Bennett on what are the scriptures, the scriptures are the Aramaic Targums. That is the scriptures. These were the verbal conversations that were not that were later written and in, uh, in yeah in, in Aramaic. So Asar Asar has put his head on a major point in just a few seconds. When you find that the Christian texts have been changed and have been added to, right? So it's been added to in Ethiopia. It changed. It was added to in in Alexandria it changed it was added to in palestine it was changed then what you're looking at is a lie a lie with their own text don't change it but someone has the authority to change it then you go on to this thing of the inspired men well then that is a heresy because you are already said that it cannot be changed Ankh's fundamental premise of the treatment of women not being able to teach uh destroys this whole notion because christianity was in fact or with uh the scenes or whatever you want to the bizra uh whatever you want to call the the nazarari right the fact of the matter is it was against women it was against the the first story adam and eve 
was against women, right? If these, uh, so we cannot go on as humans. Now, let me give you Brother Reggie's religion. Brother Reggie got a simple religion. Brother Reggie is simply a human having an experience with the universe. That's all we are. Humans having an experience, not a divine experience. We are all here for a certain amount of time to solve a set of problems on this plane. And this is the shot that we get in this particular plane. The afterlife has nothing to do with this plane, right? We are here as humans to solve a set of problems. We, we, this, we are the best evolutionary agents of our, of our families solving a particular problem at this time. And this is, and if we don't solve it, then we leave it up to our next generations. But uh, that's my religion. Uh, but getting back to what Ankh and Asaw says, that if you use the two things that both of them said together, then you have the unraveling of the major faiths. They're done. 2019, October for Halloween. <laughs> Happy Halloween. I just want to make it clear that I think that um, the, the point that Reggie was making as it regards my point, that's another aspect of what I was saying, but not the primary. All I was saying is that the, the books of the Quran and the, uh, the Bible, they both have those clauses that says that you can't change it. You have to couple that with that they believe that this is divinely inspired and that God doesn't make mistakes, right? If we in 2019 find something that is problematic in terms of the tenets and the values of either one of those books, because you can't change the quote unquote word of God, you cannot upgrade and adapt the value system or the ideology of the system. That's what's problematic in the African systems. Although you will catch some resistance from traditionalists and conservatives, the adaptability and the ability to upgrade the, the value system is put in place within the culture itself. And that's why you don't have a quote unquote single text that is supposed to be representative of all the values that no one can change. That's, that's, a, that's an un-African thing. And so that's what we have to keep in mind. So when you're, you're asking the question, which one is better, you go with the one that allows for you to update it and upgrade it when the consensus is, is that certain ideas are either outdated or problematic for the people. And so you don't, you don't get into a back and forth with the Christians because, you know, it's just like, you know, like if you're arguing with your girl and you, you pointing out some things that she has done and then she can point out some things that you have done, you know, you'll just be going back and forth forever on, on certain things in which you find problematic. The question is, you know, do we have the ability to, to move forward and uh, uh, adopt a new system that works for us, that we can upgrade and see the errors 
you know, in our ways from the past and, and, and put together a system, um, a value system that is, that is more human and that will allow for us to have great human relations from this point moving forward. And the Bible and the Quran are both ill-equipped to do that, which is why, you know, when, when Dr. Vince Bantu is talking about, I don't subscribe to that Christianity that is about, you know, violence and things to this nature. How can you not? That is the major tenet of the text. When the, when the Hebrews come out uh, allegedly in Exodus, God commands them to commit genocide against the Canaanites and Amorites. That's a direct command from God himself. So this idea of raiding people, stealing their uh, land, stealing their, um, their goods, raping their women, and things of this nature, these are core values of the Bible itself as commanded by God. So when the Romans do that, when they find inspiration from the biblical text to reenact those values um, those that, that are supposed to be high values of the text, you can't get mad at the Romans. They're only doing what is promoted in the text. And so Vince, that's, that's how you catch Vince Vantu on the BS that he was talking you know, in his um, presentation. Like, no, this is, this is why I told Jabari, never leave the Bible. You can, you, can, you can make your whole argument for all three questions only using the Bible. So that way you don't get into this debate on whether Jesus existed and who wrote these letters later on and all that. We have the Bible. Let's just deal with the text. <laughs> You can defeat any any argument that they have um, just based on the text itself. And all so these inspired men are are, are non-African. <laughs> exactly. Hey, hey, man. You know what? God could have gave everybody a Bible. We could go to the everywhere in the world and everybody would have a Bible in the beginning and everybody would have knew the rules and regulations. We never got the memo. Ethiopians never got the memo. Odeville, Gorge never got the memo. South Africa never got the God memo from Yahweh. Australia never got the memo. Uh, North America, South America never got the, the Aztecs never got that memo. Omex never got that memo. Europe, the Vikings never got that memo. Nobody got that memo that Matthew, Mark, and Luke got, that the Moses got. They never got the memo. Nobody got that memo. If we'd have all got that memo, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. We'd be on one accord. We'd have known that information. So based off of that, I never got, I'm still waiting on the memo. Only thing God got to do is say, Unc, I'm telling you this is what this is. I'll be like, oh, hell, that's God talking to me. Never got the memo. So until I get that personal invitation, get invited to understand what's really going on, 
I got every right as a functioning African and been through slavery that can actually read that like Assad said in the text, the Old Testament supports slavery. New Testament yes, supports support. slavery. Quran supports slavery. So until I get that memo to say, man, this is part of what you got to go through. I'm not listening to that. I'm not like it's in the book. They support but, the but, idea. Go ahead, go ahead. Saw you saying something. You you don't even have to go there. So remember, I said you don't have to leave the Bible. Well, I guess we're going to have to in this point. So, for example, Brother Reggie brought up the point that we know that the text has been tampered with, that people have added and subtracted, you know, um, ideas and stories and alleged sayings in the text. So this is a fact that every biblical scholar should know. Now, the challenge that you have for the Christian is, well, doesn't God know how to write? <laughs> no. You know, and, and, and remember, God, when God came to Moses, God wrote on the tablets, on the stone tablets. God knows how to write. And allegedly, he knows how to write Hebrew. So all God has to do is rewrite the Bible the way that it was originally supposed to and put it out there for the world. For us to get the true facts, that, that would be a primary text from God himself. We already know God knows how to write. He already he already demonstrated, quote unquote, in the in the in the Exodus story. So all he has to do is correct what everybody else miscorrect, and we have that one Bible that we can always reference, you know, in terms of the truth of what really went on. It's not gonna happen, but I'm just saying. <laughs> God knows everything. God can do everything. He can do everything but save us from slavery. He can do everything but republish the Bible. He could do it right now, right, right now. We could all wake up and all our Bibles be on one accord. Let me see. Right here. Right now. Right now. Boom. It could just be one Bible. And everybody laying was saying the exact same thing. Then, you, then it then, then it'd be crazy. So, oh man, stop it, man. No, we don't fight around here. We fight with scholarships. Like scholarship? Nah, we fight with scholarship, not scholar. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I have the text from the uh, from about 1711 to 1712, where the uh, Christians, the white Christians, threw Ethiopia under the bus by saying that Fermentius uh, gave uh, the Ethiopians a heretical. Uh, uh, text, uh, they throw and whatever his name is, uh, under the bus and fermentuous so that the Christians themselves throw the Ethiopian religion and say, we should have pity. We should have pity on them because they certainly just didn't get the whole text of our, uh, of our, our of our savior. So unfortunately, the Ethiopian Christians will have to defend that and I think African Emporium is uh, is correct that the that the Ethiopians believe that they have the true gospel. But how could they have the true gospel when they they themselves are using uh, concepts from uh, Aramaic? Uh, 
And and so that means it, it came from somewhere else. Now, if they didn't have the, the true gospels, and I don't care, uh, I, you know, it's, irre it's irrelevant uh, what they believe, but the fact that matter, matter is it was manufactured somewhere else and they, don't, they themselves don't really have a divine story outside of the, uh, the Christian story. And the Africans in Ethiopia, unfortunately, warred with Africans in their own country as they uh, converted uh, and attempted to convert the other peoples and, and, and warred with Africans in, in Nubia and in that region over Christianity. Uh, and now the fact of the matter is that the Christianity that they have is in, uh, how, is in, is in conflict. So when I do a video, I will give you the source uh, around 1711, 1712, where the Christians are throwing um, Frementius under the bus and, and the ancient Egyptian, ancient Ethiopia church under the bus. So we have all of this information, but again, I think that uh, Asar in his few words, in his very few words- Hold on, hold on, Reggie, let me, cut, let me cut your wisdom one second. Is it one of the reasons why they throw, throw them under the bus is because the Jews threw them under the bus because they had killed a bunch of, um, um, they were connected to the Yemenites or something like that. And the Yemenites had killed off a bunch of Christians. And they uh, thought that the Duan Nuas was involved. So they said they don't have nothing to do with those people. Could um, that be a part of it? It could possibly, it could be possibly a part of it because it's written in 1711, but they're using the story, the, um, the origin stories of how, the book is actually called Primitive Christianity. And it's uh, 1711 to 1712, so I don't have to hide my source. Um, but they're talking about the history of scriptures uh, from that, um, from 1711 to 1712, the author is talking about the history of scriptures. They don't like to talk really too much about history unless it's Christian history. But you may be right, you may be right, Garfield, uh, but they don't hey, like to- you know, you know what the problem with Ethiopia is? Ethiopia is just a big lie. It's not the real Ethiopia it's in the first place. So if we, <laughs> Uncle stupid, yo. <laughs> it's just a big lie, man. We need to stop calling, as of today, we need to start correcting ourselves. Stop calling damn Ethiopia because they stole that whole concept of Ethiopia and it's made up because of the Bible. So you have all these people growing up in that region saying, yeah, we Ethiopia, when Ethiopia and the Bible is referring to Kush. They don't want to be associated with these black, real black, big nose, big lip people. They want to be near to the Habishas and, and those people. Because you know it's like 12 different major tribes in Ethiopia, right? And none of them get along. Really, That's something that nobody talks about. <laughs> so when somebody said they control Ethiopia, why do you think Selassie was trying to work out a deal to sell them niggas? Let's, let's keep it real. <laughs> There's one whole area. He said, yo, Italy, I will give you these guys and you make me come back and be king and you be the leading advisor to my president. Why was he willing to do that? He didn't like them. He didn't like them people. So at the end of the day, the whole Ethiopian thing, and then and then here the joke no, no, um um he's gonna say he's a descendant of Solomon, and Solomon ain't even attached to that region. It's not even the right space. Correct. So how are you gonna perpetrate a fraud? And this is why I told you that the damn 
Rothschild family paid Fetlovich to meet up with these stupid Hebrew Israelites, Wentworth and Ford, paid them so that they can say, hey, y'all is really the Jews, and it's in the fake Ethiopia, so it was fake anyway. And then what they did was, I'm going to go back to Asar's point now, how comes these Ethiopians were taught by white Jews to read Hebrew? This is what kills the whole Ethiopian argument. <laughs> Why is white people going there to teach you what your real language is if you are the real Jews? Then they said, oh, um, Wentworth and Ford, let's go to Ethiopia, man. They gave them land and everything. And then tell them, oh, you the real Jews, but we are brothers. This is how they play the card now. Because they're thinking about Israel in 1948. They're thinking ahead of the game. Because remember, they went to Argentina. Then they went to Uganda. They went to upstate New York. They all they wanted everywhere to be Israel until they finally said, we're going to go back to that place in the Bible. But the stupid people always using us. We always get used. And I got and, and look what Wentworth produced. Out of, out of Wentworth come one west. Cesaria condemned crazy people. So at the end of the day, family, this whole Ethiopian bisrat, what Ethiopia is he talking about? That's what I want to know. Mm -hmm. He's doing to yeah, What's what's this right in uh, the New Era language or the Nuba language or any of these groups of women? He say misrat. Misrat. Mister Gospels, the yeah, good Bisrat. news. Good yeah. Rat. So what I'm saying is that <laughs> if, if we're means. talking about the real Ethiopians, the real Ethiopians are those people in the Sudan. Yes. So why didn't you borrow the term from one of those languages? Call them again. He the guy caught up in there. He bitch rat us to hey, death. Hey, Asar, stop, man. They ain't gonna want to debate us. Yeah, man, they gonna make them run. They they had to have a whole mission to try to usurp and get around and and go for Jabbar because they, they had a targeted audience. It, it was it was four or five folks that they wanted. They wanted Jabari, they wanted polite, they wanted um uh Salah Sutinsetti and Pharaoh. And out, outside of that, the Hebrew Israelites and I think the more. That's a fact. And That's so, a fact. and 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 so when, you know, when Jabari is on a team with with Garfield, brother Art, Asara, Doctor Baat, that that's going against the plan. We got to figure out how to get them out, and and stick to Jabari because we know we can get him on these certain points, and it will make our tradition look as if it is the truth. Because Jabari don't ask these kinds of questions that we have. That's a fact, bro. And you, so they've been running. So, so, so. You know what? Polite's credit. I'm gonna give polite credit. Like polite don't have a problem with this information being critiqued. Y'all can say what y'all want. We see people don't mention this. When we did that killing on trial debate, it was brutal up in there, boy. And oh, oh what did it sound like? Man, like, mm -hmm. and when we was preparing for that, it was brutal. Like, man, the was in there fighting. Like, man, 
I'm gonna tell you, man, like like that's why I would fuck with him. If you really want to do a debate, like, he don't have a problem with having a table where you got a team behind. He don't mind that. Like when he went up against the uh the the, the, the rep, what was his name? Uh um Caulfield. Um we went against the Jewish community. What was his name? The Jewish boy. Um, what's his name? Um Rosenberg. Reverend uh, Rabbi uh dang. Rosenberg, Rosenberg. Right. Man, if you go back to the, the gang footage, man, I'm sitting right there, like rocking out hard. You know what I'm saying? Rocking. And I'm catching everything that uh, Polite not catching. You know what I'm saying? In the first round, right? Polite never slide. He was like, Uncle, what you got? What you got, real quick? This is what I got. This dude masterfully took a picture of the, I had. A, I used an Ethiopian, right? Historian. You know him, uh, uh, saw because we went and got his book from him at the ASCAT conference. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I, uh, I can't think of his name, but I, I know who you're talking about. Right. And when one of his chapters, he's talking about that uh, thing that the, the Ethiopians claim they got. They claim they got the, uh, what's it called, Garfield? The um, Ark of the Covenant. Ark of the Covenant. Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. Right. But in this scholarly work, he talks about how that's really dealing with libations and coming from Africa. And Egypt and all that, like a serious source, right? And we refute that the Jews had this Ark of the Covenant. And Polite takes that information, crops it, puts it in the slide, and knocks them out in the first round. That's because that brother ain't never had a problem with working with teams. Never had that problem, whether y'all like him or not. Mentions Polite was instrumental. That's why we know the Christian ain't got nothing. Polite actually drops, fly, not drives, he flies all the way to Africa, right? We, with Polite, he's in these tombs that we use in, in the debate. He's taking pictures, smash Rockwells, you know what I mean, Jonathan Owens. He's actually directing Sean Polite where to go at, and he's getting pictures of these tombs that we need, right? He gets the archaeological evidence of what we're talking about, shows the specific thing that these Hebrews was talking about, right? And how they distance claim they focus on the walls, shows where it really wasn't there. Smash Rockwell gets a facsimile. Most y'all don't know. You know why the Christians don't know about a facsimile? Because they don't have a facsimile. They ask them, well, excuse me, Van Toon, Brother Eric Mason, you know what I'm saying? Uh 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 the heretic squad, Marine, can you please show us a facsimile? Hell had that. A direct copy from was I'm standing there holding this uh two thousand dollar facsimile. It was even two thousand old stack. You know, I like you know, I you know, somewhere in there. I'm holding it big, and it's actually a direct copy from the wall that Brother Polite helped get. Brother Polite also went to Israel and was looking for these sites, like where's that at? Where's the rocket to do the church with Jesus? Couldn't find none of that. So come on, man. Like, that's why I gotta fuck with polite. Cause when it's time to really get down, he gonna throw away all that shit that you think he making up. Man, he gonna get it in. I gotta give him that. Whereas though Jabari was way too comfortable with actually going in there like that. So man, I know I went all over the place on that, but I'm just trying to make a point that. Come on, man. Like, come on. Come on. Yeah, they ain't got no archaeology. They won't play the game, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play the archaeology. Where's your, where's that at? We let's. Hey, hey boy, I'm down to this though. 
again, um, even if the writings that the Christians have is true, we know there ain't no human walking on water. We know ain't nobody fly up into heaven. We know ain't no man die and resurrect. But their storyline, their storyline won. And how it won is, if you believe in the Roman pagan stuff, and you believe in the Persian one, and the Chinese, because the Chinese was big in that time period also. They was one of the biggest empires. So what happens now, who had the best game plan to bring the flock in? And I'm going to tell you, if you believe in what I believe in, buddy, you're going to come back to life. Nobody <laughs> sold that game better than the Christians. And that's why they won. It ain't got nothing to do with if, if, if we could argue all day. We could argue all day, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, we could argue all day. You ain't got no you, Asar, Unk, Sean, Brother Reggie. Y'all ain't got nothing better than the flying spaghetti monster that they believe in. You ain't got it. And that's what's winning. They think that it's true. They think they're coming back to life. Everybody, instead of just the God itself. No, they're not winning. They're on the defensive. They know that this new generation of black thinkers. Their new generation, this new generation of black thinkers have thrown Christianity under no, the not bus. Today, not today, not today, Reggie, because 25% of people left Christianity now. It's not 25% in America. Right, we so they, they're the on the... No, you right, go. Black and white leaving the church. Yeah, I think they, they, I think they, they, feel right, Reggie. Everybody still think they're going to die and come back to life in heaven, bro. That's that's. No, like, they, oh, are on the, they are on the defensive when it comes to history, art, and artifacts, and the actual text. They are on defensive. You can always get believers, but, but that's because of the ignorant. Those who... <laughs> remain ignorant you they will have neurological misadventures right the fact of the matter is that the world does not need the ignorant anymore the ignorant cannot get jobs right they're not they're, they're, there's not a place for them in the next 20 30 40 years so they are the expendables they are in fact the expendables so what we're talking about now is statism statism uses is the ultimate synchronizer extractionist contextualizer the the state is using all of these uh uh ignorant doctrines to control people and to stop revolutions that are coming the american system is propping is being propped up money is being printed daily 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 paper is being printed daily Fake money is being printed daily to keep up the markets, right? The whole economic system is going to, is on the verge of collapsing, right? Money, money no longer is the important ingredient to maintain the civilization. It is resources and those resources come out of one place, comes out of the continent of Africa. China is successful had its greatest boom because of being able to extract resources out of Africa. All these technological advances, battery, battery bikes, battery cars, you need Africa for that. Nuclear weapons, you need Africa for that. Even diamonds have been found, uh, have been able to be, uh, uh, how can I say, manufactured, right? The diamonds that they're manufacturing in labs 
or better than the diamonds coming out of the ground, right? They need Africa. And so the African ignorant population in the diaspora and on the continent of Africa is a necessary tool for them to extract the last wealth of the planet, which is in that continent of Africa that we don't want and we don't claim. And the Africans on the continent are ignorant and they're stupid. And so me, myself, I have a problem. I'm a descendant of the continent of Africa. Um, I, you know, once in a while, you might very rarely hear me call, I'm only historical African, but I don't think like them. They're not us. They don't, they, they are not us. You know, I'm gonna tell you one last thing and I'm gonna be quiet. I'm gonna bring on uh, Edgar Ridley, the author of The Golden Apple, right? Who uh, went to uh, uh, Senegal to talk to Sheka Ante Diop with his theses, right? Um, Edgar Ridley says that, you know, evolution is tied to behavior, right? If evolution is, be, um, and then that is, that is the descent by modification and all of that because evolution has a way of looking at what your behavior is. If a, if a bird can no longer eat vegetables, uh, I mean seeds, then it will eat insects. It becomes behavior. The African is not evolving because of his fucking behavior, his neurological misadventures in, real, on, in religion and other things that have nothing to do with problem solving. I'll stop. Let me, let me do this. Let me show you why we so dangerous right here. Anthropology. See, they act like there's not an anthropological study on world religions. They acting like that. That there's not a, a archeological surveys in different areas and where certain things start as far as, they acting like it's not. So we come to major world religions by percentage of world population, right? And so let's see, Christianity, 33%, okay? Including Catholics, Protestants, Eastern Orthodox, uh, Pentecostal, uh, Angel, uh, what's this, uh, what's this, Angelican, uh, Monophytes, uh, Latter-day Saints. Uh, who else they got? They got Jehovah Witnesses. Mormons. Huh? Mormons. Mormons, yeah, Quakers and Mormons. 21% uh, Islam. Sunni, Shiite, uh, Buddhism, uh, 9%, and other, there's Judaism, 0.22%, uh, Hinduism, 14%. Uh, so right here, major world religions by percentage of world populations, right? So 33% of the world is Christians, okay? Watch this. Come to this chart right here. Uh, we got religions of the world by estimated number at Hermits. This is 2005 list, right? Christianity got 2.1 billion uh, followers, right? So where's the other five, five billion people? God didn't touch them. There's more people that ain't believing in Christianity at all. So you got 2.1 billion. You got Islam, you got 1.3 billion people. You got secular, non-religious, Gnostic, atheists, 1.1 billion. So you got 1.1 billion people who saying we ain't going for that. Now, 1.1 billion people now. Numbers ain't as low as you think. Then you got um, you got Hinduism, 900 million. 
Chinese tradition, traditional religion, 394 million. Buddhism, you got 376 million. Uh, indigenous, uh, which is Pino and indigenous, 300 million. You got African traditional and uh, diasporic, you got 100 million. So that's a large number of uh, what they don't talk about is traditional Africans got over 100 million people that's on that. And they never talk about that. And that wasn't represented in the debate at all. Then you got uh, you got spiritualisms. That's that pseudoisms. You got over 15 million people that pseudo out. Then you got Judaism, which is 14 million. You got Vara, which is 7 million. Jainism, 4.2 million. Uh, you got Zoroasterism, 2.6 million, which which predates Christianity in my fears. I want y'all to know that Zoroaster in Persia does that. Um, and paganism, one million. Uh, United Unitarianism, eight hundred thousand. Rastafarianism, Rostafarianism, a six hundred thousand. Scientology, man, which is scary, five hundred thousand. So, this is the part I really want to read right here. Classical world religions ranked by internal religious similarities, meaning within the system, it's basically basically similar within their system. You know, they keep it kind of tight. I'm going to read it again. Classical world religions ranked by eternal religious similarity. Right? It says, listed first are the most cohesive unified groups. So the first one that's listed on this list within the group is the most cohesive unified groups. It says, listed last are the religion, religions with the most eternal diversity. This you're gonna love this. You're gonna love this right here, Garfield. Listen up closely. I'm gonna say I'm gonna read this again on page 506 on anthropology appreciates the human diversity by Concord Phillips. Right? Listed first of the most cohesive unified groups. Listed last are the religions with the most eternal, I mean the verse with the most internal diversity. The list is based mainly on the degree of doctrinal similarities amongst the various subgroups. To a lesser extent, it reflects the diversity in practice, ritual, and organization. The list includes the majority manifestations of each religion, as well as the subgroups that the larger branches may label herodotic. Uh-oh, we talking about the heretics. So let's see where Christianity falls on this list. First up is Banra. That's B, that's Bara, Barai, B-A-H-A-I. That's first on the list. They're the most unified in their doctrine. Zoroastrianism. Oh, Zoroastrianism from the Persians are, the are amongst the most unified on their doctrine. Hmm. Do they have the real true one God? <laughs> They're the most unified. Watch this. Uh, Sekhism, right? They're third on the list. Islam is fourth on the list. Hmm. They're the most unified on their doctrine. Watch this. Jainism, one, two, three, four. They're fifth on the list. Toism, they're sixth on the list. One, two, three, four, five, six. They're seven on the list. Tito, I mean, Set to know. Then Christianity. Christianity is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine on the list, right? 
mean you got a whole lot of diversity within the Christian community, whole lot of different doctrine. They're down at the bottom of the list. They're down there with Buddhism, whole lot of different variations than Hinduism, man. So Hinduism, Buddhism, Christianity are the last three on this list. And they represent the what? The last are the religions with the most eternal diversity. The list is based mainly on the degree of doctrinal similarities amongst the various groups. Garfield, you need to jump in right here, bro. That based off the anthropological study, man, Christianity has a lot of diversity in that group. Mm. But the real Christians, please stand up. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> oh, man. And you know, the basis of all research, man, you got to have an archaeologist. What? You got to have a historian. What? You got to have a linguistic huh? person. You got to have a genetics. Mm. And then you got to have what? You got to have the anthropologist. You got to attack it five different ways. We was going to attack it five different ways. They're going to say, Garfield, we're going to throw you out in the first inning, man. Let's go get that early Christianity. Let's see what they popping. Then we're going to get Dr. Mayat after when the Portuguese brought the stuff here. We're going to get on to talk about the councils and different things, anthropology and genetics. And speaking about genetics, are we connected to the people that was early Christians genetically, brother? Are those our people? Hmm. Did they look like us? Hmm. I don't know, man. I got this big ass West African nose. So I don't know. I don't know if they, they, they got this type of nose down there. <laughs> but um, I'ma say this. They got a hook nose. <laughs> what is it? What is it, brother? Saw? I said they got a hook nose. <laughs> and you know and you know what and you know what's ill about that you know even though that's stereotypical just like you know a wide nose is stereotypical of, of west africa when you look on the narmer palette mm -hmm. and narmer is cutting off the heads and defeating uh these foreign enemies you see that these people have hooked noses on the Narma palette. And it's, and it's going to be one of those identifying things, you know, for those people in that region. You know, this is what I would have used in my uh, uh, debate, debate, you know, part of, and, you know, just as a small fragment of that larger discussion that, you know, we know who they are, the stereotypical or who the, the quote-unquote hook knows you <laughs> they that that they were drawn in the Egyptian uh, record, so we know who they are. Hey, you want you want to hear something deeper, Asar? Those people in that region became lighter because remember, the people that invaded traded the people out. So you had people in northern Turkey coming down during the Assyrian time period. You had different people by time. Um. The Assyrians was finished with Judea. They, they estimate the population in Jerusalem was around 1,500. And that's the indigenous people that was there. So now, if we look at it from that perspective, that means the people that developed in Judah or Judea weren't even the same people. You had people who came from Edom, people from Moab, from, from Ammon, from different areas, Jordan, who came to that region and who brought different cultures to that region. And we got to, whether you want to blame them or congratulate the Assyrians, they basically got all the indigenous Judeans out of that area. 
So even if they want to say it's not them, they brought other cultures in that didn't even look like them. I'm talking like after but they the were still okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking way, of course, before that. That's that's close to three thousand um, BCE. But we also got to remember, and this is why you know we our plan was to attack with science, because when we're dealing with evolution, evolution doesn't deal with an individual person or just even a small group of people. We're looking at a population. We're looking at traits that is present for a whole population, you know, considering what a population is. And so when we do the analysis of this region, remember that, you know, the, 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 the Jews and the Indo-Europeans come from the same stock. They just, um, developed two different language groups and and both of those were influenced by later not out of africa africans but um anywhere between you know seven and six thousand bce of, of africans who moved into these regions so we have genetic studies and, and one of them i show from national geographic is that that area was populated with people not only from the early um, out of Africa, you know, route in, in terms of um, like the, the southern route in terms of Yemen and then going into India, but the people who settled in India who back migrated towards the quote unquote Middle East and into the, uh, the places of the Caucasus Mountains. And so, um, when 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 you couple that and you see these depictions of these Semitic speakers in the the actual ancient Egyptian uh, artifacts, it is consistent with what you would see in terms of the populations of these people in these areas. You know, so even if you know they took the so-called Judah out, put some other ethnic groups in physically they still represent the uh the general phenotypic trait you know saying of that area going from you know um lower like like in rome italy greece uh you know turkey going into like afghanistan there's a con there's a constant and continuism just like if you see a continuism going into Senegal, Ghana, Nigeria, Congo, so to speak. And so that is part of, uh, you have to contend with that when you're talking about, you know, is uh, Christianity a white man's religion? You know, because hey, that I'm whole gonna, place I'm is share, populated. I'm sorry, Asar. I'm going to share some pictures yeah. while you're talking. Oh, you're These talking about images. these joints that Asar did. Like, like, all of, like they don't have artisans amongst the hebrews and mathematicians they don't have those that that nope. artwork we do just we do exactly pictures. you showed it they, they got all the like we got all the pictures of every like we got it like we know who was in exactly. these i mean like come on man like you can go to and brother reggie took me to the daggone museum um i think it was the museum of natural was that the museum which museum was it reggie we went to both the museum of natural history and the metropolitan museum of art. new york which one was that the metropolitan we, we went to two museums remember and uh 
uh, before the basketball court, we went to the uh, uh, Museum of Natural Art, and then we rushed back to ancient Egypt. When we went to the we went to the museum to show the artifacts. See, now we need artifacts of these daggone Hebrews. They had a little section way over in the corner. That's in the Metropolitan Museum of oh, Art. They have man. they have one case in the whole museum. In the whole with thousands. Oh my! With me, they got millions of artifacts in this museum. They got one case, y'all. On historical Christianity and Hebrewism, not just not just Christianity. The Hebrew Christian uh, experience, they have one case in the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And all of those are uh, basically- hey, hey, Reggie, six, Reggie, six. can you hear me? But you're, you're, yes. You're, you're being Reggie, too kind. Can, hold on, hold on. Can you guys see, can, can you guys see the, 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 the images on the screen? <laughs> yes. All right, let's take a look at the images on the screen. Look, these are the Judean women being woman be led away. These are the women. Right? See this? Right these there. are the women. All right. Again, oh, no. these are the women again. See the woman again. All right. This is a closer picture. These are the women. There's a man right there. There's a woman, there's a man, there's a family. They're leading them out. These are the Judeans. They're leading out. Here they go again. These are the women. All right. Now this picture that they like to use is I know let me say who it is. I can tell you what relief you are. That's what the, that's the Syrian relief, am I correct? Yes, sir. And that's one of those uh one of those uh kings that they show balance. Well, you're not showing that one yet, where they show the one there he is right there. There he is yeah. bowing down. Right? That's the first depiction of a Hebrew right there. That would be what Juba King. What's the name of the king's name? Not is it Omri? Is it Omri? Not Omri. Nah, um no, nah, it's begin with a J, I believe. Je Jehu, Jehu. Jehu, that's it. Yeah. Now you tell me that's an yeah. African right there. Yep. Somebody please make, make yeah. it bigger. Well, they're using the brown game. So Dr. Ventu, <laughs> he didn't use black. He said brown Palestinians. Um, as if there man. were multiple types of uh Palestinians. See, see, here's the thing is the um, primary golf field. Uh, is absolutely correct. Sinarchi Prism and the other one was the um the um oh man, I forgot that, bro. I'm gonna get that. Man, you got the Stella right there. We kneeling down. We got the depict like yeah, we yeah, yeah. if y'all didn't think we wasn't bringing all that, y'all crazy. Yeah, Sinekaran, Sinekaran and his uh, son. But a saw is absolutely correct. The only thing is I would add is that in the region of uh of, of, of Africa, uh, there's a connection with earlier uh, admixed people from uh, Yemen, right? And so mm -hmm. there, but but that doesn't uh, displace what uh, actually uh, saw said, but we shouldn't do the, the color and phenotypical, um, we can, cause we have their cultures. We know where their cultures and we know the interconnections of the cultures um, we don't have to play the skin game because there are Africans, blue, black in Africa that, that are, let me watch my cursing, that are dumb, right? So I don't want to, I don't want to do the skin color game. I want to do the culture, what problems that they solve for humanity um, and for African people. I, I, I would rather do that than to let them play because now I, i've never heard brown palestinians meaning that they have something to do with 
uh, continental Africans. But I'm not going to let them yeah. play that game. So I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm going to throw out color. But if you look at the culture with the funny hats, besides the besides the, the phenotypical, if you look at the culture, this is not this this culture is not in Africa, right? When you see uh, when you go to the museum and you see the first uh, uh, fourteen or twenty, the what do you call them? The they're the uh, um, the um, they're not the Tamahu, they're the, uh, uh, I forgot the name of, of the, with the, they're coming into Africa, uh, the uh, the Hyksos, uh, when they're coming. Uh, look, I could go to the museum and show you the art and artifacts of those people because they paint them on a the sarcophagus. Like they paint the Greeks, they paint the Hyksos. So phenotypical, phenotypical uh, issues ha really have nothing to do with uh, the culture, but let's get back on the topic. The topic is that hold on, hold on. The, the, that is the topic, and so we we were never relying solely on the phenotype thing, but the phenotype thing is the basis, you know, for the question: Is Christianity the white man's religion? Because you have to define and show what a white person is. And so the the plan was to show that when we look at these ancient depictions of these groups. And we look at the modern, we can just take any kind of modern photos that these are the same people and we classify them as white. So on that, on um, even though the whole concept of race is unscientific, you know, we explain that in the beginning that, you know, uh, we're not we're not arguing that this is a, a scientific classification, but by the social construct of what we consider, you know, white, yellow, red, brown and all this other kind of stuff, these people are classified as white and so by that you have to contend if they are the creators of the biblical text then it is it is it is a religion of um created by white people on that front then we get into the culture as we said uh, as i said earlier we get into the cultural nuances that demonstrate that they cluster with the groups that are further that are uh, that when you travel further away from africa that they cluster together versus the the Africans. So it's just like when they do studies of ancient Greek and um, the Egyptian and African uh, uh, religions, they always say that the Egyptian clusters with the West, you know, um, and, and Southern African religions. Why? Because they come from that tradition. And this is something in my new book that I cite these sources. Like, Sonaron says that... Um, via the Bantu that you will learn more about um, Egyptian religion through um, the Bantu philosophy and Oga Tumeli's uh, philosophy, meaning the Dogon, than you would from any Greek uh, source of material, that you would expect to learn little about ancient Kemet, you know, by um, uh, uh, studying the Greek in, in those areas. Because the, 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 the Kemites cluster with these Bantu-speaking people and the Dogon folks. They come from the same tradition. And so this is, you, you do it in steps. You do it in layers. You don't rely solely. You, you, you fragment it, and then you link them all together and say, with, you know, when we lay it all like this, there's no way that you can interpret it any other way. Right. And so I just want to be clear that that's, that's the approach in which yeah, um, a multidisciplinary approach. You know, you, yeah. I, I don't, 
Brad or Reggie, you going to add on to that? Because I wanted to try to change the conversation a little bit Ooh. about something that we left out. Hey, go. When, when, they when they say, when they say, first, bro. Yeah. When they say African, um, hold on there. Never take a debate. Never take a debate when you could possibly lose for a lack of information. The, um, Jabari took this debate, uh, and what happened is because of his framework, uh, it wasn't a good framework. We're talking about Indo-Europeans, and we're talking about African, but we should never be talking about religion, right? That's that we should never really be talking about religion at all. The fact of the matter is that this is a foreign uh, of philosophy, syncretism, right? That invaded the continent of Africa, right? But Jabari let them choose the debate because he wanted to argue uh, a comedic uh, religion uh, and myths. And I, I uh, that's not what we would argue. We never agree that. Hey, Garfield, do me a favor, man. Can you go to that Syrian relief and show me the first depictions of the Arabs, please? Because uh, genetically speaking, the Arabs coalesce with what the Hebrews, which coalesce with the, you know, the Starshu Bedouin and, you know, all the terms that they have to deal with, like Ibrik, Hebrew and all that. So I want to show the picture of uh, the picture in there. Hold on. The, fa the fact is that this was a this was foreign to the continent of Africa and an invasion of the continent of Africa. It's a culture and the culture brings in religion and stuff like that, but it's a foreign invasion of cultures. The, the, the Christians had no right to have any wars on the continent of Africa. Africa was an easy place for them to have their first, really their first war. They didn't fight against Rome. The Christians never fought against Rome. The hey, Christians bro, joined Rome. The black obelisk of Shalmanasar III. That's it. Yep, the black that's obelisk it. of Shalmanasar III. Yep, that's it. That's the black obelisk. All yep, right. absolutely. And, and and that's a that's a primary. You showing it? No, you're not showing the black obelisk. But that's on there where we bending over. And that's I, the I, I'm gonna show. I'm gonna show it right now. Go ahead. Keep talking. I'm gonna show you why you're Arab, talking. The Arabs on that one too. Hey, let me tell you something about the Arabs, by the way. I'm saying, are they on that? I don't think they're on this image, but um, remember, Tiglath Pilasio III traded Arabs for people from that lives within Israel boundaries. Because remember, they had a deportation policy. They put people from Arabia because they was paying them money. They was paying the Arab. They was paying the Assyrians money because the Assyrians was controlling them, and the two kings. They didn't have kings in Arabia at the point. They had two queens. So the queens were paying tribute to Arabia and they transferred some of the people from Arabia to where Israel is. And I assume wherever they took the Israel people, they took them somewhere else or whatever, Persia and um, in uh, Mesopotamia, Syria or whatever. But um, that's very important that you brought up the Arabs because our, our Arabs are in modern day Israel boundaries. They brought them there um, as, um, as part of the deportation policy. But so how does all of this becomes um, God's people and connected to Christianity except for through Dr. Bantu's framework of contextualization? So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a stickler. I'm a stickler that all the Christians are doing is taking history and taking parts that they can use to validate who 
who they are trying to say they're doing a, a, a magic trick to say who the Christians are. So anything, any history is going to be attributed in the context of Christianity. And that is a failure. Well, um, if y'all not, you know, Sound like the Hebrews. Speaking this up, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, I was saying, saying that based on what you just said, that's not like Hebrew. Did he break up? Yeah. So all of this is important because this actually shows a lot of syncretism uh, within the cuneiform uh, um be, uh, of the art of these cuneiform uh, speaking uh, people uh, that they they are sharing through trade, through intermarriage, right? Concepts between both worlds uh, at this particular point. So we see this uh, winged, uh, uh, raw type. We see uh, this staff that looks like a shashet, right? But but this belongs to both religions. So. To say that uh, comedic religion is the true religion, uh, it, it, you know, is it, 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 really really faulty. Who cares if this if it came from if it came from, came from Africa? Who really cares? That's not what we're really dealing with, except for the point that uh, that uh, that uh, that it's not a true religion, and that these are not God's people. And that this whole construct of a God's people is faulty, and it doesn't matter if it if it if it evolves to the Palestinian people or and 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 Jesus, Jesus, uh, uh, you know, uh, all of this becomes uh, something that Christians can use. It's it's it's, it's irrelevant. I mean, it's not irrelevant. It's a great tool for us to unpack to show that these people, first of all, Dr. Vince Bantu, you know, he may have thought he won the debate, but he really harmed his scholarship. He really, really harmed his, his, his I mean, I feel sorry for him. He really harmed his scholarship by taking a debate. That's why sometimes PhD shouldn't take debates with, uh, <laughs> in this case, it worked for us, right? Let me, but, stop, let me stop you right there, Reggie. Let me stop you before you say that. Let me say this. Do you think, Reggie, I'm coming right back to you. Do you think we should even use the term African Christianity? Because, because Brother Berene said the other day that Christianity started in Africa because he's trying to call Israel Africa. They're trying to use that tectonic plate nonsense and, and, and say, hey, it's this and that. And I mean, I, I, I'm saying it's not an African religion. That's what I'm saying. You're period. correct, but he can't. That's why he's in trouble because he, uh, what he, what he does is in uh, uh, his earlier video said, well, you know, it wasn't even called Africa at this time, so to call it an African religion, kill uh, himself, kill himself. Yeah, he kills himself. So but for even, the convenience of a debate still. with someone that they picked, he comes back and he, and then now he can throw that in without somebody impeaching him. But but then he runs to this Bizra, uh, he runs to this Bizra derived from Bizrat, and he calls them brown Palestinians. And 
you know, all of this stuff is irrelevant for the point that Assaw said, that, that if it's not to be changed, if it's not to be changed, right, added to, then, then all he is doing is adding to it and he fails. And I feel so, I really feel sorry for uh, him. Um, um, Garfield, put in the name of that top uh, black Christian scholar. Put, 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 let's see if we, uh, you know, do some research on him and see if we can get him to talk because Dr. Vince Bantu has um, hurt himself in this debate. Uh, so thanks to Jabari taking the, taking the debate, even though again, uh, you know, Jabari's premise is wrong, but it gives us, it helps us end this whole neurological adventure in 2019. It's over. It doesn't. Because <laughs> uh, the, the Christians are defeated at every intellectual juncture ever here in the United States. And that does not stop them from finding more creative ways to try to push their agenda. You know, and that's just the thing. It's just that we have to be vigilant. You have to have some people on the ground because this is what they're, they're banking on that no matter what, even if they get defeated in these particular pockets, whether in the court cases, like in the Dover case here in, in Pennsylvania, um, or, or in a debate with Jabari or anyone, there's still going to be a whole bunch of people that never saw those debates and that are still ignorant who they can play on. And we always have to keep, whether it's us on the phone, and then when we get you know, older and we just tired of arguing with mofos, it needs to be a younger generation that, you know, that they are equipped to, to handle these conversations you know, in the public because they will never let up because in their text, they are required by quote unquote law to proselytize the religion. And that's what you're fighting. So it's never done. It's never until you just get rid of Christianity all on its own. They are going to find unique and creative ways to try to proselytize it. And one of the ways in which they do that is, you know, to try to incorporate popular culture and then and then use that as a vehicle, you know, saying to spread their message. Like you they are, do you're with correct, Asar. But when we have on note their top scholars, like Dr. Vince Bantu, and and he is destroyed by his own contradictions, then the people who they rely on to tell their Santa Claus story, right, begins to be impeached, then they have fewer. You're right that it will continue, but at, at some point, it's just uh, Easter egg hunt. At, at some point. But it, it for you, sad. of course, for you, for, for someone who has been, you know, studying and been arguing with folks, you know, for, for decades on these questions, of course it gets old for you. What I'm saying is that there's going to be a whole generation that ain't never heard of Sarnetta, ain't going to care, ain't heard of Baba TV, ain't heard of uh, Amara Squad and all of this other kind of stuff. Who, who are going to enter these conversations. And all I'm saying is that it's just never going to end, you know, with these folks because they, they are mandated by their religion to proselytize. And so, you know, we have to put in place, you know, institutions and logical arguments to have in place for all of these different ways in which, 
um, they're going to try to argue. And, and, you know, there's so many ways that we can do this. Um, but, you know, it's just like, for instance, if we debate Bantu or if we debate whoever uh, Brother uh, Garfield, you know, suggested, all they're going to say is, well, you didn't debate so-and-so. They're going to bring up somebody else. Because allegedly, that one or two people is not going to be representative of the, of the uh, body of scholarship in which they have. So when they debate Brother Jabari, you're like, you know, even if you defeat Jabari, that doesn't mean anything. Because you haven't tapped into, you know, just, just the, 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 the people who's on popular on social media yet. And you haven't even you haven't even tapped into our scholars who don't give a damn about social media. You know, who 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 addresses these questions. You know, and so it's just gonna be back and forth like that. So just taking down Bantu and the other guy isn't gonna mean Jack. It's a it's a war. And these are just small battles. And and you know, you're gonna have to have some people that is just you know, uh, built to deal with that, you know, and, but we're going to need more people who are scholastically trained in these areas and for them to be more vocal and to write text to answer these types of questions. And, and from new perspectives, like you can, you can defeat the whole, that's what I'm saying, you know, I told you about, you, you do not have to leave the Bible at all. So for instance, you know, in the text, God is said to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> right? Correct. That's a characteristic. There's, there's, you, you can ask the question, can you tell me in, in, um, where God violates his own word? <laughs> right? So he can't do that. So we already know that the laws of nature, you know, emerge with the creation and all this other kind of stuff. So we have to, you know, juxtapose God walking on water. I mean, Jesus walking on water, these old, these old called miracles and things of this nature. They are, uh, they, they appear to be miracles because they, um, they violate the laws of nature. Well, how would God, why would God let Jesus violate the laws of nature, especially since Dr. Vantu believes that Jesus is God? So why would God violate his own laws if he is the same <laughs> yesterday, today, and he can't go against his own word? Ultimately, it becomes an issue of logic. And, and this is what we have to be sharp on. That's a fact. Can y'all hear me? Mm-hmm. Hey, see, that's that logic right there. That's that common sense, right? How how are you violating the law of set? How are you violate levity? You know what I'm saying? How are you violating everything? You know, how are you violating these natural laws that we study and now understand? So that he at created. the end of the day, like that he created, right? It, 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 it God gonna be real. You feel me? And I, a cool can't just fly. A bird can't fly around with it. And catch the air and catch it and all that. This is not going to happen. I'm just going to take off. Unless it has enough force to be able to, you know what I'm saying, fight against gravity. 
Like, that don't even make no sense. And based off the fact that our people are consciously illiterate, then it wouldn't make no sense. And they wouldn't be able to understand it. And they would take all of it out. You know what I'm saying? So, man, it's... Hey, Reggie, you're right. You've been fighting for a long time, bro. But we're not tired. Mm-hmm. And we, we're going to set the standard for the next generation. See, we're up for this. Exactly. I told you they woke us people time, yo. And let me give a, let me give a great point here. I'm going to tell you who the spook that set, that set by the door is. Y'all know who that is? Reverend Booty. Reverend Bereen, I got out. And the spook that set by the door. And you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about, Reverend Bereen. You're the spook that set by the door. Keep teaching your people, bro. Keep teaching. All I know is I'm going to introduce the woolly mammoth back into the Christian tradition. And that's going to be part of the next debate. <laughs> we have a Noah Ark sighting. We have a Noah Ark sighting. You know what would be dope, though, if, if the Amaral squad visits the... Well, I think it may be closed, and I think they may be going bankrupt. Um, remember that that Christian uh, organization that built that Noah's Museum in the uh, shape of an ark? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, if, if we go there and, and, and uh, have some conversation. But I think that place may be closed now because when enough people are going to go see it. <laughs> people got jobs before to be huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Hey, Garfield. I'm here. I'm here. You ain't never pulled up that cellar. I pulled it up already. Yeah. I missed it. The um, the black obelisk. I pulled it up on the screen. I, no, I know that. I'm talking about whether you see the Arabs riding horses when they was fighting against the Arabs. The Syrians was fighting against the Arabs. Um, I don't know which one is that. Man, I got this Assyrian book. I, I got it in my library. Yes, I do have a hell of a library. And I, I can't, I can't. I probably got it. Was right. it during Arad Nahar, Nadari time, or does it? It was it in Shalmaneser time, or because t- I got the whole of them. I got all of them. It, it's got to be during the time. Um, is in it? Is it? Is it? Is in a release dealing with the Assyrians. They was fighting against the Arabs, and then yeah, they t- showing t- more t- horses. Tiglas Pilatia release. Tiglas Pilatia and um, the Arabs. Hold on, That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And they show a picture of them. So we, and, and you know, if you just use DNA, that all these people in the Middle East, they say that J marker. You know what I'm saying? They say those, and, and we can tell who they is. Like, it's not even a hard, man, come on, man. And then you got the, the, uh, Gina Dabrowski. Gina Dabrowski, you can go to our Evolution website. Um, TV section and pull up that skin mat, pull up any anthropology book to talk about that. So we not, we, we, you know, we're not afraid of brown skin. Brown skin has nothing to do with your religious affiliation. Brown Correct. skin has all to do with the protection of the sun. Correct. Yeah, Correct. So I mean, like, so we, 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 we've had these arguments, man. It's like, you can't get us with that. That's a bunch of nonsense. So I think- But they're, hold on, they're, they're brown skin. Their brown skin is still on par 
with the with the Greeks and the Italians at that time. That's why you got to juxtapose those pictures to even the pictures of these folks in Egypt in during the late Ptolemaic period. So you know they was getting real skilled with the drawing and was drawing their own faces on top of the the, the caskets, the mummy, the mummy caskets. And so you can show that what they're calling brown isn't really brown. It's just a darker hue. It's like, you know, like there's a, a, a variation in, in skin color with, within black people in, in Africa itself natively. It's the same thing with um, Europeans and Asians. So, I mean, your, your whitest or the white are going to be folks, you know, like in, um, you know, your Nordic people. But when they get in, when they get to the southern, you know, um, Mediterranean and in those areas, there's a little bit of darker uh, uh, hue to them. But that don't make them brown skin like they uh, Denzel color or something to this nature. So you, you have to deal with that. And they're not even getting it from the sun. Some of them are getting it from the uh, the ocean life, from the fish. They they not even getting the color from the from the sun. They, they, yeah. So, but Garfield, put up, put up the name of the black Christian uh, scholar, the top black Christian scholar in the chat. All right. Well, I think this is a very important show on un, beginning to unpack this. And I, I give credit to Dr. Vince Bantu. He gave us a lot uh, of information as to what their, uh, what, what their, their current thinking is, and it falls flat miserably. So I, I, I give him credit for his framework, but he, you know, uh, his, his his framework is unfortunately uh, flawed. And and uh, but Brother Jabari, uh, except for being on YouTube, battling back and forth with Christians and Hebrews. Uh, when it comes to the scholarship, I think uh, his has to be left up to other people. Um, this Tom Hu thing falls flat on its face. Uh, you, you know, you need better frameworks. You need you, you need a multidisciplinary approach rather than a religious approach. Um, mm -hmm. Ain't uh. Brother Garfield supposed to be watching football or something. Yeah, don't remind him. I am. I am though. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I, I mean, how could you watch dudes running around with uh, tights catching footballs when <laughs> when this is one of the most important shows on the planet? Huh? Hold on, he's from Jamaica, so you gotta be you gotta clarify because you know they talk about football and we talking about soccer. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, that's dudes running around with shorts, cook, um, um, kicking another ball. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> I, I'd rather watch uh, personally lingerie football. You know, I, I you know, if I'm gonna watch football, but uh, this is one of the most important shows with one of the most uh, with the with the ingredients of some of the best thinkers, um, and. And we've covered so much ground, multidisciplinary approach. You people should give us credit. And there's not, a, you know, unless a Christian wants to come in and say something, uh, it's it's 
how can I say it, it, this is a, a earthquake? Uh, you know, this is a, uh, uh, an event in, uh, in nature where, you know, black thinkers are not going for, we can actually analyze and, and we have the primaries uh, to, to capture every point. The thing is that we do need a, we do need a plan in which to uh, move this to the masses of our people and let people understand that really, again, it's states behind this stuff. States. Hey, hey, Reggie, let me interrupt for a second. The gentleman asks, why would I read Daryl Brock and um, N.T. Wright, F.F. Bruce, Larry Hurtado, um, William Lane Craig, um, Daniel B. Wallace, why would I read all these believing theologians or researchers, you know? Well, you do have to study all the sides. And I said, I don't study. He said, why do I study them and I don't believe Jesus existed? Again, let me make it clear. The Jesus of faith and the Jesus of history cannot be separated. I don't think anyone, any human can walk on water. I don't think any human could fly up into the sky. I don't believe that. All right. I, I, I don't, I'm not seeing with my own eyes anything like that happening. We have a guy in Jamaica named Bedward. Bedward climbed up on a, on a hill and told his followers that he was going to fly up to heaven. And the followers went with him up to the hill. This is a real story in Jamaica. And it's the late 1800s, early 1900s. And he went up on the hill and he jumped off the hill to fly. Do you guys know what happened to this gentleman? All right. I'm not going to say what happened to him, but you know what the story is right now in Augustown, where he's from? That Bedward could fly. That's the tradition we have today, the oral tradition. And the truth is, he ended up in a hospital. He ended up in an insane asylum. He actually influenced one of the guys who started Rastafarianism in Jamaica. Bedwardism. Yeah, he was a king, Obiaman. But the point I'm trying to make is, I don't believe people could fly. I don't believe humans could, could walk on water. So you R. can't Kelly say because of otherwise. your faith. What you say, brother? I said R. Kelly says otherwise. <laughs> With technology, we can. Uh, here you go. We're not talking about that. Uh, but, um, but let me just say this, though. Reading is fundamental, and it's good to hear different point of views. And you can't, again, my brother Devonta, you cannot separate the supernatural from the natural when it comes to religion. It all is one one and the same. I don't know. I wonder if Jabari believed that. I need to ask Jabari that one day. Somebody said, Chris Angel says otherwise. You're right. Chris Angel pulled that trick out, man. He be walking on water. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what they'll say, that, you know, really Jesus is representative of the sun. So when they talk about walking on water, it's just a reflection of light on the ocean. That's what I've heard, how they explain the real symbolism behind Jesus walking on water. Well, he had to outdo Moses with the water trick. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's an aspect of it as well. Uh, but, you know get into that another time. So, so Christianity, Christianity, the issue is whether we decided or saw about Christianity being the white man's religion. 
What have we decided on that? Or how do we contextualize or put that in context? You, you wasn't listening to the whole show, brother? No, I'm I'm <laughs> some I'm getting a summary from a saw. I'm asking a direct uh a saw, how would you how would you answer that question? Or would you even take that debate or you would have had the, the uh the title change? No, I mean we, we I should say this first that the the nature of the question um we we had an issue with at the beginning and actually it was supposed to be that they submitted three questions and that was their three questions and then we were to come up with three other questions that they had to answer uh, or that you know both of us had to answer but they were supposed to provide three questions we were supposed to provide three questions you know ultimately we just settled because we was like we could we can we can beat them on their own question. It wasn't a big deal for us in terms of the, the nature of the question. But as far as is it the white man's religion, um, you know, our, our stance is yes. And so we did it from two, as, as I stated earlier, from two vantage points, from the phenotypic aspect and from the cultural nuance aspect, you know, and I, I guess it's three from the historical. So when, when, um, Garfield, you know, mentioned, you know, the 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 Sunday services and the and the books of the Bible the way that they are, that these West Africans got it after the Romans had did what they did. So everybody from West Africa and the United States is practicing regardless of the early history, the quote unquote white nationalism. So we came at it from multiple aspects. So we agree um on, on that aspect that it is the the white man's religion. Yeah, you know that's when it got crazy and real sticky and that's when we that's when everybody disappeared on us. You remember that right us off? Mm-hmm. So when we, we wanna add when we wanna add some questions there, shorter, crystal shorter. Yeah, we could add a question. Uh, and I'm gonna say Chris forgot. He came back, I was like, dude, what about you say we can have our own question? And he was like, nah, 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 nah. I ain't, uh, you know, I ain't said that, but he really did. You know what I mean, but I maybe I'm gonna say he forgot. But that's when when we had to turn our bios, and that's when it just everybody disappeared on us and left us standing in the alley. And the fight was really in the corner. Yeah. Well, that's the truth. That's uh that's a good statement to be uh made, and then the rest of it is just dirty tricks. And, and picking up the bait. Picking a debate topic that that they could um, with a particular person that they could win on instead of a a, a, a team debate, right? Uh -huh. Hey, look, I'll let you later, brother Reggie Garfield. Brother uh, Silver, man. Hey, make sure y'all support uh, Abjuway too. Shout out to Abjuway. So I, th I think at the end, it's just besides this show, how do we sit down and strategize, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to kind of uh, take this uh, further, uh, you know, to kind of uh, limit further their arguments and, uh, mm -hmm. and, and then get down to uh, get, get off of this subject into getting into uh, how can we best use uh, science? uh to solve our problems uh yeah 
which is really, really more important than uh, these, uh, you know, these adventures with the mind. The, the fact of the matter is that we haven't come up with a plan that, that we can incorporate uh, science, technology, uh, literacy, and, and uh, language, and, and all these things to solve uh, a set of problems dealing with our, our group economics and our group problems. This stuff is really a, a distraction. Uh, it's really a distraction uh, and it keeps us in a, uh, it keeps us in a box. Um, and, and that's, that's my- not necessarily, that is, That's not necessarily true. Because the uh, UKIMIT Press, for example, just as one example, has a whole slew of literature, recent literature, on exactly that. With, with plans, the, the history, how to utilize science and stuff of this nature. Even going back to check out the Diaz, Black Africa, and the, um, uh, the, you know, the, what was it, Black Africa and the building of a, you know, nation, I forgot how the, what the title was. But, you know, we have a slew of these works that deal with just that. And so, you know, all we have to do is promote the literature. But these types of conversations allow for us to bring that. Because one of the things that they they were trying to argue is that the quote unquote conscious community don't have no solution, you know, saying for our problems. I'm like, where have you been? You know, these 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 folks have been doing this stuff for, for a decade, going on over a hundred something years, providing these solutions. And we have updated text with that, you know, some coming out this year, at the end of this year by you chemical press. So, okay, you know, let me put it forward. Like I, I mean, I'm have... not as familiar with it. I'm not as familiar with it. Uh, so, um, you know, I'd like to see some information uh, uh, on it. Um, but certainly some of the questions that we're, some of the things that we're doing today, maybe you might say it's in it. Uh, we, we, but to propagate it to the people, there has to be uh, kind of a, a specific uh, uh, plan, but I'm not familiar. I'm just familiar with the work that I do, but I'm not familiar with uh, that. We come in as problem solvers to, to, to solve particular problems. We're solving today a particular problem on this debate for the people who are watching it on how to understand uh, how how uh, arguments are manipulated and they're just flat out not true or half truths and they're not in the right uh, framework. So I, I, you know, so you probably right. I, I, I'm just not familiar with it and, you know, I'm only human. Yeah, like they, they have a whole book dealing with, you know, like automation, what we got to do in terms of, you know, how to uh, combat automation you know, in our communities and stuff like this. We have those texts that no one can accuse us, you know, in, in, in this community for not having those texts, not having those solutions. Besides scientific literacy, we just need to promote literacy to get people to start reading again. Because too many of us is, is trying to rely solely on um, conversations that are having on YouTube and that they can get on social media and stuff like this and people aren't reading the text and applying 
what those those solutions that are that are in those texts, you know, to their lives, to find to to start businesses or, or to to uh, use science in this way to, to create these types of technologies and things. And that and that's that's part of our problem. We don't read. And so we want everything to be a, a documentary. We want it to be hidden colors. We want you know uh, graphics and a dope soundtrack, and at the end of the day, you're just going to have to read. Well, that's a big problem. Uh, uh, it's it's it, the the way uh, information is disseminated with Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and videos. Um, it's a quick way because the reality is that people are really trying to solve sets of problems in their own life and some of this information is really relevant to us in the big picture but not relevant to the masses of our uh, of our of our people and so at some point you know uh the football game comes on or soccer or something comes on and and we we we, we take these distractions and the hard work is 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 hard reading the finding these sources reading books from the 1700s, 1500s, from the first century, uh, you know, not everybody can do that. But we need a, a well. So, so I, 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 I agree. I agree. I'm just uh, alarmed that in 2019, we, we, I actually witnessed a debate, a religious debate, a debate tailored, and it was really a religious debate. And, and, and it's, it's, it's shocking, it's shocking to me. Uh, uh, it's, it's really, it's, it was just, it's just alarming. And, and, and I'm glad that we had this show and we can talk about uh, the different approaches that went wrong so that our people understand that um, and, our, and our, uh intellectual enemies understand that uh, there's, uh, there's factual, there's information that was factually incorrect and wrong, no matter how you put it in, you, you try to con uh, contextualize it. it. It's just flat out wrong, irrelevant. And, uh, and, 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 and if it wasn't for the show, many of the points, uh, uh, you know, that's why they're not on here. The Christians are not banging on here with facts because they, they don't, they, they don't have any facts, so I'm I'm happy for this show. It took a lot of time, and I think hey, I'm man. going to depart. Hey, 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 brother, brother, um, Asar, what's the update with you and um, brother, um, Bennett, Pastor Bennett? Well, I talked to him um, the same day that we had the the issue on Sarnetta's program, and you know we agreed to Tuesday in the midday, but I have to call Sonetta to reaffirm that that is okay with him. But uh, Pastor Bennett and I agree. If not, it's here. I'm here, man. If not, I'm here. I'm sorry? I said, if not, I am here. I'm available. Oh, okay, okay, okay. No, no problem, no problem. All right. What I'm going to do is we're going to have a last one, um, last round. Sean, Sean, you're still there? <laughs> Sean. Oh man. All right. Um, I don't know what time Monster Warrior Clan goes live today, but um work on that. But I'm a, I'm gonna end the show right now, man. We've been on for a couple of hours. I know on Zoom we could go all day long, man. I want to say I appreciate everybody that came on. 
the vibe as far as phone working we're using zoom now so you know, <laughs> we good we everybody could call in and do what they want to do so uh it, and i found a pro a plan that's 14.99 a month so this plan i ain't gotta pay no 40 50 dollars like what everybody's saying all right so hey peace and love to everybody man thank you guys for tuning in thank you guys for listening tomorrow um i'm gonna be live 8 30 in the morning i'm gonna talk about how jabari was disrespected on 125th street yesterday i'm gonna talk about that video that sonetta put up it was it was, it was hilarious <laughs> All right. thanks thanks to the fam Jeez, man thank you same here all right, man. All right, cool. Peace and love. Peace and love. All right.